who was on the show just a few hours before. So the, 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 you know, you couldn't, you couldn't make the stuff up. It was, um, it's a 10 hour show. So we'll have to, we'll be spending a long time now breaking it down. Got a lot of evidence and, um, summarizing it to share it. Cause anyone that was there or listened to the recording, um, you'll know what I'm talking about, especially the last four hours of that show. Um, it was, it was uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. And then, and then after that, we had, um, Rudy Giuliani's essentially assistant. I know she was saying I'm an independent contractor, but she seemed like she had certain affiliations with Rudy Giuliani. And then she came in and then she was questioned. And then her questioning, again, we questioned her in the same manner that we questioned Lev. And her her story didn't didn't meet the same uh, scrutiny as the Lev did. And so therefore the tables turned quite a bit throughout the whole process. It was just such a, as you mentioned in your post, like a surreal experience. Because in, in, in the start with the questioning, we was like, not attacking, but really probing Lev and asking question after question after question. And he was answering. And every time we thought there was some kind of flaw in his argument and we'd ask him more questions and then he'd explain it and came across quite well, in my opinion, after that. And then you had um, um, Mayor Giuliani's um, associate, let's call her, who was trying, who essentially came in to rebut his evidence or rebut his version of events and she didn't do as good job and if anything she provided basically made him look better than he was initially as well okay so let's be clear these are not the opinions of the round table let's let's be very clear here these are personal opinions yeah yeah it's my personal opinion oh come on nick i know that's your opinion no no nick's (laughs) like uh he's he's the full-on drinks the uh Trump Kool-Aid, so he'll, anyone who says, like, even if someone's like Trump's, I think he's a bit old, he'll be like, no, he's not, he's he's young, he's young, and then, so, yeah, when Nick's, he's, he's a, he's devout, am I right, Nick? Uh, no, I just like to, you know, kind of go through the facts, that's all. That's what, and I think we're going to break this down a lot more for the audience. Again, if you haven't listened to the last four hours of the last space, it's again, I've done a whole bunch of spaces, had some of the most incredible guests over the last few, over the last year or so. And I can guarantee you this is one of the more epic ones. Um, you don't have to listen to the entire 10 hours, just the last four hours. That's what we're referring to. And obviously the Rudy Giuliani segment before that is, is uh, nothing too special. It was a great discussion. It was really interesting. Uh, calling for calm to Trump supporters was really interesting. As well, and, and I think it was, it was very pleasant. Even people that don't like uh, uh, Mayor Giuliani enjoyed that segment. And Ed is an example of that, who's on stage again with us. Yeah, now. I mean, that, even that segment, as I was sorry to interrupt, but that segment was quite unique. And I'll explain why, because we all get this impression about Mid- Mayor Giuliani that he's like some bumbling, not very articulate. He's kind of lost it. He's, they put him across as like a madman. And essentially, it was quite the opposite. He was very cogent. He was very cogent, very articulate, expressed his ideas very uh, succinctly, explained the reasoning for why he told people why they should not protest in New York and various other points. So he came across, again, very well compared to what the way he's portrayed in the media. And that's why it's important to have these alternative media platforms. Yeah, but nothing compares to the last four hours of the of the space, uh, nothing compares. I, I think it would have been awesome if Rudy was in the room with Lev and we could hear them go back and forth. Yeah, but I think it, it, it you wouldn't expect that. Like if I was Rudy, I wouldn't come in. Uh, Tira, I see you in the audience. I think it would be great for you to come up if you if you have time because uh, I know you were there yesterday. But today's uh, focus focus will be about Trump's indictment. There's a lot of updates there. We'll be going through that. We'll be breaking it down again. 
debating it. And then, you know, the, the purpose of this space is to go through the day's headlines. So the main focus will be Trump. We're going to talk about the meeting between President. I know everyone forgot about Ukraine for now, and everyone's focused on domestic politics. But uh, the the meeting between uh, Chinese and and the Chinese and the Russian president are important. Um, and I want to go through the highlights there. We've got all sorts joining us in a bit. And so that's another point that we'll be discussing in depth. And then I want to, if we have time and if we have energy, I want to really break down. I want to do this on a more regular basis, slowly break down um, yesterday's segment with Lev and what our thoughts are. And I think you'll hear a lot of disagreements, including among the co-hosts, which makes it for a really interesting discussion. So we'll be kind of summarizing what was discussed yesterday, going through some of the points, um, because it is... And I want to do this more often, like in this case, obviously revelations um, focus on Trump and Giuliani. So any supporters of Trump, Giuliani, we're not going to like that segment. But I want to do this. We've done it already. And I want to do more segments focused on Biden. I know there's the um, revelations with the Biden family in China and um, the story that broke the revelations from a few days ago. So I want to really dig into that and and, uh, do spaces on that as well. But for now, let's kick off the discussion on Trump. I think the, the Nick, you said earlier, we were debriefing before the space, and you said something. You said, Mario, there is a, a lot of updates coming in. They, they were coming in literally while we we're on the call. So maybe you can kick it off with what we know so far, what we expect tomorrow. Andrew, I'll see you in the audience. I've sent you through an invite. I'll send you another one again, Mr. Feinberg. But what do we know so far? Uh, maybe, Nick, you can kick it off, and then um, panelists, you can add on to anything we missed. Just to sum it up a little bit, we've heard a lot of conflicting stories over the past 24 hours, especially about whether, uh, when Trump will be indicted, if Trump will be uh, indicted, uh, when he'll be surrendering and such. Uh, so the latest on this is uh, News Nation actually reported earlier today, Trump will most likely be indicted tomorrow. Uh, and that seems to be that story has been taken by several other news outlets and they've apparently investigated it a little bit. And that seems to be what is going to happen tomorrow. However, he will not surrender until what looks like next week. So because there have to be arrangements between the uh, Trump Secret Service team and the district attorney's office to actually facilitate that surrender. Because keep in mind, guys, this is very unprecedented. I mean, it's never happened before. You've never seen, uh, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I don't believe, Andrew, that anybody with Secret Service protection has ever been uh, arrested in this manner, have they? I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, you may have, you may have had protectees, uh, protectees who've had police involvement. I'm thinking, um, more like, uh, more like kids, uh, you know, uh, president's kids, vice president's kids. I know there, there's been some of that, uh, in, in the past, but I, I do not think you've ever had a situation where a, a protectee, uh, has, um, has been, processed like this unless you want to count i think maybe spiro agnew um back in in, in the 70s he what he did uh he did plead guilty to tax evasion but but i believe he resigned the pre- the vice presidency before he pleaded guilty uh to to the tax evasion charges I, i'd have to go back and and find a, a tiktok on that but uh, th- something important to keep in mind uh with with this thing with with the secret service the secret service is not making the arrangements they're they're part of they're they're a factor in discussion because they're going to remain with their protectee that's their job but the surrender discussions are between the former president's lawyers 
and the district attorney's office. This isn't. This is not a thing where the Secret Service has has any power whatsoever uh, to do really anything. And just a, a side note on that: uh, if uh, the former president were to say, uh, "I'm not going. This is a witch hunt. Uh, you know, this is illegitimate. I'm, I'm not surrendering." And there was a bench warrant for his arrest issued. Uh, his protective detail would be put in the uh, awkward position of having to carry out that warrant because, if you remember, Secret Service agents in, in the PPD, the Presidential Protective Division, are still federal special agents, and a warrant is a command from a judge. It is not, it is not optional. So if, if they happen to know that there's a warrant out for their protectee, they need to deliver that protectee to uh, to a courtroom uh, you know, post haste. That's that's how it works. So, yeah. So, so two two points on that that we definitely know uh, that it, it seems like last week, I believe it was on Friday, even uh, one of Trump's defense attorneys came out and said that they would follow the normal process that he would yeah, surrender that's, himself. That's true. He did. He did. He York. did. He did say that. The, Trump's attorney did say that. And. Uh, that's honestly, that's because really there is no other option. Uh, you're, he's, uh, presumably being, uh, indicted for, for a felony in New York State. Um, he, he, what, what, what is it? What is that felony? Uh, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know what's on the, what's on the charge sheet yet because the indictment has not dropped yet. I'm, I'm assuming it's the falsifying business records with the modification for concealing uh, another crime which which makes the felony but we'll know we'll know when the papers drop uh, but i you know presumably it's it's going to be a you know a felony indictment and it, it's not something that he can he can ignore this isn't this isn't a a civil uh, subpoena this isn't a congressional subpoena this isn't even a grand jury subpoena it, it's it's not something uh, you can go to court to challenge you've been indicted you need to surrender that's how it hey, works. Andrew, yes. What would your thoughts be, or maybe answer, if let's say Ron DeSantis said, you know, I'm going to help Trump yeah, here, yeah, and let me, st- let me, let, is that possible? Uh, let, let me stop you right there, Krasenstein. No, um, the extradition clause of um, I actually wrote about this. Uh, she wrote about this yesterday. Uh, the extradition clause of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, the appropriate section of the United States Code and the Uniform Criminal Extradition Act, uh, which Florida has incorporated into its state statutes, do not give uh, the governor the unilateral ability to say, nah. Uh, and what's more, there there's a Supreme Court case uh, from the 80s that is absolutely on point with this. It's I don't remember off the top of my head, something the Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico v. something, uh, that says the governor does not have the ability to uh, to just reject a request from from another from another state for for an extradition. The governor can investigate, which means the governor can order state law enforcement to in- investigate. But that investigation is really limited to uh, is the is the warrant valid? Is is it for a crime you know is this actually a thing and it being a thing it being a legitimately issued warrant presumably signed by a judge uh for a crime in 
the other in the other jurisdiction, making the person in question a fugitive. Yes, the governor has to turn has to uh, has to grant the request. There's DeSantis. What they're what some of Mr. Trump supporters are doing with Ron DeSantis is very similar to what they they did with Mike Pence in the lead up to January 6th. They're making a big deal out of something that he really has no choice over whatsoever. Yeah, so so it does seem like this is a very unlikely scenario that we'll ever even see based on what we just talked about and that Trump Trump's people have already said that he would surrender uh, to the New York authorities if this were to come to fruition with the indictment. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bree, you had a lot of reactions there, uh, <laughs> a lot of emotion. So what's your take? Do. I always do. Um, good evening from Rome. Hey, um, I've been watching what's been going on um, in the reporting today. Because uh, here in, in Italy, eyes are on uh, on Washington D.C. in particular because of uh, all of this. And it, um, is and is that because and, people in Rome Florida. have seen that horrendous viral video of the person grinding up pasta and mixing it with eggs to make like thicker pasta? Oh goodness, uh, that let me tell you, you do not even show such videos. Has, has there been like a formal, like uh, diplomatic note passed from, from Rome to Washington over this? I, so I, just, just by, so, I think, so, I think we need to change the name of the room, Mario. I think this is the bigger, bigger thing. Uh, yeah. yeah so, so I want to, we can so, call it pasta and politics, right? Yeah. Pasta and politics. So, so Bree, just, uh, just can you, can, can, can you, I did not send, where does Rome come into this? Uh, so I'm, I might've missed how Rome? Sorry, she's I, in Rome. I'm the Rome correspondent. Ah, okay, yeah, okay, I, cool, I cool. I thought you were talking about yeah. the reaction in Rome on Trump's arrest. I'm like, do they care? Look, my, my question will be to well, you. Bri, I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question actually because <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to jump in with it, and I'd love you and Daniel okay. to answer that question. Daniel, we haven't had your thoughts on this story yet. It's been a while. We haven't had you on stage, um, so I, I, I'd love your thoughts on this as well, along with Bree. And that's you know we're seeing all this uh, media hype and and you know what's going to happen when he gets indicted, etc. On this small investigation, at least what we consider small, among four four investigations, and, and you've got the January 6th one of inciting the riot, and I think that's the terminology, uh, Georgia, the, the investigation, the Georgian investigation between the, the call between Trump and the Georgian officials regarding the election results. And then the, the other one, the fourth one, is the classified documents from Mar-a-Lago. So these investigations, at least from the space we've done in the past – uh, What's there's, that one? there's one more that I have not been able to confirm, but uh, my my good buddy, the Guardian, Hugo Lowe, has reported that uh, there is a DOJ and SEC investigation into the Trump Media and Technology Group uh, for possibly violating money laundering uh, laws. Uh, it's not about the former president specifically, but it, it is one of his business ventures. So. I think you can say there are five how, how, how or at least how, ser- how serious and how common or uncommon is this? Money laundering? Money laundering happens all the time. It's usually you know stopped and charged as a crime. Uh, I, I'm not sure how serious because, again, it's this is not my reporting. I, I'm just – Pointing out that there is one more investigation, okay. if you want to call it. But half that, that doesn't that doesn't include Trump himself. I think I think a tr- let's call the, it four the, and a half investigations. Then yeah, yeah, because his companies, I think they've got a bunch of other investigations, and I think every company will have a few. I don't, I don't know. He has more than the, the the usual or not. That's I haven't looked into that. But in terms of Trump personally, there's only four. And like my question to to Brie and Daniel is that we're seeing all the all, all, all that hype around the, the the current one, the one in New York. Um, and I'm wondering what that would mean for the other three, the January 6th one, and, and what we could expect um, 
Uh, maybe from from uh, from your perspective, well, Daniel and Bree, and then I'd love a legal perspective as well, if anyone could give us a bit of insight there. And I know we have prosecutors joining us. Right. In a bit. So Mario, I wanted. So I'm hoping hoping you guys can hear me because um, yes, there's yes. a little bit of a lag sometimes. Okay, good. So um, just I wanted to kind of this this will be connected to the hype. Um, I, I posted up in the nest the the original uh, reporting from Daily Mail UK. Um, regarding you know this supposedly that trump will be indicted tomorrow and secret service will make plans for his surrender for next week and i think it's really important to identify in this that um it says quote there will be no arraignment this week a source familiar with the proceedings told daily mail anonymous source no cooperation i've seen no other cooperation independent of daily mail um, from any other outlet. So I think it's really important to just realize when we talk about hype, my first gut reaction is if you're citing anonymous sources close to a scenario without being able to like cooperate it with fact or evidence aside from your, I mean, anybody who's gone to J school is going to say, yeah, 101, this is, this is what you learn immediately <laughs> when you go into journalism school or training is that ethically citing anonymous sourcing you're going to set yourself up for failure a lot of times especially those just close to i would just i would just also point out that um the mail uh you know i'm not going i don't want to disparage a a competitor the mail has very very good reporters and is particularly well sourced in uh in greater trump world uh as as i like to call it Uh, the byline on this story is sean cohen uh, I don't know him, uh, and so I'm. I, I would. I agree. I, I would. I would take it with a grain of salt. Grain of However, salt. However, uh, yeah. it is. Um, you know, tomorrow's Wednesday. Say the grand jury is supposed to hear one more witness. They vote. Uh, the uh, the true bill is is signed by by the four person. Uh, it's it's walked over to um, the appropriate judge and uh, and filed uh court court dockets it uh so let's say it appears on on the docket wednesday late wednesday night um probably will remain sealed until bragg announces it uh probably thursday morning after uh giving a, a courtesy call to the former president's attorneys so uh, the timeline of say monday tuesday doesn't sound uh, unreasonable and that like yeah. and, and it, i think there's like deduction here that i think what you're you're presenting andrew is is logical and reasonable and i think that that's an important thing we've we've been doing deduction from you know the i think the first the first space that we uh, mario you hosted regarding this ent- entire um topic on like what could come down what we're hearing who what we're hearing about who is is testifying before the grand jury, uh, all of that, as well as well as uh, de- deductions that were saying, well, I, 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 you know, we don't know whether or not Trump put it out that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday because he had already been notified of all of these proceedings. So we just what we know is what we have in front of us, and what I think we can say is. Since there hasn't been an announcement of an indictment today, 
Uh, and we do know that they are working on doing this. What Andrew has presented is reasonable. I would also caveat that to say um, when it comes to the full amount of police activity in New York City, I don't believe that only is because um, the president, the former president came out and said, you know, please uh, go ahead and 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 rally to my cause. Um, I, I, I do believe that in, in any situation like this, it would behoove um, uh, the, the city to have security stepped up, especially with regards to whether or not a president of the United States is going to uh, or a former president is going to to visit the city. So I think the deductions are clear. But I think I'm sorry, I got to jump in there. Um, you're not going to ever see a full mobilization uh, of the entire uh, of the entire 36,000 uh, sworn New York Police Department for uh, a presidential visit. You don't even see that for the General Assembly every year. Um, this uh, okay, correction, not the full mobilization, but they they have um, there are reports out there that that they have stepped up their security in in New York in preparation for this. Right, but it's so, it's it's um, not to, just because there's a former president going to New York. It it is because there's a former president possibly being in, indicted, and the last time he he called for. Uh, protests at a government building, there was a riot. So I suspect it's uh, an abundance of caution because it, New York does not fuck around. On the precise timing of the potential indictment significant or something of substance? The, uh, define just, timing, I, like I'm, time, I'm really time of day or like... Why is, well, I mean, why... why even bother expending the energy to read the tea leaves to kind of ascertain whether it's tomorrow or Monday or what have you. I just don't really see the significance. I mean, if it happens tomorrow, it happens. If it happens Monday, it happens. Like why the fascination? As well, it can only, well, can only uh, Michael, I, well, the former president did go out and say he was going to be arrested today. Uh, so I, the fact that he's not, that he hasn't been arrested today. Uh, the next question is, okay, well then, what's next? So we know the grand jury meets Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we know they met Monday. They didn't indict him on Monday. Um, some of uh, one of my colleagues reported that there's one more witness uh, allegedly to be uh, to be heard by the grand jury. If that wraps the presentation, uh, the district attorney will almost certainly uh, leave the room and ask the grand jury to uh, render a true bill. I mean. No, I, I, I got all that. I got all that. I think that the fixation on the minutia of the timing just seems a bit odd. Like, isn't more important if we're if the topic is going to be discussed at all, like the substance of the charge or the, the well, do you significance think of the charge? Like, why does it matter? Like, if somebody gets a source at the courthouse saying, "Oh, maybe it's tomorrow." I mean. I, I, well, well Michael, being, is it, is uh, it not bit... important to know that if they are bringing in new witnesses, that it might actually, you know, it, it might change the the outcome of this a little bit? Well, did, Maybe did, it will, but I mean, it's, I don't know. I just don't really see what me, the point is in kind of let, getting let, down let, into let the, go, the, go, the, go, of the um, precise um, machinations of the court, of the judicial. I got Michael, system. Michael, and Catherine. Just let me let me jump in, Daniel, quickly because I know you, uh, Daniel, you've got an interview on CNN in a bit. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this, but also I want to I want to talk about the contradiction between. Um, uh, Giuliani, what he said yesterday on the space and Trump's tweet. So Trump in his tweet, he said, he said to be able to quote, 
protest and take back our country. I think that's what he said. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then Giuliani and others are saying, including Sebastian Gorka, Giuliani yesterday and other supporters of Trump, um, their message to Trump supporters is stay home. Um, you know, you, you know, remain peaceful. I think Giuliani told people either to stay home or protest peacefully. Does that, Nick? Do you remember which one he said? Did, did Rudy? Rudy, yeah. Did he say pe- people protest peacefully or just stay I, home? I, uh, I, 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 I don't. I don't want to speculate. No, not speculate. Well, what he said yesterday. Does anyone remember what he said yesterday? Would you mind just summarizing generally what Giuliani said you know, in the main? Yeah, yeah. So can someone, maybe before going to Daniel, uh, Simon or someone who was there yesterday, can you summarize yeah. exactly what Giuliani said yesterday? Yeah, yeah. In so our he, space? He, he said uh, he advised people not to go to the red states, to sorry, to the blue states and uh, protest because he said that essentially it's going to be a form of entrapment to basically have a, almost a sequel to January 6th, but he did say that you should in either protest uh, in in uh, red states or, you know, do vigils or whatever it may And be. I think he did say protest peacefully. I um, just right. want to highlight that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so Daniel... Cons- cons- did he have any insight into the progress of the potential indictment or the legal facets of it? But one one thing I want to just to what Michael was saying about the timing, just very briefly, is like perhaps the timing is relevant in the sense of the protests that uh, if you know the timing with Trump encouraging people to actually protest, like the timing is relevant to that because you want to know the timing for the protests. So. Yeah, it's, it's so, the, I guess I mean, it just kind of reminds me of when, like, during the Mueller investigation, when there was such a ridiculous amount of like mental resources wasted on this never ending kind of speculation ritual that like never amounted to it's much like of anything. It's like journalism, Michael. Yeah, That's I mean, what it is. It's, it's, it's not, we have a 24 and I'm not speaking for me because I don't, but there is a 24 hour news cycle. So people have got to say something and Trump sells, you know, clicks and, you know, headlines. And so, yeah, people are interested. It's, it's like any kind of major court, um, case that you know we we watch on Netflix now, for example, you know, and people are interested in the minutia and like the details. It's yeah, it's drama. Um, That's what it so is. I want to go to Daniel. Daniel, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, Doc, good to have you back. Daniel, Mike is yours. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know the the one thing I worry about. You you mentioned a second ago that there are four potential different issues that Trump could be indicted on. And, and and now I'm just going based on what I have uh, seen reported on this, but it seems like this doesn't seem to be one of those strongest. That's, the, that's the thing. That's the smallest. This is it. Like Daniel, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. there's all that that hype around this one, and those you know it's all over the media, and, and we don't know what's going to happen after he gets indicted, if if anything. Uh, but my question is, if there's that much attention on this one, uh, you know, kind of. My question is, what's right. going to happen yeah, on the next one? Here's my point. Well, here's my point. So you have, that was just mentioned, you had the Mueller investigation, years of stuff that turned out to be basically nothing. And then you had two impeachment trials. And, and again, they, you know, he ends up being acquitted in both of them. If this one again starts up, comes out, and then now that he's arrested and all that fanfare, and then he is not found guilty in this one again, I think that the standard is going to be much higher for any future ones to come because then it is going to start looking like, uh, you know, a witch hunt. And certainly they'll be playing that up, all of his allies, you know, to the maximum extent. And I think that it makes it much harder 
for them to bring some in the future. So I, I think, man, if they're going to bring this, they better it better be a tight, solid thing, or else it's going to cause problems later. D- Daniel, Daniel, like so. So you said if they indict him now and then he's found innocent or exonerated, it would be harder for them to bring another case against him, another indictment against him. How how long do you expect it to go from indictment to potential trial, like where he's actually facing? Conviction. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, so then I'll answer that yeah. one for you. So Ed, we've had other spaces. I think either none of you or Brian was there. But the the answer is it could take up to two years. You know, Trump is really good at delaying um, delaying legal cases. So it could take up to two years before we see a trial. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so so that means like it won't. So, so which then, which so, kind of goes so, to the so point. The next, yeah. Go ahead. So, so then the next, next indictment's most likely if it comes down, it will come down before he goes to trial. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and Daniel, just to, to hit your point, like, just to go back and say, like, again, this is a salacious story. We're dealing with, you know, sex and cover up and, you know, it, you know, a lawyer who's turned on him. So it's 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 drama. And so, yeah, when when we talk about potentially serious, but maybe less dramatic cases, um, it's going to hurt that. It's going to hurt that in the news. Either people are going to just say, you know, uh, pass it off as just saying he got, you know, th- th- oh, oh, this again, or it's just people are just going to turn away from it. This is the thing that is selling right now. Sadly, we found that more and more reporting has become opinion based or instead of information, you're forming people's opinion or it's tabloid. Yeah. So, so I wanna, I, I, I've got a quick question, Daniel, you, you know, you've been you, you've been. Uh... Um, you know, appearing on Fox, NBC, etc., for a really long time as a commentator. Um, so you're very experienced in this. And one thing I saw, and I don't have your experience, but one thing I saw with the Andrew Tate story, I know many people might not care about the Andrew Tate story, but Andrew Tate was the most Googled person in the world. Slay man who's one of the co-hosts covered that, that story really closely. And when he first got arrested, I remember I did a space on it. I'm like, should I do a space? Let me do one. And then it just blew up. It was one of our biggest spaces. There was a lot. It was all over the media and, and all, social media was talking about it nonstop. Everyone was talking about Andrew Tate and his arrest. Like he, I think he hit all time highs with, uh, with, uh, with popularity. Now, the reason I mention this is like now no one's talking about it. And then the story just died down, even though he's still in jail. But the first week when he's in jail, Every day people are talking about, is he going to get out? Is he out? Are you going to get out next week? And now no one cares. Are we going to see the same thing now in this case? Like when we see, we're talking about, all, everyone's talking about this indictment, but when we see the next indictment, which would be a more serious indictment, then, um, uh, like, let's say that potentially uh, everything is speculation here. Yeah, but that, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so, so yes. yeah, people get tired of it. It's the same thing over and over and over again. You know, people just get tired of it to the yeah. point where, People won't care so much. Just like, you know, him telling people to protest, you know, if he said this two years ago, there would have been masses of people coming out. Even now, there'd be thousands of people in New York City probably rallying uh, for him. But here it's like we saw a handful of people yesterday from the what uh, uh, young Republicans, uh, New York young Republicans. Yeah, like, nobody almost nobody. Almost nobody. Like Nick, you nobody cares. There's like five people or, or fives of people in front of the Trump Tower. It's, it's, it's tiny. Nobody cares. Right now, but here's what I'll suggest, though, that, and, and I think it's very clear that the Trump star is starting to diminish from certainly from what it was. But the indictment hadn't come down yet. So right now there hadn't been the incentive and the, the flexion point to get people out there. We'll see what happens when it comes out. But look, this is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, is Trump's primary 
you know, area of expertise is manipulating the media. So he will do everything he can to get that stuff out there as opposed to somebody else, maybe who's not as good. And look, I, I think, you know, there's, it's not a shocking thing to say that Trump's not as good on policy and actually being president as he is being a really good manipulator of the media. And, and I think that, that he'll do everything he can to make this the same way to keep it on the front pages. Yeah. And have, we'll Daniel, see if he's successful. Having, having covered him for what, some time, he's not going to let it, Daniel. he's not going to let it go. Daniel, just another point. Do you think another part of the reason why people have not gone to protest is and maybe will be less, uh, will be more apprehensive about protesting as per what Gorka and uh, Rudy Giuliani said yesterday is because essentially what happened in January 6th with a lot of people not receiving due process, people are afraid afraid to protest. Well, without question, they, they because they see that they actually went to jail when you know, nothing happened to Trump or anybody else. So they're going to be a little more hesitant about that. But then also concurrently with that, look, I, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, especially in this town that were adamant, you know, passionate Trump supporters. And a lot of that is starting to tarnish. And they're like saying, I'm really tired of a lot of the drama because I want to see some things happen. And I think that's starting to peel people away. And it, it really is going to be a question, you know, to how much can Trump rekindle that and how much is he, you know, kind of well, this is old news now. You can hear, I mean, a lot of the, if, if you read the comments specifically about people's reactions to Giuliani saying to stay home and, or at the very least not to go out and protest in blue states, like people do feel betrayed uh, over the J6. That seems to be the sentiment that they felt kind of left alone and, and not stood up for. And, and they feel like, like, Trump doesn't have their back. And so there is, and there is a fear and there's also a fear of being set up again also. So um, whether that's true or not, I'm just saying that that's sort of the sentiment that people have. So, so I think that you're not going to see that sort of massive reaction out in the streets. Doc, do you disagree? By the way, Catherine, I just sent you a message about your your mic, Uh, but Doc, do you disagree? Um, Well, I disagree on a couple of points and I agree on a, a couple of other points. One, I think the framing of Trump's Mike is a tweet, bit. We can hear you. We can hear you well. It's not bad, but it's a bit muffled, a bit far. I'm not sure if you can get it a bit closer. Uh, why don't you go to the next person? I'll come back. Gotta take my Bluetooth off. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh good. Like, I, I, yeah. So we can uh, when you when you're back, let us know. Um, but I I agree with um um with uh, not with Catherine. Catherine's point is interesting. I want to discuss it further on whether people have that concern. Um, so I can't agree or disagree on that, but I do agree with what Ian said before. Is that you know we will see media fatigue on this story, um, but the other the other argument could also make sense. Like that could become a whole rallying cry, a big part of his campaign, and something we've never seen before. Like imagine he's 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 running his campaign while getting indicted, and then his whole narrative is fighting the establishment. It could make for a really good story, and I know we've discussed this at length over the last couple of spaces. But Doc, I'd love your. I think I, am I good? Can you hear me better now? Much okay. better, yeah. yeah perfect. Thank you. Bluetooth thing. Um, so I, I'm in touch with a lot of the J6ers. I spent a lot of time in spaces with the J6ers, uh, both in phenomenology spaces and uh, Dustin and Jen spaces with the American Mission. Of course, Dustin and Jen were J6ers or were jailed. Uh, I've spoken to the the, uh, the the granny, MAGA granny at length, who's recorded a lot of videos that are now going on, you know, online after. Hold on, just Doc. I just want to mention something. Just I don't know if it just came out or I missed it. Uh, if I if it's old, I apologize because I think I'm, I'm I might have made a mistake. But let me read it anyway because it's important as you answer the as you give us your thoughts on this and answer the question. Actually, it just came out a minute ago. Perfect. A minute ago came out on Reuters. 
just in, about half of Americans believe the New York investigation into Trump regarding the hush money to to uh, to porn star. Uh, I forgot the name. Uh, is Stormy, Stormy Daniels is politically motivated? So you've got about half of of the Americans that think it is politically motivated, but a large majority find the allegations believable. So they think they think so the majority think the allegations are true, which is fair. But they also think it's politically motivated. Um, so that was – I'll read out the numbers. The two-day poll concluded on Tuesday found 54% of respondents, including 80% of the former president's fellow Republicans and 32% of Democrats, said politics said, – said politics was driving the criminal case being weighed by – driving them a criminal case. 70% of respondents and half of Republicans said it was believable – that Trump during his 2016 election presidential campaign paid the adult so paid Stormy for her silence about the sexual encounter. Some 62% of respondents, including a third of Republicans, said it was also believable that Trump falsified business records and committed fraud. So essentially, what people are saying is that this is not even Republicans are saying. And, and Doc, I'll give you the mic back, but think this is likely true. But it's also politically motivated. So I'd love your thoughts on it, Doc, and maybe get Daniel's thoughts as well before he goes on to CNN. Go ahead, Doc. So uh, in a response to, I think it was Daniel or maybe Bree had, had pointed out that the um, uh, Trump's tweet of the protest, protest, protest was, was somehow akin to or intended to be uh, a request like he made on January 6th to bring his protest, you know, his supporters out into the streets. I think there's two ways to look at it, but I think the liberal the liberal voices and the voices in the media are, are focusing on the, the perception or the interpretation that that was a, a warlike rallying cry from Trump. And I, I, just for myself and talking to all the J6ers that I know, and we, we've talked at length over the last week about this, that, that that's a, 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 an attempt to grab the attention of the supporters to start doing things like we're doing here, right? To talk about the the prosecution, to point out its its uh, political focus, to discuss and inform those who aren't familiar with these with these allegations, which is sort of incredible because you know these are akin to the exact same allegations that were made when the Storby Daniel case first you know went to trial you know a few years ago, so. I'm not surprised that, that that many people know about this. And I think a lot of their assumptions about whether Trump might be guilty of fraud or other crimes associated with this are associated with that prior unsuccessful prosecution of Trump. F- for me, th- this is a joke of a prosecution. I agree with a lot of voices, both uh, Mr. Ramaswamy's and, uh, you know, hardcore mega people like myself who, who think this is, you know, it should never have been brought. It's an abusive process, and it's wholly political and has no chance of succeeding. That the the attempt here is either to just to get a photograph, maybe to uh, affect his um, his fundraising uh, capabilities, which I think is funny because he's a billionaire; he can self fund his everything that he does, and he had one of the lowest cost campaigns in 2016 and 2020 by going through social media. So I don't, I don't. For me, the narrative that this is to affect his fundraising ability and to um, Daniel's point that he thinks MAGA are stripping away. Well, you know, that may be true, but there's really no support other than maybe your anecdotal feelings from the people you're talking to 
because the only data that I've seen on that is coming from pollster who I respect. He's 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 uh, demagogued as a conservative pollster, Rich Barris, who's been tracking DeSantis polling and Trump's polling. And as this thing has developed and as, as DeSantis has sat quiet, the Trump's polling numbers have gone up. And I promise you his fundraising has gone up as a result. So I, 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 I'm still on the fence as to whether or not this happens. I don't believe the reporting that the date has changed or when the date might be. I don't think it's certain yet. I think the DA Bragg has a lot of reasons to rethink the, the indictment. I think even if he gets the indictment, that may be the end of it. He can say that uh, Trump's been indicted, but I'm not going to serve it because I, I think this process has become too political. There's lots of ways he can go. He can sit on the indictment once he has it. He can serve it, you know, at a later date. It's totally up to him at that point once the, the grand jury votes. So uh, I, I don't trust the reporting on the, the indictment tomorrow and the arraignment next week, because as I understand it, it's coming from an unsourced Daily Mirror report that was picked up by the Gateway Pundit, and now it's being picked up by a number of other people. So that's my feeling uh, on the moment about where we are today. Tier. If I could just tag on to what Michael just said, Go I, ahead, I, I think he really has a, a, an important point here. And, and and that is that, you know, this could really backfire. If it is indeed politically motivated, a lot of people certainly think it is, uh, it could really backfire by giving, you know, again, as we've been talking here among many of us, this is Trump's specialty is to fan up the media. And if this just gives him a huge platform that, he didn't seem to really have as much, you know, at least in the early part of his campaign so far. And and I don't know if this ends up taking two years, then it won't matter because that'll be beyond the election date. But if it's resolved or or canceled or or like dismissed before that, he'll be seen as a, a big winner. And I think even more people will follow him. And that, and that certainly is going to drive up, uh, you know, both his support and his finances. Yeah, I think it just uh, comment briefly. You know, I've been struggling to come up with a plausible theory for how this would not be a nakedly political prosecution. And when you say, oh, it's just political, that's not really a particularly meaningful statement because lots of pro- prosecutions are in some sense political in that they impinge on some political issue or maybe that there's some kernel of a motivator that's guiding the prosecutor for some sort of political end, whether it's their future career prospects or what have you, or the person that they're prosecuting is some sort of rival. I'm not even talking about that sort of soft politicization of prosecutions, which is sort of run of the mill. This is a different level. I mean, this, first of all, stems from, I think, in 2018, Letitia James, who's the Attorney General of New York, ran for her office on an explicit pledge. You can find the tweets. I have them somewhere. And there are also, you know, ads and whatever. She ran for attorney general of New York of New York on an express pledge to prosecute a citizen. Yeah. It happened to be the president, but that's still sort of inimical to customary expectations as to how a prosecutor ought to comport themselves. And what did Letitia James do? Well, she did initiate prosecutions of Trump. Um, she tried to then use her Trump pursuit as a uh, jumping off point to run for governor. And that also entailed, you know, taking down 
Andrew Cuomo, uh, Andrew Cuomo on some pretty uh, specious grounds and stabbing him in the back, but sort of not relevant here. The point is, like, it couldn't have been more brazenly political in terms of how Letitia James approached the prosecutions of Trump in New York. And her chief deputy during that period was Alvin Bragg. Okay? I don't know the ins and outs of what role Bragg exactly had on any given prosecution when he was working for the state prosecutor's office, right? Uh, but it's a bit of a lead as to what maybe certain inclinations of his might be. And then, you know, if you just read this sort of background as to how this is unfolded, meaning the current prosecutions or potential one, has how it's unfolded sort of administratively over the past year or so. There was a period around, you know, February, March, I, I, I guess, of last year when Bragg apparently balked at the uh, viability of charging Trump criminally for s- some business transaction related to the Trump organization's tax affairs. Remember his CFO, Al- Alan Weisel- Weiselberg, I think his name was, was ultimately charged, but Trump Trump wasn't. And Bragg got a lot of you know, pushback from that because obviously in New York, especially if you're in a in legal and political circles uh, of the kind that Bragg travels in and seizes his constituency, there's going to be sort of a deep-seated emotional pent-up desire to see Trump charged with anything. It doesn't even particularly matter what, because there was this whole drama that stretched on for years, whether it was Mueller, uh, whether it was like the precursor Stormy Daniels stuff. I mean, uh, whether it was like impeachment, number one, impeachment number two, I mean, all this speculation and these sort of frenzied pleadings that please some kind of white knight, you know, uh, holy prosecutor swoop in and save the day. That was like kind of one of the main themes of the liberal psyche for for quite a while. There was was political pressure on Bragg to, to, to follow through with this. And then even on a more kind of legal technical level, I don't know, again, the full details, because I have to admit when I hear the name Stormy Daniels, my eyes kind of roll in the back of my head. <laughs> but but if it is true, as is being suggested, that in order to even begin contemplating prosecuting this against Trump in New York State, they have to concoct a brand new legal theory to sort of borrow from federal election law statute and then sort of posit that it also has a a, a – a, again, a brand new sort of novel state-based application. I mean, that just even further heightens the obvious political nature of the prosecution. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting point. Jumping through, jumping through hoops in order to bring charges against this one individual. Yeah, so Trash, I've got a question for you based on what Michael just said. Uh, and it's actually linked to what Mario's question is, so I'll just reiterate it. Basically, based on the... Um, Based on the uh, poll, it said that most Americans believe that Trump did pay hush money, but at the same time, this case is politically motivated. What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, and just as so, trash okay. as trash answers as well. I want to sorry, trash. I, I don't like interrupting too much, but actually, I do it all the time. But just quickly for the audience, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Um, so, I've, if you don't remember the numbers. I'll just read them out again. Actually, I won't read them out. Just check them out. I just tweeted them as well. I'll pin them. Let me pin them. Go through the numbers. But in brief, Slyman summed it up well. I want to get your thoughts first on where you stand. Do you think it's a fair statement that most people believe Trump – do you believe Trump did pay hush money to Stormy Daniels? 
but the investigation is still politically motivated? Is that where you stand, like the majority of respondents? Uh, or do you have a different take? But um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, uh, Trash. Yeah, no, paying hush money is not illegal, by the way. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, Michael. So I was like, you know, whether he did or didn't, I don't believe it to be illegal. Uh, and from what I understand, it's that he didn't file it correctly uh, under legal fees or whatever that may be. And and to to answer the question even more firmly, uh, is it politically motivated? Yeah, I mean, it's political. I mean, there's a lot of things that are political, but the political part of it is not as concerning to me as the consequences of doing something like this. And I've talked about this before, where it's a fundamental issue of how we operate justice in this country. OK, like we have a crime. Okay, then you find a suspect. You don't say like Letitia James or Alvin Bragg, you say, I've got a person. Let me go find a crime. That is not how we do things. And here's the thing, whether I'm a Trump supporter or not is irrelevant. I don't want to see this happen to anybody, even people that I disagree with politically. This is a precedent that if we start these kind of tactics and it goes on both sides, the outcome, frankly, is a, is a little concerning to me. Because that, that is only escalatory. And if it's a tit-for-tat constantly, and if this is a precedent, precedent that everybody on both sides of the aisle can't agree we cannot do this as a country and still survive, then it's that's, but, but, that's uh, uh, trash, trash. I think I think everyone agrees that this shouldn't be – everyone agrees that the, the legal system should not be influenced by politics. Anyone that doesn't agree with this uh, is probably part of the minority. So my, my I think the, the issue here is, here is, is it politically motivated? Because – if it is, if, so if the narrative of it being politically motivated that most people agree on, the, the, the reason I think this is really important because that just gives Trump a lot of ammunition for the election. And so I think this is really the main sticking point. It's not whether it should be politically motivated. Now, I want to add a question to it as well, Trash, and then go to Tira. My question to you as well is, uh, we're all criticizing the American legal system. Fair, I think there's a lot of room for criticism. But I want to point out, I do business around the world. I always prefer to do business with people in obviously Western Europe and the US when it requ- when the when the agreement the enforcement of the agreement is really important because of the strong legal system there. I prefer to work with, with companies based in those countries um, rather than other countries. So so that kind of you know confirms the point that the American legal system is one of the, mo- the 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 best in the world despite all of its flaws. I'm not sure if you agree with the statement. I'd like to get your thoughts. In the meantime, I'm actually going to, you know, do a bit of research, chat to chat GPT a bit, and ask, you know, to see if my my statement is correct or not. Uh, again, I just think it's worth clarifying. The issue, at least as I see, it, is not whether this prosecution is quote politically motivated, because that's a very nebulous concept, right? I mean, the the prosecution of Harvey Weinstein was politically motivated, not that it was without merit necessarily, but. It arose due to a conflict. No, I think okay. I'll, I'll rephrase it. Is this uh, Mike, Michael? Is the establish? Is this is this the establishment trying to bring down Trump, or is that the U.S. legal system in action with by some bias included? Well, I was just going to no. say I don't know who the, the previous person. It's trash, yeah, and, and was, we'll, we'll give him the mic again uh, right after. But get go ahead, Michael. Yeah, just yeah, just just quickly. I mean, you're right to point out the dangers of a sort of inverted precedent being set up where somebody needs to be quote held accountable right that was trump because he played such an outsized role in the in the psyches of kind of paranoid and emotionally disturbed liberals for four years to be frank and so they needed to just find something on him they you know they knew who they wanted to charge and they had to come up with a charge that would stick to him right that was basically the calculation 
Um, but that wouldn't just be a new thing as of tomorrow if hypothetically the indictment comes down. That was basically the MO of the Butler investigation that stretched on for years and just and sort of consumed much of Trump's first term in office. I mean, they didn't have a specific set of sort of chargeable um, uh, violations of statutes that Trump was even thought to be guilty of. There was just like a vague insinuation that Trump might have been involved in some sort of collusive, illicit arrangement with Russia. And then a special prosecutor was given free reign and, you know, limitless funds for, straight from the U.S. Treasury to just dig up whatever he might be able to just even the most tangentially associate with Trump or one of his sort of affiliated uh, staff or advisors or what have you. So, I mean, this is a longstanding uh, thing with Trump. It's just like sort of entering a new phase here with Trump actually himself facing potential criminal liability. Oh, no, 100%. And it's going to actually answer Mario's question to me as well. So Mario asks, is this the deep state establishment coming after him or is there actual a legal case here that needs to be pursued? Um, And I agree with you, Michael. They've done everything under the sun and everything. I mean, hell, they even had impeachment papers drawn up before he even took office like this has been it's been like this the entire time through his presidency and everything and everything fell flat and it wasn't because they just couldn't prove it it was because they were rapidly trying to find anything they could to go against him to stick it against the wall and this is just another step of that so to answer your question mario i 100 percent believe that it's the establishment coming after trump and and this is it's, it seems kind of a pathetic attempt because it's going to do the opposite of anything. I mean, if they think it's going to hurt his fundraising capabilities, yeah, right. It's going to step him up. And you're going to pull people from across the aisle that may not have wanted to vote for him again and look at him and be like, wait a minute, we can't have this in this country, and they're going to get pulled back across. I think, you know, this is the establishment coming for Trump is a bit of a facile way of characterizing it, frankly. I mean, I know what people mean when they say that, but it's sort of you're conflating so many sort of ambiguous moving parts into some, you know, amorphous blob known as the establishment. What this really seems to be is in 2018 on a wave of like resistance mania that swept the country, including local office for uh, prosecutorial roles, particularly in New York, a bunch of people got elected on an explicit platform to quote, hold Trump accountable on like social justice grounds or on, sort of the politically uh, political vendetta sort of ground. And those people have extra motivation now to continue pursuing Trump because he's going to, he's you know at present a presidential candidate again. So it's like kind of simpler than that. It's this grand sort of machination by the quote establishment against Trump because like the establishment has multi-faceted sort of dimensions yeah, well, and it's, me, it's sort of more precise go. analytically to just point out what exactly yeah, this so is. let's go and, and and what we're going to cover next just for the audience we're going to go through the the biden laptop story and the 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 you know what was discussed yesterday i want to use the term revelations discussed yesterday discuss that i think it was really really interesting i'm, I'm glad trash is here breeze there jim is there i think all, all the speakers were there tira's there they were ed nick Simon. We're all there yesterday during that segment. So I really want to revisit that right after, um, you know, finishing off with Trump. And then we'll go through the uh, Russia-China story in the meeting they had. But Tira, I'd love your, your point and, you know, your thoughts on what was discussed yeah. so far, but also on the on the whole argument of the establishment. The narrative just, it seems to be gaining steam um, every year. Two things can be true at once. 
people can have political motivations and there can be logical reasons to go against someone, correct? And in fact, from that poll we heard, the American public seems to agree with that. That what they've said is that, yeah, we think there's politics involved, but we also think, you know, he probably did some crappy stuff. Okay, so I I think we should put that in in the backdrop. And I believe that there are, of course, political motivations. Tish James, who Michael has spoken of at great length, did make many claims about Donald Trump. She brought a civil lawsuit that has great teeth to it. 250 pages. If you've read it, I have. It has some serious charges and it's moving forward. Not criminal, but civil. Alvin Bragg, the the Manhattan DA, was hesitant about this. And I have said numerous times, I don't really understand what's going on with him. Two of his prosecutors left, um, Carrie Dunn and I think Pomerantz, left because they thought he wasn't prosecuting Donald Trump. And all of a sudden we see this new uh, grand, well, not new grand jury, but we see this sort of grand jury emerging, and he seems to be leading the charge on prosecuting Trump. I'm not sure I understand this exactly because he was the one who was hesitant. He did not seem to want to do this. The case as we know it, but of course, you know, we're making stuff up here because we don't know, seems to rely upon falsifying records, right? Which normally would be a misdemeanor unless you can figure out an underlying crime that it was done in pursuit of or in, in, co- in coordination with. Now, I know that Michael has said it's, it's an unusual legal theory. I don't think that's true. There are several things that they could say are the underlying crime. We don't really know what yeah, those are. Act- I don't know what the legal theory is. Right. I just see speculation okay. well, as to what I it guess makes. what I'm, what I'm saying is we don't actually know, so let's not speculate on whether it's novel or et cetera. What we do know is that falsifying records alone is a misdemeanor and the statute of limitations would have run. So somehow they've got to, in order to get within the five-year statute of limitations, and I think people are not talking about this, but in fact, I think that is what is really driving this. There's a five-year statute of limitations for falsifying business records as a felony. Now, if you think about the timing, the last payment or the last business records probably were sometime in 2018 that were maybe involved in the payments to Michael Cohn. And if so, if you think about this, time is running out and that might be driving Bragg to a certain extent because he only has maybe a couple of weeks left. I don't know. In terms of politics, I will say one thing. I think this will help Trump, but I think if you really look, Donald Trump is bringing politics into this in a very strong way as well. And we should not not lose sight of that. Donald Trump is the one who tweeted out, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be indicted on Tuesday, which was not true. Uh, Protests take our nation back. You know, he's the one actually driving this narrative. He will continue to drive this narrative. I have no doubt. I don't get his emails that he has fundraised off this already and will continue to do so because this is one of his, he was actually climbing again in the polls, but this is a great way for him. And he is a master of this. I believe someone before said that he's great at this. This is his way of keeping in the forefront saying it's all a plot against me, witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt, et cetera. So I guess I think there's a lot of moving parts here. We should be careful not to conflate certain things and make up legal theories when we don't know. Um, I do think I would not, and I've said this, I would not have brought this particular case insofar as I understand it, because I think it's it seems attenuated and difficult, hard to prove. But moreover, let's get real here. Donald Trump is never going to face a courtroom. He will immediately file motions for change of venue. He doesn't want to be heard in New York. It's not fair. People hate him. Then he'll come up with some sort of constitutional claim that he cannot be, uh, there's no place in the country that, you know, he could ever actually have a fair trial. He will delay. This is what he does. He's a master at this. We are not going to see him in court or this ever in prison. This is just speculation on your part. 
Well, you know, you look at history, right? And all I can say about Donald Trump, if you look at the history of Donald Trump and litigation, he obviously is very litigious. He has no problems litigating. And if you see everything that he's done in connection with the past couple of years, he's litigated, 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 delay, delay, delay. Now, this could be the one time that turns out to be an exception. You're absolutely right. But on the other hand, if you look at past history and past practice, I think we can safely say that he certainly has no problems figuring out ways to delay. Tara, can I ask you a quick question? Um, So granted that we don't have anywhere close to the full breadth of information necessary to make any firm conclusions about anything, but if it is the case, as you alluded to, that they're running up against the statute of limitations and that's why there's this sudden flurry of activity around a purported crime that initially stemmed from the Stormy Daniels affair, which people have to kind of like claw back into their memories to even remember what all was about unless they're like an online Trump obsessive. Um, Doesn't that at least stand to reason that like the reason that the charges being imminent, if they are, wasn't a result of some just sort of impartial measured fact finding process, but other factors brought about the timing of the uh, indictment and also secondarily, secondarily really, really quickly. Alvin Bragg or whomever might bring a criminal charge against Donald Trump is, in some sense, a steward of public trust because they're, they wield prosecutorial authority and they can deprive people of liberty and so forth. And they're just sort of inherently political actors. If you're going to charge for the first time in American history a, a president or a former president with a criminal offense, then I do think there is some sense of just sort of public obligation that's worth taking into account as to whether it's merited in some maybe not technical legal sense but like in a discretionary sense and if you're going to break that taboo for the first time since you know 1776 or whatever 1789 i guess because of stormy daniels i, I don't know i think people are are right to maybe look askance at that Look, I don't know how long the grand jury has been considering things and what they've been looking at. They could have, could have been in, you know, they could have been around. They could have been impaneled for, what, a year and a half? You know, we don't know, right? I mean, I maybe we do know, but I don't know, okay? But they have been considering things. They would typically meet, what, once, twice, three times a week, whatever it's been. And they've been looking at things, and this might be the last thing they're looking at. I don't really know how that's that process has been working. I agree that this seems like a... It's not so much that it's Stormy Daniels. I don't really care. It's not, it's not about the NDNA. It's about falsifying records and underlying potential election law claims. And we have to be a little clearer on this because when we say Stormy Daniels, it, it changes the narrative, right? Then it's like just, oh, it's sort of this person he's paying off, stripper, he's paying off, right? It really isn't about that. It's about certain underlying business and election law charges. That said, I agree with you, Michael. I Wait, can I just... We don't, we don't know. Doc, the, no, no, Doc, I understand, and I should be much clearer. We do not know. Everything is speculative, but this is the only speculation I've heard about the underlying charges, unless someone else has some other speculation but let's keep it. Yes, you're absolutely yeah, right. Well, and, and it you know, could be so much worse than everybody's speculating, well, too. Could be. But, but Michael, I guess what I'm saying way. is I have said I don't. This one strikes me as a really attenuated one. I would not, you know, I would have preferred to see Georgia, which I think is a much better case, to be honest. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I also will say when you talk about Alvin Bragg being political and then you have someone like Rand Paul saying, let's arrest him. 
or Jim Jordan say, let's investigate them. I mean, they're, everybody's political now. And I think we have to remember that's the world we're living in, unfortunately. Um, so just well, coming in on that, uh, Kira, so I've got a question. One second, uh, Michael, you've got your hand up. I, just, I had a question for you based on what um, Tira said. I mean, she's saying a lot of what's happening is speculation, and that is true to an extent. But essentially... We do have a lot of information out in the public in relation to this issue. We do have a lot of evidence out in the public in relation to this issue. And it's based on that that one makes a determination. Now, there could be some kind of bombshell information that we're unaware of. But based on what we have now, what is, isn't, it, isn't it right to make the assumption that, look, it doesn't seem like the case is that strong? So that's to Michael Strain. Well, I I think so. I mean, I'm I'm not a legal expert. I had I had kind of a question about exactly that for 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 some of the legal experts. You know, when I think about this, I kind of think about Al Capone, and you know, there was a widespread belief in the in the law enforcement community and the criminal justice community that Capone was committing serious crimes. Ultimately, you know, he he went down on a on a on a tax evasion charge. Uh, you know how how much of how much of that is at play here, and is that is that appropriate or not? You know, there's there's a widespread belief that Trump has has committed very serious crimes, including uh, you know playing a role in trying to overthrow the the last presidential election. So I'll okay okay. So I'll uh, doc if you want to answer my question and maybe make a comment on that. So it's not comparable to Al Capone because we know what. Te- Trump's tax returns showed, right? Nothing burger. People in this room were chasing that dog and and blowing that dog whistle for years. Hey, we're finally going to get Trump. He's a corrupt businessman. He's been sued 3,000 times, blah, 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 blah. Nothing burger. Trump handled his taxes appropriately. In, In terms of a corporate executive dealing with people who sue him, he owns hotels. So he's going to they're going to get sued over and over again. You have to distinguish between Trump, the person and Trump, the businessman and Trump. Yeah. So for Capone, it was right. For for Capone, it was tax returns for for Trump and Stormy Davis. That's what that's the analogy. Well, so 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 you, you said Trump handled his taxes perfectly. The Trump organization certainly didn't. Well, yeah. Ed, you're, you know what I'm talking about, Ed. Come on, we've had enough interaction to where you know what well, I mean, it's his organization, and they're hit with a criminal tax fraud scheme. I mean, they're allegations. Allegations don't mean anything. I can walk into a court in California for $350 and say whatever I want, okay? And it's not evidence until it's in court, been approved by a judge. It was in court. It was in court. And nothing it was, happened. Was, it was, Trump organization was found guilty of what? 17 counts. 17 counts. But but Ed, isn't isn't it worth making the distinction that you are again talking about the Trump organization versus Donald Trump himself? Well, I mean, it's his organization, so yeah, you can blame it on his. Well, yeah, but people, other, this is CEO Alan Weisselberg who went to prison for it. Ed, but you I ever, mean, if, you if he didn't know about it, hired a lot of employees. Have you ever had a company where you where you've hired seventy thousand employees? When they do something wrong, how responsible are you? How able are you to manage those? But I don't want to get down, get down that well, right. I, I mean, it comes back to Trump, though. I mean, it's his it's his organization, which is if if you're the if you own a company and you're the that's named after you and you're committing tax fraud, that's going to come back on you. Whether, tax fraud. That's been, but the, the, that's, the man, but the Manhattan District the Attorney could did. have charged Trump with committing tax fraud and they declined. 
Right, because it wasn't theirs. Tax, they, they knew all along that Trump wasn't dirty. Well, with or you could say because Weisselberg never would, wouldn't testify against Trump. Maybe that's the reason. Well, either way, the burden's on the prosecutor to bring the charges if they feel that they're... Yeah, well, well I'm saying Trump organization was Can I get back to the question? Can I, can I jump in on the argument here just real quick? Be- no, hold on just a second. Hold I'll on let Doc finish it and then you can I jump was, in. I was asked the question. I want to finish it, Okay. The reason this is this is the point that I want to come to. The reason it's wholly political, and and Tara and I, both attorneys, both on either the liberal conservative break, agree. This is not a case that we would have brought. Okay, this is on a scale of one to a thousand in terms of legal significance and and potential uh, criminality. This is a point one 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 on a scale of one to a thousand. And, Recognizing and, that you're speculating, just like you accused me of. Yes, right? <laughs> but, but but what we do know, Tara, is what's been reported in the New York Times. Right? We we do know that Bragg has made certain statements about this. No one has disclaimed that this is a, uh, an examination of the Stormy Daniels, you know, crap all over again. Michael Michael Cohen has famously has, has been quoted that this is what he's there to talk about. So we do know it's it's over the payments made to Stormy Daniels. And as far as that goes, there is no criminality there. You can't make something up. You can't even make a fraud charge up on that. I, I dare you to speculate and, and be consistent with the law and explain to me, Tara, how that's possible. Because Trump signed an NDA with her. And the NDA was in the Doc, they, you're they, wrong. They, okay. Okay. This is not about the NDNA. That's the point. That's what I was trying to say. This is about Michael Cohn making payments and the, and Trump misreporting them as legal fees when in fact they were payoff fees. Okay. It's not about the NDNA at all. You cannot rely on a witness like Michael Cohen to state anything. His own attorney came forward. He was on Tucker last night. He was all over the media. This guy is a chronic perpetual liar and he promised to lie to stay out of jail. But, but we don't know if there's corroborating witnesses, corroborating evidence, documents that might help align. They, 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 hold on, hold on. I mean, isn't the bigger they, point here, whatever they, the credibility they, they, is of Michael Cohen, they, that if you're, they, a, law, if you're okay, a, a constituted law enforcement officer in the United States or a prosecutor or whatever your title is, and you're contemplating bringing charges for the first time in American history against a president, then you're making a singularly yes, just inherently political Decision. Maybe it's a well-founded decision. Maybe it's not, but it's singular in its political import. So therefore, you have an extra burden, I would think, to exercise due discretion. And if now this, if now the veracity of this charge is going to be debated back and forth based on what is like the character, uh, Michael, what are the character flaws of Michael Cohen, and Michael, also, also Michael, we have to go and to rehash thought, Stormy I Daniels. You. I think that's a bit of an application Michael, of that responsibility Michael, Michael, that those Michael, law enforcement authorities Michael. have. Oh, oh. Earlier on, you basically took quite a bit of time to explain why you believe it wasn't political. I think it is a political motivation. Me? Yeah. No, I was I was saying I mean, I, no, I was making the opposite argument. I was saying it was nakedly, brazenly political. Yeah, because like look at look at the situation here. What case are they getting them on? They're getting them on a technicality, right? This is not, you know, yeah, it's probably a crime, but it's still a technicality. It's a technical issue. This is something that, you know, most prosecutors typically that I've seen would just drop this down to, you know. Misdemeanor charge. We don't know that. I mean, it was was conceivable in the '90s that Bill Clinton could have been charged criminally for perjury. Yeah. I mean, he what his his actions probably 
fit the criteria for a bring of that criminal charge. But even most Republicans, even the most kind of zealously anti-Clinton Republicans who accused him of you know killing Vince Foster and were obsessed with every little uh, foible of his for for years, e- even among that crowd, it was like almost a fringe or maybe even non-existent position to advocate that Bill Clinton be charged criminally for the perjury episode once he left office because there's some discretion to be exercised when you when it comes to the president. It just there just is because that's a unique position in American life. To Ian's point, Ed, uh, you know, because Ian was just saying that a lot of prosecutors would decline to take a case like this. They would never go after this. And that seemed to be true up until now in this very case. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, well, what, that, what that's, changed it, that's if that's if this case is going the route that the media believes it is. But there's so much more that the grand jury heard. There's so much more that prosecution likely has that the media hasn't had access to. Right. So, Tony, I promised I'd bring you in here. Go ahead. Yeah, I just got two points to make. Uh, one on the politicalization of it that everyone keeps talking about. And then Doc's kind of ridiculous point on how you have to have, um, you know, you got to separate the man from the businessman. Well, if that's true, if we if we must, if we must, by your declaration, separate the man from the businessman, then you have to separate the man from the former president in this indictment if it comes. So, I just want to point that out that that's, I mean, if, if that's he's a political candidate right now, it's it's not about him being president. He, he's this a person. Is, this is the existing president coming after his, his chief rival for re-election. I said I had two points. I said I had two points. All right, you talk for a while. Let me talk. Okay, so if if he is the businessman and a, and a man right now, we can indict his business and you have to separate it and we have to separate it then we can do the same thing with a former president and a man so just to just to be clear on that point for everyone the thousands of people are listening how ridiculous you sound now the second point i want to make is on the politicalization it is political it's a hundred percent political donald trump made it political this was a political campaign he made a payment to make sure that Stormy Daniels did not open her mouth during the last political campaign. Well, excuse me, the the one before the last. He lost the last one anyways. Um, so it is political. Almost every... Okay, can I, let me but, finish, Doc. Doc, no. let me finish. If it's... If it's... If every, every single investigation that is going on right now in Trump's world and his orbit is political. January 6th, political the documents he stole from our government while he's the president trying to cover up january 6th political i mean they're all political. are you gonna are you gonna I, let I, me finish I, i'm almost i, done. I, I, I don't think well I'm you're making i know tony i'm almost done i promise okay because i'm gonna respond to your points here so go ahead so it is political he made it political all this stuff is his politics he's a politician you said oh he's a former president we can't do this he is a politician. He's running for president. Didn't of course, that. it's political. It's always political with him. Okay, so so l- l- let me ask you this real quick. Why did the FEC decline to pursue anything on this? They closed their investigation because you're saying that this was a campaign-related expenditure, although the Federal Election Commission, who was in charge of taking care of this stuff and overseeing this, said that it was not and that they were not going to investigate. Again, again, so, again so how does that make it political? Missed, you missed Tara's point. It, the, the payment is not the where he broke the law more than likely. 
That's not where he broke the law. You're missing. You 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 want a narrative that you that you drive and that that helps Trump lie to the public, but it doesn't work. And the reason why it doesn't work is because it's just bullshit lies. It doesn't matter what you want to be the truth. There is truth. Just like just like Ed said, we will know the truth. The media doesn't know the whole fucking evidence that's been presented to the grand jury from Michael Cohen, uh, 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 Kellyanne Conway, Hope Hicks, or anyone Tony, else. Tony, Tony, what, so you, you said the payment wasn't the reason that he's in trouble. So from your perspective, what is the reason he's in trouble? What what didn't you just catch of what I said? I said I don't we don't know. Just like Ed said, uh, so, we so if we don't, well, I'll, I'll explain. Okay, yeah, right, so can, that's keep quiet, Tony. Can you just repeat the same point like a thousand times? Right. The reason I, I understood what you said, but you contradicted yourself, and let me explain why. Because initially you said, initially you said payment isn't is not the reason why he got arrested, and then you said I don't know. That is a contradiction. Hence my question. Please be clear and not have inconsistent points. Hence it's not inconsistent. So the rather payment, than shout the, and scream, rather than shout and scream at people, try and understand your point. Trash, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I, I mean, it's really frustrating when you guys keep circling, circling back well, it's to, frustrating to hearing you repeat the same thing about ten, a thousand times. Okay, I think what yeah, Tony's hush. trying to say, I think what Tony's trying to say is that you shouldn't just buy uh, Donald Trump's narrative hook, line, and sinker. He's trying to frame this as just being a nothing burger, right? It could be something more. It could be something less. It could be exactly what we think it is and what he says it is. We don't know. But the point is we have to be uh, critical in what he says. No, no, but Ian, we, we are. We, no, himself. but Ian, we are. Like, all of us don't have the case file. But what we do have is information pertaining to the case, which has been out in the public, and which um, and it's on the basis of I think that, it's that we fair have to speculate, just you know, yeah, yeah. just don't. But, but even the speculation, right? I mean, Ian, it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah, so, speculation so, based okay. on nothing because you know, with the, with these high-profile cases, and from my own experience in them, they do leak a lot of it to the press, and so the press does have so, to know so a lot I, of the I information. Think, I think most of it. I think most of what has leaked has come from Michael Cohen. Uh, Michael Cohen's been talking to the media since day one. You know, he's on the yep. TV all the time. So I think the vast majority is coming from Michael Cohen. But there's been other witnesses. We know Kellyanne Conway has been a witness. We know Hope Hicks has been a witness. There's probably half a dozen witnesses or even more who have been in the grand jury that we just don't know about. And then there's documents. There's, you know, there's going to be paperwork. There's going to be taxes. There's going to be who knows what. And but, Ed, if my, you're saying that, it, that most of the information has probably come from Michael Cohen, wouldn't you think there would be some more damning information that would be out by now? Because this guy is a huge we, political we only know. We only know what Michael Cohen knows based on what the grand jury has asked him. But we don't know. Maybe the grand jury has asked completely unrelated questions to other witnesses or have obtained other documents that we don't know about that they didn't even present to Michael Cohen because he was irrelevant to them. So I think I, I honestly think we're all going to be like, okay, we were all wrong. You know, it was this, but it was also this. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's my opinion. Hey, and let me let me tell you why I think there are tea leaves to be read here from information that has not been released. One is that we had a report from the New York Times last, what was it, Tuesday or so, Wednesday maybe, that law enforcement had been requested to assist in the arrest of a high-profile individual, and the arrest was going to happen today. Right. So that that was the original clock that was set. Then it gets delayed because Michael Cohen's attorney demanded to be heard. Assistant district attorneys in Bragg's office were reportedly rebelling over Bragg going to uh, a a bill of uh, to go ahead and, and seek the indictment, call a vote. 
and Michael Cohen's attorney who comes in and then absolutely blasts Cohen's credibility in front of the grand jury before they vote. So now we've got more witnesses, apparently, if we're to believe Bragg, if that's the reason for the delay. I don't know that, that there are going to be additional witnesses at this point that would work for the notion that Trump committed a crime. You know, I think it's more likely to witnesses that support the other perspective, which is Cohen's attorney offers, which is that this is supportable. You know, you know, you know what we don't have to speculate about. You know what we don't have to speculate about. Can, can, can I just speculate about how that? Hey, hey Michael. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was direct. Doc was directly addressing Ed, and we'll get you in after. Yeah, I, I just want to. I just want to say. So, yeah, that that's the way you're reading tea leaves. But the way I read the tea leaves from when Costello went in to talk to the grand jury and a, attempting to debunk what Michael Cohen said, he said he brought 320 some emails with him, hoping that the grand jury would ask him about it. And he was. He seemed pretty pissed off and pretty disappointed that they only cared about six emails. So to me, that's like, okay, Trump's sending this guy in, or I mean, I guess he's not technically sending him in, but he's going in on behalf of Trump to kind of dispel what Trump thinks he's getting indicted for. And then they don't even care about most of the stuff that he, he brought to, to the grand jury to present to them. So did you I think mean, Tucker's interview with him. Yeah, can, can I just can I can I, I, can I, I just did, make, I make my point real quick? You know what? What you know? You know what we don't have to speculate about. You know we don't we don't have to speculate about, which uh-huh. is convenient because there's a lot of speculation that's just sort of inherent to this discussion. But here's a concrete thing that requires no speculation at all: that indicting a president for the first time in American history, you know, since 1789, would be a watershed event, right? So just based on that alone, you can sort of formulate notions as to what maybe some potential criteria would be for wrongdoing that might fit the bill on that score. And a few thoughts popped into my head. You know, if Trump actually was genuinely guilty, for example, of, I don't know, treasonously colluding with Russia, you could see that being of sufficient gravity that maybe it would warrant this upheaval in terms of the norm around charging presidents with criminal violations, or if he was sort of plausibly criminally liable for, you know, quote, inciting an insurrection, which I think is a whole other can of worms. But let's say those actually were two grievous potential crimes that Trump could be rightly charged with. Maybe that would warrant it. Maybe that would warrant the tumult that just in- inherently is going to be associated with the charging of a president. But My, Michael, the Stormy me, Daniels stuff, let me, let me, I mean, the reason that Gerald Ford the, pardoned me, Richard Nixon was because Michael, he recognized wait. that charging a president inherently would bring about a certain level of political turmoil. Michael, and I so that just needs to factor into the decision making here. Michael, I don't disagree just, with you, quickly, but the, frame, this, the framing here is wrong. Al Capone analogy. But, Maybe this is but, what you can get him on. And the criminal justice community thinks they need to get him on something. And, and this is what there is. Gentlemen, the, the framing here is wrong, and, I, and I, I don't think it's intentional. It might be in the part of some people. He's not he's not litigating or bringing charges against a president. He's bringing charges against a candidate for president. Right. And he's acting at the behest and in the best in the best interest of the party in power who's bringing these charges. Both Bragg and Letitia James have promised to prosecute Trump. And, and that's Trotskyism. I mean, they promised to, to prosecute him and they didn't have a crime in mind. They didn't have an accusation to follow up on. This is so corrupt, you guys. And the fact that I have, there's Americans in here arguing against these these 
clear concepts and this clear abuse of process is really disappointing to me. When when Bragg was running, wasn't that after when he was running for DA? Didn't that take place after Cohen was indicted for? He worked. Making... He worked for Letitia. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying he is, I, you, you said you said he ran on the assumption that he was going to indict Trump. For no reason, and he didn't have a reason. He but said I, he was going to do it. He got a million yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know what you're money. saying. I mean, hey, hey, Doc. I, I know what you're saying. But but you, what you said was that he didn't know what he was going to indict him for. And at that time, Cohen had been indicted, I believe, for this for this crime that this investigation centered around. And Cohen, in that indictment of Cohen, Trump was named as individual one, basically who demanded Cohen make the hush money payment and break the law. So here's I think how I know that he didn't have a charge in mind, that he's seeking a charge is because the charges he did find have already been litigated. They've all been litigated. And no, no. How, how have they been litigated, sir? How have they been litigated? Don't make up allegations, Tara. Come on. How have they been litigated? I'm asking you, they haven't been litigated. In what universe has litigated? The substance of this new charge is the payments to Stormy Daniels that Trump made that Cohen was a participant in as his attorney, right? So now he wants to come into court and tell everybody that I know what Trump intended, all right? There's two possibilities what, what Trump intended when he did this. One was to, to avoid a political scandal that would have damaged his campaign, which is why Stormy was there in the first place, right? Or it was to keep his wife from learning about the affair, and what man wouldn't, or... It was it was to just get this thing away, just pay them some money so they they can go away a winner. People get paid off. Doc, right? you haven't I'll... answered my question. How has What's this been litigated? The question is, you said it's all been litigated. My, Michael How? Cohen Where? went to jail. No, Michael Cohen had a plea deal in which he agreed he was guilty. This has never been litigated against Donald and Trump in any yeah, forum whatsoever. Tara, no, 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 I'm, no. I'm, I'm curious what you can think I, about the point I made about the, I, the wait, wire card just, gravity I just, politically. I want to well, say one thing to Doc, and I want to actually answer something Nick said before. The reason the FEC, the general counsel of the FEC said it was, it warranted looking into, they thought there was a potential election fraud, um, election law charge here. But the FEC, the FEC at that point in 2021, I believe, had three Republicans, two Democrats, one independent. The, the Dem, they split, uh, two people didn't even vote. Two of the Republicans said, don't bring the charges. The Democrats said, do bring the charges. And apparently when you have a split, you don't bring the charges. This was never litigated. And in fact, the FEC basically was, at that point, was quite political. It had been, uh, you know, it was not in the hands, let's say, of, of, well, maybe it never is, but let's just say Red, there were Red, reasons. It was Red, never Red, litigated, Doc. Red, You're saying it was litigated. No, Red, no, no. Red, I'm Red, sorry. Red, I can't let you do this. I can't let you do this. I have something. Hey, Doc, can I just add one thing and then you can respond? So when Cohen pled guilty, right, when he is brought up on charges and he pled guilty, he said he told the prosecutors that he did it for the benefit and at the direction and in coordination with individual number one. So individual number one was his co-conspirator in the felony that he pleaded guilty to. So individual one, do you believe that individual one should have been prosecuted in that case? Because we know who individual one is. It's Donald Trump. Hey, hey Kira, if you're there, would you mind, I would be curious if you would just, 
if you, if you're interested, if you could address like the wider sort of political point I made about like the relative gravity of certain crimes. And- I have agreed with you, Michael. I have said this one based upon we're all speculating. We get that. Let's just leave that out there. Based upon what I've heard, doesn't seem to be a charge that would be, you know, that it would warrant going against a former president. Not that they're against, they're you know, they're above the law, but just it seems a little more little less serious to me than many of the other things and as i've said many times i personally unless there's something else out there and we don't know and i can't answer this i personally don't think this is the one that i would have gone for because i don't think it's easy it requires discussion of motivation potentially why he made the payments whether he was and if you if you make them for two reasons apparently you get off so if he made them to try and assuage his wife, but also for electoral purposes, it might not be enough to find him guilty. So I guess what I'm saying is this one strikes me as complicated, and it's also small, isn't it? In many yeah, ways. it doesn't like bear on any like know. constitutional issue or like a crime against the state or something, you know. But you might expect right. Yeah, so I, I, right, I wouldn't have done they, this, but we don't know. We don't know. Tira, your mic, your your mic's a little scratchy. Can you pull it away from me a little bit? But maybe I need to get I need to get him on. Okay, yeah, I need to get trashy in here. I love his opinions or his takes. Uh, yeah, thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. So, listen, down in the chat, I put a couple things that I, I think are relevant here because now we're getting back to whether or not he made payments and why he made payments. Look, in 2018, Stormy Daniels admits she did not have an affair with Trump, and then again in March on March 21st of 2022, Michael Cohen goes out there on Twitter and says, defeated former guy's statement has absolutely nothing to do with the well-established fact that he did have an affair with Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels herself responded to Michael Cohen and said, I never said I had an affair. I said over and over that he cornered me. So you're telling me that, it, that, that basically she has admitted to essentially extorting, right? And so if, if you're, what you're telling me is the only point here is that it, the payment itself was not filed correctly, because we're not, we're not litigating whether or not he had an affair. Stormy Daniels Didn't she have to pay him damages? What's that? Didn't she have to pay him damages? Yeah, In a defamation then, oh, no, no. lawsuit. Defamation, different yeah. lawsuit. Things. What was the defamation, Tara? What was the defamation? I, she was claiming he, def- I think, forgive me, I might be wrong. Someone else might know more, but I think she was claiming he defamed her. The judge said no, and so she had to pay his legal fees, I believe. But I'd have to go back and really look at this. Trash yeah, and, and and so she so he so she owes him this money, and then so basically we're going to come out here and and from what has been released to the public is that has been misfiled, and but the fed that, that, that is it a federal is it a, is it a state? The, the problem here is it's is it's cloudy. I understand Ed and Tony, you guys are going to say it, so you're blue in the face. We don't know everything. I get that, but to Doc's point, as you look at all of this, and if it's being based on Michael Cohen, who is even still lying to this day, and he's been proven a liar, and he's also been proven. Uh, to be uh, very sour on Trump himself. I mean, you can see it in his tweet right there. I put it right there. So, so the, already the details of this that even started to begin with are already are, are on shaky ground. And then and then the fact you add in the fact that the ADAs in within his own office, Bragg's office, don't even want to push this forward, but they're pushing it anyway. It's 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 really suspect to me. And and so like if you're telling us not to make generalizations, then I don't know where you guys are coming from because I have more evidence to prove here that it's nonsense than to say that it, that it isn't. You, you know, I, I would agree 100% with you if the only evidence we've seen so far is what they have. But Cohen saying that he, that, you know, Trump individual one, he did it in coordination with him. There might be documents that show that 
he was doing it in coordination. It might be recordings. It might be voicemails. We don't know that. And if they can actually prove that Trump was coordinating with Michael Cohen on this and Cohen was found was convicted of a felony in regards to it, I can't see why you could say that Trump shouldn't also be included in that in the conviction. He shouldn't also be convicted. But like you said, if you know, if they don't have that, if they don't have documents, they don't have any corroborating evidence to back up what Michael Cohen's claiming, then yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I think it's political, it's a BS BS um indictment and I, I don't know what else to say. It's definitely a mistake, but Personally, I don't think the DA is going to be, you know, going forward with this case, indicting the uh, former president and potentially future president unless he felt he had a really solid case. And I don't think he's going to rely on only testimony by Michael Cohen. Ed, you're going to lose your reputation as a as a uh, unfailing liberal on all all what well, like you, you said, I would I agree one hundred percent. I know. If I'm it's just not saying, the case that they have corroborating evidence. So I'm if they do have credit. corroborating evidence, don't you think he should I, potentially be convicted? No, I, I'm just saying. I I, I grant. I, I'm I'm just acknowledging that I've heard something from you for the first time that allows me to talk to my friends and say, "Hey, Ed isn't always one hundred thousand percent of the time. You know, just BSing us." So <laughs> that's okay. I'm just well, thinking you can do that. Tony, fire off. Oh, sorry. I had my hand up from earlier. I, 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 I don't know what uh, point I was – or counterpoint I was going to try to make. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Has anyone seen the um, – <laughs> just looking at the news, looking at the various outlets, and I just see a piece now. I'm not sure if you guys discussed it. I'm opening it. I don't know it's not loading for me. House GOP uses its new power in extraordinary effort to shield Trump. Have you guys – House GOP – uh, using spies, so yeah, shield Trump from the they indictment. They an investigation into Elvin Bragg's uh, indictment on Donald Trump, and he has responded. I've got something I'd say about that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, let me read out the first couple of sentences. But yeah, that says that Donald Trump's Republican allies in the House. So that's from CNN. So obviously, just keep, take that into consideration. Donald Trump's uh, Republican allies in the House. Do, yeah, no, it's it's a liberal. It's, it's a liberal outlet. It's, and, piece, it's fine. Just don't listen to the talking heads on TV. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just reading out. I was looking at the various ones. So this one popped up from CNN. Donald Trump's Republican allies in the House are doing what the former president taught them to do. Use government power to, use government power to try to keep his legal threats at bay. Again, I'm just reading out the, 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 the piece here from CNN. After Trump warned he could get arrested, his allies have been using this new House majority to demand Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's testimony and seek to thwart his investigation relating to an alleged hush so essentially yeah, exactly what he said, Ian, and the piece goes on. So really, uh, I think Congress has no power to quote thwart would... an investigation from a duly elected prosecutor who is autonomous. I don't. Yeah, let me let me read out a few. They, they, they mentioned a few quotes from different um, from different uh, lawmakers here. So we have uh, Ron DeSantis says the following. Uh, he suggested he didn't know anything about, quote, paying hush money to any porn star to secure silence over some type of alleged affair while condemning what he said were political prosecutions. You've got um, uh, Kevin McCarthy. It's, he says the following to political play. Um, who's Joe? So that's pretty much the only quote they've included there. Um, what other interesting ones do we have? Um, you know, the reason why it gets a political prosecution is such a superfluous way of putting it is because it's literally a political office. I mean, you have to run and get elected to become Manhattan district attorney. It's not maybe the ideal system, but it's like just inherently political. So if you're saying it's political, it's like 
you're saying, oh, the politician is political. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just... And then Bragg, the Bragg, Bragg says the following, we will not be intimidated by attempts to undermine the justice process, nor will we let baseless accusations deter us from fairly applying the law. So this is going to get interesting as we prep for the, uh, uh, for the election soon. Yep, nothing else. No, I'll, I'll, I'll speak on the uh, House uh, Judiciary statement from Jim Jordan and Jim Comer, if I can. Go ahead, man. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have talked about in this space before <clears throat> about the weaponization of government and uh, weaponiz- weaponization of uh, the uh, the House and the, po- the powers that be and the people who are in power. But isn't it, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it seem a little bit like weaponization when the House Judiciary GOP decides they're going to demand communication documents and testimony from Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, which is their words from their tweet. I need mean, just a question. I don't, uh, I'm not sure what theory of oversight they're, they're using, but you know, that's again, a duly, I'm not talking about oversight. I'm not talking about power. oversight. I'm talking about the accus- accusation the that has been made of weaponization of the government, and this is clearly what they're doing. It's all projection, always with with Jim Jordan and James Comer. But I'm I'm saying I'm saying that they're doing what they're always accusing the left of doing. Um, they're doing that exact thing. It's not oversight. They don't have oversight over Alan Bragg. They have oversight over the federal government. Uh, I would, I would uh, well, I mean, okay. because you know no, no, here you no. have a political candidate who is potentially the next president who is being. Uh, taken apart by, you know, what is clearly to a lot of people uh, a, a, a politically motivated attack on him, right? Uh, a way to, 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 to mire him in all kinds of legal bullshit. Uh, I mean, it is in their interest to defend what is, you know, who is going to be like the forerunner for the uh, Republicans. So I don't, I don't think it's uh, beyond well, their well, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. So what you're saying is, is, as long as long as there's a roundabout way for people in power in the House of Representatives, uh, in this particular instance, the House Judiciary Committee, the chairman, Jim Jordan, um, you're saying as long as there's just a slight interest in it, then it's not weaponization. Is that what you're saying? Because I, I, so I, mean, I just got uh, just uh, uh, less than 10, less than 10 minutes ago, John Cooper tweeted the following Trump is now expected to be indicted tomorrow, and the Secret Service will make plans for his surrender John and appearance Cooper? in Manhattan. Who's John Cooper? John Cooper, the that John Cooper, like act blue guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, no, that's yeah, yeah, John okay, Cooper, seriously. national He's... Uh, national finance chair. Like that, that yeah, is that's a rumor, just like anything else. Person. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, uh, I wouldn't like attribute anything to any media okay. outlet at this point. Everybody's got different sources. Uh, it's actually the Daily Mail is who he's quoting. The Daily Mail is who he's quoting. I'm yeah, he's quoting Daily it. Mail. Yeah, so like you know, if, if the if the place. chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, whether Republican or Democrat, legitimately thought that there was malfeasance happening in some state prosecutor's office, and that malfeasance had some like wider bearings, such that it was politically warranted and you know substantively warranted to exert some sort of limited oversight. I mean, in theory, they can subpoena, they can send a voluntary request for information to Bragg and they can eventually subpoena him. They have to come up with a certain theory as to how 
that's within their purview, but it's you know, it's not it's within the bounds of plausibility. I don't think that should be precluded as a potentially legitimate exercise of power by the legislative branch. Um, and it wouldn't automatically mean weaponization. It, it really comes down to whether Let's, there's actually let, something substantive. I want to move. I want to pivot the conversation, guys. I, I think let's just wait for for the indictment to come in. Let's just see. Wait for the charges. What interests me more, if the co-hosts don't mind, is what happened yesterday. And I've been just been dying to kick that off. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna go to that story. Anyone in the audience that missed yesterday's space, and we're gonna break it down for you. It was a four-hour segment in yesterday's ten-hour space. Just to kind of recap, we had. Rudy Giuliani come in for a bit just to talk about Trump's indictment, possible indictment. And then we had um, – some of you might know Lev Parnas. Lev came in unexpected, and we didn't even know who he was until we you know, looked up his name. We're like, holy shit. And then it became a four-hour – didn't know who he was. Yeah, me – so when I say we, I mean me, Nick, and Slayman. We didn't know who, who he was until we – Speak for yourself, Mario. Oh, shit. You knew who Lev was when he first came in? <laughs> Nick, you knew who he was? Oh, no, I'm just not going to admit I didn't. Oh, okay, okay. He was one of the supporting um, characters that Matt... We know who he was now, my friend. Yeah, we know who he was. <laughs> we spent four hours with him yesterday, four and a half hours. And we're going to do another space with him. Um, and uh, he came in with, with uh, you know, he, he's already got a lot of allegations, and I'll get I'll get Slyman to cover it. He's been preparing to summarize it for the audience. And I'd want to really dig into those allegations, because even I know a lot of us disagree and uh, what we believe, what we don't believe. Even the co-hosts are on different sides of that argument. But maybe, Slyman, you can kick it off. What did we learn in yesterday's segment? Who is Lev? Um, yeah, cost. I mean, I'm what's already in the it. media, and what are the new things that we have? Just a quick summary would be great. And what are the main, the, the most major revelations in your opinion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can summarize it, or maybe because I've already summarized it once already. Maybe Ed can summarize, it and we'll get a different perspective on the same. Yeah, I, I could give a summary. All right, Mario. So, yeah, sure. So, sure. I mean, he talked. So, so Parnas talked a lot about. You know, Burisma and Shokin, Victor Shokin, the prosecutor general who was uh, fired. A lot of people said it was Joe Biden that did that because Burisma was being investigated by Shokin. Uh, Parnas said that he actually has videotape proving that Shokin wasn't investigating Burisma at the time, or he has video showing Shokin cl- saying that he was not actually investigating Burisma at the time. Um, he went on a lot about Burisma on that that whole segment, but I, I think the most interesting thing was about Hunter Biden's laptop. At least that was the most, uh, you know, it opened us more eyes than I think everything else he had to say. Hey, uh, Ed, wasn't Parnas just in prison? Or is he out? Yeah, he, no, he's actually still in home confinement. So he's, yeah, Mike, he's in should, Twitter space as he was locked Yeah, he got four months in prison and now 16 months uh, in house arrest because they, they basically let, let him out, but not really let him out. He's still technically in prison. Yeah, so, so, so when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop, he claims he worked for Rudy Giuliani between t- 2017 and 2019. Through, right? That is just, there's evidence of that. There's no, there's no denying that. Yeah, yeah. He, well, that's he consistent with what he said when he first emerged through the, the Ukraine impeachment stuff. Yeah, so I mean, he was a witness and he provided evidence for that, for the impeachment. But between 2017 and 2019, he says he worked for Trump, uh, worked for Giuliani. He, he did jobs for Giuliani and Trump. Trump wanted him to dig up dirt in Hunter Biden. He was in, he was looking for dirt for six months, at least six months. Uh, basically, his allegations were, or his what he alleged was that him, Rudy Giuliani, and one of Rudy Giuliani's friends, 
who was, quote unquote, a Russian asset who Giuliani had known for 15 years, met for dinner at, I forget, Capriati's or Cipriati's. What does that mean, quote unquote, a Russian asset? Could you elaborate? I mean, that's what Parnas called him. Parnas said he was a Russian asset. Uh, so he would he wouldn't name who it is. He said he, he authorities know it know who the guy is. Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I don't think so. So he claims that he was having dinner, and this Russian asset let Giuliani and himself know that there is a laptop. This was in June of 2019, about 18 months or so prior to that laptop being presented by Giuliani to the New York Post. They found out that a laptop existed. And they were told that the FSB, uh, Russian intelligence, along with the founder of Burisma, invited Hunter Biden out to Kazakhstan, where they provided him with drugs, provided him with prostitutes, and stole his laptop. So, I mean, apparently, according to Parnas, that's where the whole laptop story began and but they Giuliani and Parnas didn't have the laptop and Parnas claims that Trump wanted both him and Giuliani to find the laptop they spent a lot of time trying to track it down eventually they decide to go to Vienna to find the laptop perhaps get the laptop they were going to Vienna for the laptop and that's when Parnas was arrested Giuliani was not on the flight. He was taking a separate flight, or he, I believe he can't. He, Parnas said he canceled his flight there with Parnas. So I don't know if, if Giuliani got word that Parnas was going to be arrested or if it was something else. But Giuliani did because uh, the Atlantic did an article about Giuliani going to Vienna at, at the yeah, same so time. It, that, yeah, at the uh, same time that Parnas was arrested. Here, go ahead, Nick. We got to get like a quick summary in here because uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're so, have a lot of so basically, about it, so. basically, that that summarizes it up. Uh, he got arrested before you go, go to Vienna. It appears as though Giuliani did go to Vienna, according to the Atlantic, who did an article in October of 2019. That's when they, when he was also when Parnas was arrested. So Ed, yeah, that's not right. not in that's relation right. and then to in, the in, laptop. Ed, Ed, yeah, Ed's right. And then in addition to that, what I found even more um, interesting was he said that um, Giuliani plus Trump basically sent him a postcard and also sent the message through lawyers to state that basically... Manif- yeah, when he was yeah, in jail, yeah, when he, yeah, in jail, right. he got the postcard. Yeah, they said, they said Manif- and then John Dowd, yeah. who was Trump's attorney, yeah, yeah. John Dowd, Trump's attorney, showed up, I believe it was the following day after he got this postcard that was postmarked from the White House and tried to and told, told him to Definitely. keep his mouth yeah, shut. A man of... That's the best thing to do. And also Paul Manafort's attorney, um, what was his name? Downing, Kevin Downing, I believe, was also there. That day, Parnas fired Dowd, and then the rest is And then the final thing was... And then the final thing was just that, because uh, I asked him about a presidential pardon, and he said that he was offered a presidential pardon, but it was after he'd already turned. So there was that extra in- interesting piece of information. Now, on the other side, uh, Rudy Giuliani's associate was on on the uh, on the panel as well and she just tried to minimize his role so that was i think the objective that she was attempting to do go for it didn't do that good of a job jim yeah jim i know you listened to the story a little bit yesterday and hopefully you'll just listen to ed's explanation of it 
Uh, give us your thoughts on what you heard yesterday. I'd, I'd love to hear how it differs from Ed's uh, perception of it. You, you met me, right? Yes, sir. Listen, I, I've, I don't know Giuliani well, but I've been acquainted with him from time to, or at least run by him from time to time. I've I've listened to the guy many times. You know, this is a former U.S. attorney of uh, one of the the handful of most significant, maybe the most significant uh, U.S. attorney post anywhere in the country, the Southern District of New York. He had a an excellent record there. He knows the law well. He was very, very successful in doing that. Rudy Giuliani knows that he cannot do anything like that and play those kinds of games. I mean, he was actually pursuing people like that. I, th- I find it incredibly absurd that Parnas would, would make that particular allegation. Now, I, I, uh, some of the other stuff, you know, we, we can wrang- wrangle around on it. I still felt that his story was not entirely consistent. It might be like 50-50 true, some of the things that he said. But the specific... But Jim, but Jim, but Jim, I wanna, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me, let me do it. Let me, Jim, 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 let me, let me just, it's, uh, I want to I wanna get to specifics when he said 50-50 true. Let's get into really specifics. Uh, let, I want to play around with this, put you yeah, on the spot. For example, you put it, I'll, I'll give you an example, and I want to put you on the spot a bit. Um, you, you, said a, you said something in our group uh, about someone was calling him, so, so someone was giving him information on what to say. But like making well, I those do assumptions. Get the laptop thing, but yeah, yeah, but right. I I didn't get. I I I popped off at about eleven thirty last night. Went a couple hours after, so I didn't hear it until I listened to it today. That the end of yesterday's conversation. There is no doubt that, and I believe he has handlers. There's no doubt that his handlers were who were monitoring what was going on were calling him. He wasn't answering questions. Oh, hold on a minute. You know, after we went two hours of him or more of him talking, suddenly, oh, hold on a minute, and you know, he he couldn't respond. Listen, there's no so doubt. Let's, that, let's, that okay, let's, so let's okay, let's Jim, Jim, let's do this. Let's do this. When you say there's no doubt, how isn't there doubt? How can't there be someone else I have calling? Some doubt. How? No, no, no. There's no doubt how in can my there... mind. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so because but for, can't it be? Because can't it be? Can't it be? I'm just gonna say one, one more just slam and then I'll give you the mic. Can't it just be people? Well, like my initial assumption, first you came to me, I'm like, people are trying to silence him. They're calling him. So when I, when someone's speaking on a space and I don't stop speaking, I'll start calling him because someone's giving him information. They'll be either sitting next to them, next to him, or they'll be on another phone. But what someone was doing was constantly calling his own phone. So he'd be speaking and cuts out. He'd be speaking cuts out so someone's trying to get him to stop speaking that was my guess and that's a fair guess in my opinion no what do you think jim probably his attorney probably yeah, his attorney sorry i wasn't yeah. i didn't i couldn't get sorry i couldn't get unmuted there is I'm it is your hand jim you hold on you're talking you are you talking to your handler right now Come on, man! You can't do exactly what the, what, what oh, Lev was doing, Jim. Okay, so I was helping my dog get up on the couch. I apologize. So I'm joking. I'm joking. But I'm listen, joking. Um, okay. the the uh, sure. The, um, the, the reality is that he was. Uh, I, I lost my train of thought. I'm trying to get it back here. Um, 
Sorry, Jim. Um, I was just saying about the. Um, so you, you were you were commenting on the laptop, and I interrupted you just to bring up the one of the points you made, which is a bit irrelevant. But I'll, I'll let you get back to the laptop. I think it's more important, Jim. So go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I think it's relevant. It's relevant. I have a couple of questions on that, Jim. Oh. When 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 I um so when I mean we spent a lot of time interviewing him. Initially, when I came, you can just listen to the interview back. I was very I'd say not aggressive, I did. but very potent in trying to ask him as many questions as possible to break down and find flaws in his story. Sure. We, the a bit that you're referring to is after, and I just want to ask: Is it after that other girl came, the uh, Rudy Giuliani's associate? Yeah, it was during that time yeah. period. And yeah, was, yeah. So, it, so, so you're talking about a bit where what happened was you had a scenario where we questioned him for hours and hours and hours, and he answered in detail, detail, detail. Then that woman came, the associate, and she was basically unwilling to provide details. She was there. Conspiracy theorist? Are you talking about chaos? Whatever her name is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Millie, Millie. He's talking no, about no, Millie. No, 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 I'm talking about chaos. Yeah, chaos. No, I am just, talking, about chaos. Chaos. I'm talking about chaos. She was just like throwing darts at a wall and hoping... Ian, yeah, Ian yeah. was so pissed off at yeah, me yeah, for yeah, 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 Because I like, couldn't was... come up as a speaker, right? But, you guys couldn't see me. I wanted to say, guys, why are we humoring this? Why don't we just yeah, shut no, it down why, right now? Because yeah, I mean, why was interesting was... It's just slandering him. No, no, why was interesting was because even though she was doing that... <laughs> he, it, well, the result of that was we were getting more information so we found out stories about Spain we found out stories about Bahrain so there was some journalistic reasons for why we allowed that to continue on but anyway coming back to the point in terms of that point what happened was when she was doing that you could tell he was just getting frustrated because he again was pr- providing details and she was just like yeah but what about this who's the FBI agent and, and she was so, so the point was he just had enough and then he was unwilling to answer anything she was saying so at, at that point I understood like he just wasn't willing to engage at that point at all until she did. So, again, I think you're looking at things specifically after a specific interaction happened. If he was doing it beforehand, I'd say, yeah, fine, he did seem dodgy. But the problem was what? he wasn't. He was ask, answering in detail. But anyway, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so, uh, listen, I listened to everything else, and I still find a lot of logical inconsistencies. We can talk about that, but let me make this point. Uh, by that, I don't, I don't, I'm not chaos. I don't know what her veracity is either. So I'm not trying to defend her or say that she was going down the right path. That's not my point at all. But at that time, there were very serious questions that she was asking him and he was not answering them. I felt that that lacked a problem. Like overall, I felt like the questions were stupid. They didn't, they were like what, Jim? And they were not founded on anything that had any sort of merit, right? It was just like random questions. What's this FBI agent? Can you prove that you're, you know, close to Giuliani? And he says yes. And she's like, what do you mean yes? You know, it's like, uh, (laughs) you just asked the question, lady. What do you want? Jim, yeah, listen, I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, Jim, we want the other side, but, but again, Jim, Jim. One second. We want the other side because maybe, maybe, maybe he did a dupe us all. So we want your side. But the thing is, again, you need to be precise now. So give us an example specifically of where she asked him a question and it was cogent and he did not provide a logical response. Well, for, for the the specific instance that I'm talking about, uh, she was trying to pin him down on the uh, timeline with uh, the meetings in Spain and all the stuff surrounding that and the scheduling of the July flight. And, you know, I, I just feel like he was trying to, you know, stay, stay away from those answers. But earlier on, 
Not the um, house Egypt. You know, he provided. I don't. I don't even understand. I didn't understand the nature of her question. She was asking about Spain, and I was like, I was no, no. She explained myself. it. She explained it, Ian. She said the reason I'm asking this question is because allegedly there's an FBI agent that you're not named. Yeah, but he wouldn't reveal who this person yeah, was. Yeah, he wouldn't reveal who, he was. who the source she initially was. Said and she's it was like, I'm a journalist. I can't reveal she, my she, sources. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Lady, you're not a journalist. You're making a no, no, crazy allegation reveal. here. No, but Ian, uh, even then, even then, you can't even cite. Yeah, even then, no, but. We respect the journalist can't reveal the sources, but that's not what happened. She revealed everything about him except his name. She revealed exactly, yeah, yeah. which which tells me, right, in yeah. my mind, it tells me that she just made this person up. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not sure if it's made up because afterwards, when she mentioned the guy's name, he said that person. Yeah, that person was there, but I didn't know he's an ex FBI agent. But whatever that name is, if that's the same person, he was there at the flight. He explained exactly what happened in Spain. He ex- went. Ex- he yeah, sent, he, he actually provided he sent, good answers, and she yeah, was yeah. just you know flying me, off whatever. He sent us. She, he yeah. sent us. He sent me, Mario, and Nick a message showing the booking of the. You know, when the when the conversation was about the flights, we read the message. Uh, Mario read the message out. It was actually her story that was inconsistent. His was actually consistent now. So uh, specifically, again, Jim, you need to be a bit more specific because you just said none of it made sense. Specifically, what bit in the story did not make sense from his perspective? Well, I did say specifically, and by the way, I'm not here to defend chaos. I have no intention of defending chaos. I don't know everything about her. But back to the laptop theory, because this was the, the biggest thing in my mind of everything that he no, said. One, one second before we get there, the so act- specifically about the Spain thing. No, one, one second, Jim. So specifically about the Spain thing, which bit was, in, which bit was inconsistent? The, the which thing? Specifically, specifically about which you- thing? About the Spain, about the trip to Spain, which specific issue did he say happened? And you're saying, guess what? You've either contradicted yourself. No, 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 no. The point I'm making about the Spain thing is that he wasn't directly answering those questions at one stage late, late in that part of the interview where he was going off to the side and supposedly not able to respond. And I think that he was unwilling to respond because she was pinning some things down. Now, whether they were accurate or not, I don't know. Jim, and I'm Jim. not here to defend chaos. Jim, what is the ultimate significance just, of this supposed to be? I'm not sure I follow. Michael, the Jim, problem is you haven't was, listened to the audio, so you're... you're, you're I know, I, I have yeah. I'm, I'm trying Jim, to Jim, she was basically making allegations that had no substance, and he was tired. And he basically said, I'm just not answering any more of this. There's nothing specific here. And everyone in the room, and I don't, you know, people know I don't usually agree with Ian, but he's absolutely right. It literally was, you know, we, they kept trying to sort of say, what, who are you talking about? What are you talking about? And she refused to say anything. And she would just keep pivoting, pivoting, pivoting to different topics that seemed to have no relevance. And he was just pissed. And I don't blame him because honestly, it was, it was quite a long time of stuff where she literally would not say anything. Or just to say, well, what do you think about that? Or it, it really wasn't even then, even then, Tira, I, I felt like he provided more information than anyone else. I disagree with that, Solomon. I think it was completely a waste of his time. It was a waste of everybody's no, no, it was a waste time. 45 of time. minutes of random questioning. And, no, no. yeah, he's willing to, to answer because he's willing to humor, you know, the, the, the yeah, line yeah. of questioning. No, but no, it but, got to a point but, where but, it was tiring. It was just like random No, no, questions. I agree with that. I agree with that. No, Ian, yeah. I meant why it was important was he provided us with a lot of interactions that happened in Spain, how the politics, how they wanted to change the regime. I think that was significantly important. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that part, no yeah. doubt, yeah. That, yeah. But you know what? Anyone else could have asked well, these questions. You know, like, we did... We did well, luckily... Can, can I get clarity on... Luckily, we have Tori back up on the stage. So, Tori, if you've been listening, go ahead and jump in with your, uh, your answers yeah, to these so, accusations. Yeah, so hey, hey, guys, hey, hold yeah, on a minute, fantastic. please. Come on. I, I've been pinned into something, and i got to clarify. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, no, okay, that's 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 probably fine. Yeah, Jim, yeah, you go ahead and jump in, Jim, first, and we'll get to uh, get to okay, chaos so story just, afterwards. I want to set something here. I agree with Ian and Tira, okay? <laughs> that's not my point. I'm just saying that at the end, he started bugging out, and I did not, I don't care how tired he was, I feel that that wasn't necessary, but that's not my main point. My main concern, or one, one of a few main concerns, but this is the biggest one, that I had with this testimony is this entire story about drugging Hunter Biden to get his laptop. I think it's absolute bullcrap. I think he's but totally telling he a lie. There's no, and Ed, my Ed, point Ed, is that Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, Joe, let me finish, please. Let me get my point out. Like this, this whole part of me being here, I'm not able to get my point out. So let me do it because we got caught off on chaos and I don't care about chaos. I think she was weird too. Okay. I'm agreeing with Ian and Tira. The whole story about drugging Hunter Biden to get his laptop is bullcrap. Rudy Giuliani, I don't care what you think about him. Hey, hey guys, guy's I'm not... sorry. I don't want to. Lev Parnas is here right <laughs> now, by the way. Lev Parnas is here. Yeah, but we know. I, I chatted to him in the background. I said to him, I don't want to bring him up okay, today. Sorry for interrupting. No, all good, all good. Sorry, no, right. he's, we're messaging the like, background. Why, why is any of this significant? Like, if somebody is just coming at this from uh, with a blank slate why is, should anyone care about this I'm, I'm not really following i have to say yeah and i i wouldn't care about anything i'm saying either because i can't even follow and say what i want to say <laughs> so no one's listening uh, michael to me yet it, it implicates everyone both got caught up on chaos and i'm not concerned about chaos in what? i agree she went at him in ways... him in what? say again it implicates both sides of the aisle in what exactly well, there was there was various things. I don't recall all of them. I, I don't believe Lev ever said that the laptop was was then stolen or they were setting up to steal. They said they the Russian agents and there is one Russian agent that um, works with Giuliani um, and uh, who he doesn't name. Sorry, who he doesn't name. Right? He did not name him though. I mean, okay, look, I, the reason why. Like Stormy Daniels, when I hear the name Lev Parnas, my eyes roll in the back of my head, is because when he first emerged during the first Trump impeachment in 2000, late 2019, early 2020, he presented this whole sort of tangled web of what seemed like very salacious allegations, and Rachel Maddow was smitten by it, and she did a whole special show on it that was supposedly going to be this big bombshell. And none of it, like, amounted to anything. It was just this sort of melange of weird sort of stuff that just didn't really again sort of amount to much that was tangible so i like, wouldn't be surprised i mean i don't know i mean i'm speculating because i didn't hear the thing right but like i'm sure he's good at spinning a tail and if there's not much specificity and not a hard, lot of hard fact behind what he's alleging and like you can't even distill what the essence of it was so like somebody who's not privy to the discussion last night would understand it then I, I got to say I'm a bit sort of skeptical about the, my, the, the basic sort of value. My, of what Michael, what I found it to be, said. and I think some others would agree with me. Job, before, before giving me the mic, I just want to read a piece that came out of a, on ABC based on the Trump indictment story we were covering earlier. It just came out less than 10 minutes ago. No, a bit more than 10 minutes ago. So according to sources, special counsel, I'm just going to read it out. Special counsel claims Trump deliberately misled his attorneys about classified documents. The judge wrote, oh, that's regarding the, I'm guessing it's Mar-a-Lago documents. The judge, judge said there could be indications of criminal violations per sources. Um, so prosecutors in the special counsel's office have presented compelling preliminary evidence that former president, that Trump knowingly and deliberately misled, misled his own attorneys about his retention of classified materials after leaving office. 
uh, that's according to a former top federal judge who wrote it on Friday in a sealed filing, and that's according to sources who described its contents to ABC News. Judge, uh, U.S. Judge uh, Barry Howell, who on Friday, sorry, go ahead. So, so Barry no, Howell, who on Friday stepped down as a DC, who on Friday stepped down as a DC District Court's chief judge, wrote last week that prosecutors and special counsel Jack Smith's office had made a quote prima facie showing that the former president had committed criminal violations, according to the sources, and that attorney-client privileges invoked by two of his invoked by two of his lawyers could therefore be, be pierced. Trump has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing in his handling of classified documents. Interesting timing. So that case, unrelated so, to the New York so Donald uh, Trump, indictment. Beware of leaks from a special counsel's office. Donald? Jim? Mishandle classified Maybe the, the dog is on the couch already. again. Let's give him time. His dog's is either his dog or his handler. His dog again, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I no. It, it, for whatever reason, it's it's muting me automatically, and I don't know why. It's done it a couple times. Listen, Donald. Your Trump dog is, is muting you automatically. That's no, really the no spaces is Donald Trump in no shape, form, or fashion mishandled classified documents. Period. The president's the the reason that Have you seen all the evidence? classified. How, do you, How do you know? Yeah, I know because, well, because he has classification authority. Hey guys, That's do you why. want me to be in on this or not? I'm glad to say if anyone will let me say a damn thing. Can I say anything? Go Donald ahead, Jim. Trump does no president mishandles classified documents. The classification of documents for presidents in presidential administrations are for two reasons. One, to hide sources and methods. And two are done at the behest and the order of the president. There is no reason at all that a president mishandles classified documents. Every, it's already been well established that every president has classified documents that they take with them, sometimes possibly on accident, sometimes because they can do that. Like the, the president has the only, the only and final authority for classification or declassification of documents. There are structures in place about how you declassify, and that's all out there in presidential uh, orders. But the the president is the final and prime authority on classifying or declassifying documents. No other government employee may do it except under certain guidelines. The president can do it at will and unilaterally no matter what the document is. There is no crime related to classified documents, except if you want to go back and charge Bill Clinton and George Bush and Barack Obama and now Joe Biden. If, if you want to go ahead and go after them, then that's fine. If you're going to start that precedent with Donald Trump, then you might as well do it for every previous president that's still living right now, because they've all done it. That is an absolute farce. Well, yeah. I mean, I tend to, I actually tend to agree with the thrust of what you're saying, at least on constitutional grounds, as I understand it. Like, yeah, the ultimate arbiter of what is classified is what is and what is not is the president. That's a power that resides exclusively with him. So I remember people would article one power, yeah. Trump or scoff when he said article that two. when he said that he could just think a thought and then that would be sufficient to declassify a document. Well, he's right. I mean, any structures, quote unquote, that do exist pursuant to declassifying documents 
only existed his pleasure. I mean, then there's no, there's no constitutionally delineated process for classifying or declassifying documents. Those all flow from his power as president. So I mean, I, I do tend to agree, but at the same time, I mean, you can't. I, I don't think it's it's uh, wise necessarily to say flatly that there's no crime if you haven't evaluated the evidence, because I mean, they're sort of in how they even frame this leak, which is why I think uh, these leaks should kind of be basically disregarded. But they say well, well, that they just said that a that had that there's prima facie showing that the former president had committed criminal violations. It doesn't say which ones. And once you give such a uh, once you give a broad remit to a special counsel's office, then they could find all kinds of crimes that are not necessarily related to the initial impetus for the formation of the um, prosecutorial uh, it's article two. All yeah, article two. I, I mean, I, I just want to, I just want to say that a judge is president. saying a, ju- yeah. a retired judge is not on the case. Well, he was on the case. He just retired Friday. It was it was sealed and it was just unsealed. He was so he was on the case. The court. And he's not commenting after retirement on an existing prosecution. No, he's it was a sealed. It was a sealed opinion. document that was unsealed. Well, the judge is just relaying what he's saying that down the prosecutor showed prima facie. Michael, let's just discuss one thing you said. If it was done in his head, it wasn't done. Okay, you have to have some something <laughs> showing that you did something. More no, you don't. Says who? Says what? No, no, no. You can't That's just in your head say, "Oh, I'm declassifying," but I'm not. I'm not saying it out loud. That I think sort of is really a Based little on, like, ridiculous. Based on your sense of propriety, I'm or is saying, there actually some sort of now, legal What I'm saying there. is you don't need to go through a formalized process in many sense, but a lot of this is, would come down to whether he did it at all, right? And there's no evidence that he told people, except there's, I think, Kosh Patel said he did. He doesn't have to. He could think a thought. No, I mean, no, he no, doesn't no, need no. to. He cannot think a thought, sir. That is ridiculous, okay? Well, but how do you figure? To, if you came to proof, he can't do it retroactively either. So he would have to show that he had declassified them. Now, if he told Why is someone, the internet- if he put a little mar- a sharpie pen saying declassified, but there's no requirement that he memorialize it with a sharpie no. pen. There's no requirement there that he do is, anything. There is a requirement that it get out of his head. That's like saying he dreams. Where is that requirement codified? I'm just saying, as a matter of practicality and basically of common sense. They're literally, what you're suggesting is crazy. I'm sense. sorry. They're, okay. No, what you're saying yeah. doesn't make hey, any wet. sense. And it's exactly... All right, who's got the background out. noise here? Who's it, got the baby in the it's, background? Yeah, it's ex- that maybe the dog is playing with the baby, Jim. We have to... Okay. Um, listen, as a matter of... Yes, I can't even it. tell you what it would be like to come into court and say... I, I declassified something I in my head. It's a laugh. It's a hot. Ed, you gotta yeah, mute your mic. Your mic is hot, Mike. Or, or Ed. Ed, you got kissed there. Just... Why do you need to mute it? I mean, you're a co-host. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine coming into court and wielding the powers work. of the presidency where I could just, like, drone bomb anybody that I want anywhere in the world. You have awesome powers as president. That's just sort of intrinsic to the job, for better or worse. Michael, I well, really Obama, Obama, feel like Obama think about what you're saying, okay? every one of his documents in Chicago. Obama like ordered me. the military to take all of his documents November 6th, right? When he was the year that he was leaving office, 20 was 2019. You can look it up. There's CNN CNN article still there. He's got every one of his documents shipped out by the military, placed in his quote unquote library in Chicago. He has a National Archives office quote unquote that is screening FOIA requests, but those FOIA requests have to go straight to to Obama's uh, you know, charity, his foundation. It's a farce. Uh, Trump doesn't have to do anything to declassify it any more than Obama declassified the documents formally before he had them shipped to Chicago. 
I don't make this point because I, I have some brief for Trump. I mean, that's so far from the point. It's not Obama even funny. The point, the point is the that National this insistence on some sort of like formalized process or that like trying to apply some sort of like non-existent standard to necessitate certain activity to declassify material, it plays into the, like this wider overclassification regimen that results in like absurdity piled on top of absurdity. I mean, I think that's really the root of this. Look, I agree that we overclassify and we need to do something about it because it's clear and we don't have a handle on these things. That's clear. Okay, Doc, Obama had an agreement with the National Archives. You might disagree with the scope. You might say it was wrong. It was a farce, whatever. But he had this agreement that the National Archives was overseeing things, which was a proper way to move forward. It's very Sarah, different. He didn't from need Trump. an agreement. He didn't need an agreement. His power is vested in the Constitution. Then no one in the true. Constitution under the Presidential Records power, Act, except if you have the a black presidential Sir, under the Presidential Records Act, a president is not allowed to take presidential documents. A president is only allowed to take personal documents. The act documents. does not supersede now, the Constitution. But that, but personal well, Hold on. Doc- you, could, you, you, could, you could commit a violation of the Presidential Records Act re- retention requirements, but not be guilty of... That's correct. Uh, I mean, what uh, I'm trying uh, to uh, say is under the presidential... Re- forget classified, declassified. Under the Presidential Records Act, the president cannot remove presidential records and keep them okay the president can remove personal records now there is an issue here about how you determine what's presidential versus personal who makes that determination i get that but the president is not just allowed to take quote presidential documents which are in the ordinary course of business or document he can't just take classified documents and say they're mine he can't do that okay they're not personal well, records. i mean not not to resurrect this issue but hillary clinton was in breach, technically speaking, of the Federal Records Act with her email server, and well, that, the, the, that the she was allowed to was, get to do that because it wasn't seen as rising to the level of warranting a criminal prosecution, which I think is you know because they looked reasonable it enough. I mean, you have because to, they looked at discretion here. Right. Well, what was her? I mean, so Hillary Clinton had totally benign intent. intent and Trump has totally nefarious intent. That's what it comes down to. I'm just not kind of making like any claims about Donald Trump. I'm just saying that under the Presidential Records Act, you can't, I mean, you've heard what I've said. I'm not making claims about, I'm not discussing Hillary Clinton, and I'm not making claims about whether Trump is guilty or not. What I'm saying is he can't just take presidential records, classified or no. It has nothing to do with classification. It's the records themselves. He is not allowed to retain them. They are owed, They are basically owned by the government. Okay. But, but you have Tita, to give some Tita, sort of legal Tita, theory as to why he would Tita, not be allowed Tita, to do that as Tita, per the Tita, powers vested are you saying that basically, One second, Michael. Uh, are you saying that you can't take them, but then you said that you need to have the intent as well? So in reality, what you're saying... No, no, no. I was talking about Hillary Clinton who didn't take... No, no, no. no that's that's fine. That's fine. I understood that. But what I'm saying okay. is the, the, what, the, what your point was is, and just to use the point that you said about that onto Trump, what you're saying is that you can't take documents with intent. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Not ex- well, if he knew that he was taking documents he was not entitled to, classified or no, and re- now there is leeway here. He's an ex-president, okay? People make mistakes. If he refused to send them back, if he told people he'd searched and he hadn't, if they're commingled in his desk with personal documents like his passport, which they are, means he's looking at these things, then you have a case, is what I'm saying, because intent is proven by the actions, right? But if, if Trump had the conscious intent, right, that... Whereupon I, Donald Trump, take a document and bring it out of the Oval Office and insert it into my private, um, uh, you know, receptacle or something. 
that thereby constitutes declassification of the document. Obviously, he wouldn't word it in that kind of legalese type of way. But if that was like the, the basic gist of what his thought process was, then he would have had an intent that did bring about a declassification of the document. I mean, it's it's incredibly vague for a reason because it's not actually delineated anywhere that you could sort of pin down in terms of the constitutional powers yeah, vested in him. Um, Taylor, that's a good point by Michael. What, what's your thought? But, but, no, but look, it, take away classified, non-classified. There are several. That was statutes. supposedly the whole impetus for this special. No, no, council, no, 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 not not at all. You're wrong. There are several okay, statutes. Okay, you, you probably know better than I. I haven't is, followed it that closely. Okay, there are several statutes implicated. One, I mean, oh God, I'd have to go back and read these things, which I haven't done for a while. But you know, there are several statutes implicated. One is taking documents, classified or no, with intent to use them, retain them, etc. Right. So intent is important here. Now, as I said, you give a lot of leeway to people, as you should, because as we've seen. These these things are God. Every everything's classified. They're all over the place. Everybody has them. I mean, I'm not impressed, right? None of us are impressed with how things are handled. But there's a point at which potentially, if he planned to use them, for example, right? If he planned to give them to other people, you know, there are things that you can do that are wrong. I don't know what the facts are going to show here. I wait, really but don't. wait. So 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 you're saying that there's none of the statutes. He is in jeopardy of having been, having violated. Have to do with improper maintenance or handling of classified material. I mean, my recollection is, and if memory serves, because I haven't really heard much at all about this, at least as pertains specifically to Donald Trump since like last summer. So I would have to refresh my memory. But I remember there was a search warrant uh, affidavit that 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 came out that showed that among the charge among the um, among the the statutes cited that uh, authorized the the uh, quote unquote raid or the search on, on Mar-a-Lago was the Espionage Act, um, which is a giant red flag anyway because it's one of the most sort of irrationally unrestrained uh, punitive powers that the, that the federal government can wield to suppress who basically whoever we'd like to suppress. On um, you know political or other grounds, and for it the whatever Trump has said is thought to be guilty of to be sort of glommed onto that particular statute, I think you know colors my perception of the legitimacy or not of this whole well, thing. Well, and, and and just consider this. Look look at what we're going through right now. We have two uh, uh, two of the things that are coming up legally right now <clears throat> that are being challenged with Donald Trump is this case that we we're talking about this week and then what mario just read about classified documents now if we want to go down this path in this country then we have totally destroyed our ability to have a republic because first of all a president has unilateral authority to declassify anything article 2 section 1 the executive power shall be vested in a president of the united states of america Period. All executive power. That means everything pertaining to the office of president, from the president, him or herself, all the way down to the weeniest little bureaucrat. He is the one who has all authority over that. Now, we we are in a post-constitutional era. If you're going to use an espionage act against the president, much less, as Michael says, and I totally agree with you, Michael, and I appreciate you bringing it up, like the any espionage anything 
that we do. It, it really goes way overboard because we. That's how Woodrow Wilson people. basically suppressed yeah. opponents of World War One. I. I mean, Eugene Debs ran for president while in prison under the Espionage Act. Yeah, and you know he was a communist or whatever, but he had right as an American citizen to do what he was doing. It's absolutely crazy. So if you're going to do it against a president that has executive power vested, like like let's think of the words here. No, so when it comes to Donald Trump, that that should be just thrown off the table. There's nothing for, and if we're going to do it for him, we have like I said, we got to do it for everyone else too. But now we've got this other case. Oh, go ahead. Go and ahead. one go of the ahead. ironies, Jim, is that de- declassifying material actually erodes the unilateral power of the president because it means it's no longer in his unique purview to possess or view, right? I mean, he's or, making or, or it or available for public viewing and he's relinquishing his exclusive domain over the document. So if anything, yeah. it's like, a, 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 you, know, a, 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 you know, taking away some of his sole power rather than heightening his soul power. Well, and I hate to use this word, but what that does is it sets up a permanent deep state that bypasses any authority of the president. Now, I don't mean that in in entirely the sense of the way we've been using it recently, but, but let's be very clear. If bureaucrats, if employees of the federal government have any authority over the president to determine these things in these matters, then you don't even have a president. And that's one of the big arguments of our time right now. Well, and two yeah, things, like you, two you can't elect like the I national get... archivist, you know. But Jim, quick, one more thing that comes to mind because this is sort of to me almost on par, or maybe even exceeds in egregiousness the potential ramifications of the Espionage Act um, episode. Remember when so, the can, January Sixth Committee some... issued what they called a criminal referral once they concluded their business at the end of the last legislative yeah. session, which yeah. like they don't even have the power and or they didn't even like claim the authority to issue any kind of bona fide criminal referral. I mean, it would be the same if I wrote a criminal referral in crayon and sent it to Maine justice in Washington, DC, that would have the same force. But anyway, they claimed that what they were referring for prosecution was that Trump committed the crime, the criminal offense of incitement to his insurrection, which was Trump was impeached for in 2021 in the second impeachment, but obviously was not criminally charged with. They then, um, grafted a criminal charge onto what was charged as like a you know effectively a political crime through the impeachment process. That to me would be a bellwether in terms of crippling a the kind of foundational tenets of case law that preserve um, you know First Amendment free expression and so forth. But you know it never even entered into the thoughts of like Jamie Raskin and these other people who were so kind of drunk on the main justice in Washington, D.C., that would have the same force. But anyway, they claimed that what they were referring for prosecution was that Trump committed the crime, the criminal offense of incitement to his insurrection, which was Trump was impeached for in 2021 in the second impeachment, but obviously was not criminally charged with. They then um, grafted a criminal charge onto what was charged as like a, you know, effectively a political crime through the impeachment process. That to me would be a bellwether in terms of crippling a, the kind of foundational tenets of case law that preserve, um, you know, first amendment free expression and so forth. But, you know, it never even entered into the thoughts of like Jamie Raskin and these other people who were so kind of drunk on their own 
Trump hysterical intoxicants. They thought that that was a brilliant idea to put out into the public domain. Yeah, we we yeah. We, are, we are so purposefully because of Trump and because of Trump derangement syndrome, we are eroding the basic polity of our constitutional system. We, we are, and again, I get why people are upset with Trump and and I'm not trying to begrudge that. Like when we're having this argument yesterday, you know, I know what Ian thinks of Trump and that's fine. I, I don't begrudge him that, but if we're going to, because of our emotions, because of our frustrations with a certain political character, I don't care what party they're from. If we are going to bypass the constitution and the structure of what we are as a nation, just because we need to take someone down we think is threatening, then we don't even believe in in the, 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 the protections that it provides. Because you know what? We have a limit of power on the presidency to two terms. You cannot run again. And, and Donald Trump's going to be off of the scene sometime soon. But if, as a consequence of him having come on the scene, we have done the things that we're doing right now that we are talking about on this space, then we have totally eroded any future ability to get back to where people hope we could get to if we could just get by Trump. And that is a scary prospect. We well, have I would, got to I would, Jim, let me ask you something, Jim. Let me ask you, why so many excuses? Yeah. Why all the excuses of why he had the documents? Well, hang on, it was because hang on. of the January con- hang on, chaos. Hang on, Joe. I've been trying to get in on this for a while, and I can answer that question. That's who I want to address. <clears throat> Thank you. Number one, the reason he has broad powers to declassify things is so he can talk to any world leader at any time about anything if they have to do some kind of peaceful negotiation. Maybe it involves military. Maybe it involves nuclear arsenals. Maybe it involves whatever it may be that has the top, highest classification of top secret in this country. It's why he has broad sweeping powers. They're not going to, in the middle of a conversation, stop Go to that. Go go back to some office and say, "Can I talk about this?" No, he has the power to do that. Therefore, if he has the documents, he had the power to declassify them. Number one, number two, the Secret Service was contacted by the National Archives. Said, "Hey, I need you to put this special lock on these documents. Where are they located? What do you have?" Boom, here they are. Great, fine. And then all of a sudden, as as it was politically expedient, it ramped up, and and the fervor, the, the anti-Trump fervor, continued to ramp up, and they were, they couldn't get him for these things because there was open investigations that failed. That's when this all came in. My question here is, if that is the case, and that is the, the standard operating procedure of the National Archives to put a special, ask the Secret Service to put a special lock to put the documents in a spe- special place, then why is this that there wasn't a pre-dawn raid and there's charges or the rumoring of charges through these district attorneys uh, or to the, the U.S. courts that uh, Joe Biden's not doing it as well? I'm not doing a tit for tat. I'm making the point. This is this is a political persecution, and he had every right to have those documents and declass them as he see fit. Those are my two problems with this. Can I add to that, Trash? So, yes, so yeah. while NARA with the, the archives are trying to to do this, they actually the, the IG at NARA uh, made their own investigative rules purposely vague, and 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 I think this was the constitutional flaw on their part. They they thought they gave themselves much more investigative power over determinations of classified documents, and they were trying to encroach on the power of the president. This was an this was an abysmal failure on NARA's part, but they used it as kind of a a, a messed up premise to try to you know push this false narrative. We even here in this space tonight that the president the false the false narrative as the president doesn't have the right to declare documents classified he does at any time 
Guys, let me let me go back to the story. The question is still not answered. Yeah. Simon and Nick, do you mind if I go back to the to the story that I think is um, I really want to cover? And that's we got name redacted on stage, we got chaos on stage. Anyone that in the audience I want to remind everyone that missed yesterday's space one, probably one of the more epic ones we've done uh, ever or in a very very long time, in which we had Lev Paranas come up on stage, and and I think you all know his story by now, but he shared more things. Then what was shared in the media initially, and it became a four-and-a-half-hour segment and, and a 10-hour show in a pretty heated space as Are well. Are we going to get him on space tonight? Or is no, no, no. We've, we've, talked, we've talked privately. Um, we're, we're not going to get him. He's not going to do any appearances in any more spaces or shows or interviews or anything. And we're going to prep for a, a space after we go through all the allegations, prepare all the evidence. And do a, a space with a lot of preparation instead. So I just don't want to dilute the story. Oh, it's going to be like this really big epic space where everyone has like we've got all the mm, Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. So, but in the meantime, yeah, in the meantime, yeah, just just quickly before you jump in, Robert and Doc, um, I do want to say that we have so Donnie and and uh, Donnie came up as well and name redacted, who are both listening to to Chaos and Levy, sorry, and Lev yesterday, um, and they've got a specific questions for. Uh, chaos. Um, so, uh, Simon and Nick, I'll give you guys the mic. Not sure how you want to take this, um, but I think we get Robert and uh, Doctor just jump in quickly with their points, and then we'll go to to Donnie and Name Redacted, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you for joining us. It is appreciated, um, and I hope that you're able to provide a bit more information because I understand that you were under a lot of restrictions. But because you were under some restrictions and some of them didn't completely uh, follow through in our view, it, you, in in a lot of people's views, both who were pro-Trump, pro-Mayor uh, Giuliani, still felt like that interaction made, made Lev look even better. And so I appreciate you coming on and maybe you can clarify a lot of issues and maybe we can have more of a, we can have the other side essentially. Um, so... I know there's name who's come up who wants to ask questions. I'm not sure what questions specifically he's going to ask. Um, and same with Donny. Um, so I want, I want Donny. I want, I want Donny. Donny. I want Don, Donny. Yeah. I know what you sent me privately regarding the laptop. Maybe we can get that out of the way first because you got some some pretty big yeah, allegations think, to make on this. Yeah, I, I have I have um, questions about the chain of custody of the uh, data on the laptop. And that's the um, Biden. Just for the audience, that's the Biden laptop. And if you could just recap in like. 10 seconds for the audience, the story, and then go on with your questions. Yeah, so um, Chaos insinuated that they received it. So she had access to the physical, Biden's physical hard drive and laptop that was acquired by Rudy Giuliani, but then used um, some uh, techno babbly wizardry uh, um, to say that she sniffed for data, uh, used sniffers, quote unquote, on the laptop. Uh, I just wanted to um, ask uh, more, like, do you have any uh, further explanation about that process? Yeah, so maybe, thank you for having me back on. Um, so, Donnie, great question. I didn't sniff anything. There's a group of people that I just call sniffers. They look where bandwidth is congested, usually from specific IPs. It's not very legal what they do, um, I would assume. 
but they pull from the stream. I want you to think like data is a waterfall and they just pull from it. So on Black Planet at the beginning of 2020, and this is probably from the same seed, um, you know, same group of people that had the DNC and RNC servers, they would intercept data transmissions. And so I – Okay, I don't care about yeah, what they did. No, I'm hold up. That's not right. Hold on. That's not right. No, that is that is what I was referring to. Right. This is how it's I. It's not true. Yeah, I'm not, you, no, I know you keep yeah. on mentioning this this previous hack. I want to know how you acquired the data off the Hunter Biden laptop. Okay, and I just started explaining the first part, Donnie. Um, I found it on Black Planet. Period. And then after that, in 2020 in DC, I actually received a copy of the hard drive that was provided to Bob Costello as a drive um, from people in Washington, D.C. in 2020. And then after the mayor was raided, I went to his place to see if we can reconstruct from his drive. One of them were dead. The other one was not so dead. It was just not working properly. We fixed that. We put it on the laptop. How did you fix that? How did you fix that? It was put out into Linux and then exported as a DMG file, pretty much. Okay, so onto you a Mac. so 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 you use data recovery software on a corrupt or formatted drive? Is that correct? Something like that. It was wet. Okay, so you personally use data recovery software Look, I on was a formatted hard place. drive, which is which, that I was, can you please not interrupt me? Which is. A, a formatted or corrupt or hard drive that was given to a repair shop is per, is considered under the law a protected computer, which is a violation of. And if you recover that, that, if you have a laptop and you give it to a laptop store, not when there's and a you, and you format it, you format it beforehand. You have reasonable expectation that they're not going to scrape the data for your dick pics, number one. And there's a law for this, which you broke. And it's a five-year jail term. Let me just bring well, it up. Well, they know one where second. I am. The FBI raided his house. They were, yeah. they were wiretapping his house. So Perfect. You're really Perfect. smart, Perfect. Donnie. I just, I, just want, I just want to have it on air recorded <laughs> that you stated yeah. that you scraped data from a recovered... Okay, Doc, so let me one second. Yeah, no, no, Doc, Donnie, Donnie, one second, one second, one second. I want Doc to come in because Doc disagrees. I think Doc, if you want to come in and just uh, uh, provide another another position. So under the applicable law, that computer left at the the the, the repair shop became the legal property of the owner long before it was turned over to Rudy or anybody else. Okay, there's, a, there's, a, there's a law called the law of bailments that they signed a contract that says if you do not come back, pay for the repairs, I have a right to collect, to sell your property, collect my fees, right? Nope. And he, t- he no, it's, it's absolutely the truth. One second, Donnie, let him finish and then you can come back. Yeah. Do, 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 go okay. ahead. So that's a very, it's a very simple issue that the lab, top, that, that lab shop owner owned that computer. After repeated attempts to contact Hunter, he also tried to turn it over to the FBI, according to his testimony, and the FBI refused. So he, his testimony is, I remember, it was he illegal, turned it over, he turned he it, he, you're interrupting right. me. Can I jump in? Okay, I'm trying to go through the timeline so that people can discuss it. Okay, he, he tried, 
even before he took possession of it and sold it, which he could have done to get his money back, his fee for service. This happens everywhere. If you ever stored stored a, a you know furniture in a storage yard, you know there are TV shows that people go buy these storage you know uh, facilities to see what's in there because the people who run the storage facility now own everything in it. That's the concept okay. here that seems to be. All right, all right, let, let's go for Donnie's response. Donnie, go for it. Yeah. So there, you're, you're completing two different things. If there was a hard drive that was formatted that that you gained possession after it was formatted and then recover the data off of the previous um, partition of that hard drive, that is fraud. That under... Oh, where it is my deck? One second, let me find... Oh, Are you an attorney? Uh, you an attorney? The Federal it. Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, CFAA, 18 USCC, uh, 1030, is the prob- primary statutory mechanism to prosecute cybercrime, including hacking. It also implies some related to exonerated crimes, such as context of ransomware. Uh, Donnie, Donnie. Four, accessing a protected computer without authorization with the intent to defraud imprisonment up to five years. Okay, here you go. So he was authorized. And, and how do you know it was partitioned? This, the guy maybe, maybe forgot his password or something. The software you used, which you described that you used, Not me. is what you need to do to recover data off a formatted drive. You admitted to a crime. Yeah, not, is it a crime not, when I'm asked to do it, Donnie? No, that, no. Seriously? What? If somebody asked you to murder, would you murder gay cock enough in the arm? It's horrible. Hold on. It's a horrible argument. Ba- back up. Back up. So so the, the laptop owner Mark, of J.P. McIsaac contacted the FBI in, in, in April 9th of 2019. It was uh, David Ezekiel and Josh Wilson. And he's trying to, like, get them to come and look at it. And they're, like, fumbling over themselves. Uh you know, some of them are going to school with other other people's kids. They, they were a little worried about it. Finally, December 9th of 2019, they actually the two FBI agents from Baltimore come and sign for it. And this is this is so that's eight months right there. This is only consequential to my accusation. No, no, the, this is completely inconsequential. No, so the bail. You're trying the, to divert the problem. No, first the, from you scraping data off a protected computer, which is a federal crime. It was abandoned. It was abandoned, and and let me get back to the instructions. The formatted drive was abandoned. How do you know it was formatted? That's that's a because the dad because the software you admitted to using. Who are you talking to? You it wasn't me. Scrape drives off of a formatted drive. I, I know, this is, this right, is Robert. Don, this don, is Donnie, one, this is, one second, guys. Robert, Robert, one yeah. second. What's happening here is Robert. You're making a different point to chaos, and then what's happening is Donnie's thinking you're both the same person. So Donnie, <laughs> yeah. the person who is speaking right now is Robert. Yeah. And I want to go back to the person who you were speaking to pre one second, Mm -hmm. Robert, the person you were speaking to previously was chaos. Go ahead. Thank you. So I do want to go back to your point about, you know, what was the premise of him dropping off a laptop? He he couldn't get into it. And he instructed the shop to get into it for him. I don't know where you're going with this whole like he had to reformat. He's just doing what he's authorized to do. And then Hunter doesn't come. No, no, but you're not authorized to do that. Yes. Someone's, yes, he was. Okay, the sniffer thing is bullshit. Wait, uh, wait, one second, one second, Donnie. Okay, Donnie, wait. can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because I, I, I'm not technically gifted, so maybe this yeah. might help some of the people in the audience as well. So let's break it down one thing at a time. So basically what happens is, allegedly Hunter Biden, again, even that part of the story is unknown, but let's just go with that part. He story. admitted it. Hunter Biden. Hunter, he admitted it. It's his. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, his his lawyer wrote a one letter to... We're not arguing Robert, that it's not. Robert, We're arguing second. that it's his. Yeah, yeah. One second. Is he, uh, that's not the argument. Hunter is saying... Hunter, what, Hunter, what, well, Hunter's admitted that, that he dropped the laptop off uh, off to the store. 
Yes, his lawyer. Yeah. His Cause, lawyer said because when we looked at because yesterday when Tira wrote, read the counterclaim, they did they denied that that she denied that that was actually admitted at all. That's the reason I'm asking. No, so the Hunter's own lawyer sent out letters to folks who may have had. I'm not sure if anybody on this on this space got one, but I've seen one where they are asserting that Hunter still owns this laptop. So they, they... no, 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 no. That, okay. No, 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 not that he owns it, that he dropped off the laptop. No, they're, so, they're asserting so, ownership right now, today. No, 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 no. I get that, I get that, but the, that he dropped the laptop off to the store. Is there but any Robert. Anyway, yeah. let's go to the point. Wait, Sorry. Ask Robert, so, don't, don't. Robert just, just to be clear on what Suleiman is saying, um, in the counterclaim that the Biden attorneys filed, he basically did not, he doesn't say that he either owns the laptop or that he left it there. He doesn't make any claims about why the laptop. Yeah, yes, here. he does. He can't All have it both ways. That, he's asserting ownership. No, he's trying. Well, the, in his counterclaim, he's trying to have it both ways. It's interesting. And I don't know how that's going to work. But it, basically, he's saying the lap, the the owner of the store, the repair store, has information that belongs to him. He doesn't exactly know how it got there. But he, the, the owner has no right to have such information. Thank you, but he is not. doesn't own. He doesn't have that information anymore. He doesn't own it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not okay. talking about the harassment. Can I? Can I ask a question, Doc? Can I? Can we just go back to Donny one second? So, Donny, uh, the question is this: the Hunter Biden goes to the store, he gives the laptop, and he tells the laptop owner, "Can you sort my laptop out? It's got serious issues with it, and can you break into it so I can actually have access to it?" So, that specific bit, are you are you saying that he didn't give him consent, Donny? I'm saying that we don't know. If he if the access was given to that drive or not, if if you hand a computer over and say fix my laptop, yeah, and it's so number one, it could have been formatted. He probably knew there was, I'm like if you have a computer with a uh, half dozen dick pics on it, right, and then and then format the hard drive and then hand it in to a to a store with the formatted hard drive, which which therefore like would have to be pieced together, the data have to be pieced together, reconstructed in recovery software. That's illegal. Okay, so even if you bring and to your, his point, you, Nick, let me just make a point. If you bring your laptop to say Best Buy and you leave it there for longer than a certain period of time and it becomes legal property of Best Buy, uh, even at that point, you're not allowed to go in once that transfer takes case. There's, past that certain there's time, precedent, Nick. The hardware, there's the precedent. hardware is not the same as the data. Exactly. You if you if you look at some of the, the the things that have gone through, and there's there's an example of a storage unit company that took legal possession of a computer, and they violated data data privacy laws because they're owners of the physical unit; they're not owners of the digital data uh, that is private. You can't sell those rights. You and went sell- over and above the legal measures in which, like, it's not like you just plugged in a hard drive to a computer and dick pick, dick pick, dick pick. You you literally stated that you use recovery software to mine this data from a formatted drive. It's illegal. It's a federal crime. It's and not. Imprisonment the, up the, original, five years. the original went to the FBI under the auspices of a money laundering investigation. That investigation in Delaware, whatever path it's on, is still going on. So the original computer was in the FBI. I don't know where it is now. Maybe it's in the bottom of the Chesapeake. But, but that, that was. Is, it, is there a reasonable assertion of privacy on a formatted hard drive? If I took, if you're, if That's you're, supposition. If, if you have a pile of pile of old phones sitting in a sitting in a drawer somewhere, 
can I, can you sell those? If you sell those phones, am I allowed to data mine them for your dick pics? Is that legal? No, you cannot do that. Exactly. So what you did was a hundred percent illegal. Who? Ian's <laughs> wrong. So are Who are you talking to? Oh, chaos and her. Yeah. Uh, doc. Girlfriend, Doc. No, you, don't own, you don't own the pictures. You own the phone, the physical version of the phone, but you don't own the contents of it. Let's say I put a patent on it that uh, that belongs to me. You can't just suddenly take all of my information, all of my uh, my business records, for example. Let's say I have my bank passwords on there. That doesn't mean you suddenly have access to my bank. Hell no. It's data protection laws that they're different. They're separate from from physical uh, ownership of the of the hardware. You cannot do you're, stuff. You're like missing this. the context here. I never uh, thought Hunter, I'd agree with you. Hunter brought that. Hunter brought that laptop. I think we could all agree because it wasn't working. Something was wrong with it. Okay, what frequently gets screwed up on, a, on an Apple iBook or an Apple computer is the hard drive. Hard drives go out. So what does a repair shop owner do? He he uses software. To, to recover as much of the data that he can. He repairs or reformats the hard drive, puts the data back on. Okay, at that point, he's waiting to collect on his, on his fee. Hunter doesn't show up. He tries to contact Hunter. Hunter doesn't respond. He, he offers it to the FBI. He offers it to the FBI. He gives it to the FBI. He gives it to them. Let me finish. Let me finish. He offers it to the FBI, right? And they declined to take it. No, no they so took it. He doesn't. He didn't release the, the, the data. The, no, laptop, the, the computer it's shop totally owner did not release the data. Duck, right? Duck, can I, can I, right, that's fine. So it, it was Rudy or somebody else that did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, so one second. Duck, why duck, is he duck, suing duck, the duck, laptop owner? Or the duck, laptop duck. Owner? Because duck, he violated duck. his privacy. One second, Doc. You know, can I ask you a question now? I'm just trying to understand what Donnie's saying. So what, what, what they're saying, Donnie and Ian are saying, is, is that basically, yes, that happened. The laptop owner basically owned now the laptop, the physical hard hard aspect of the laptop the hardware, but he didn't own the digital aspects of it that that are basically about Hunter Biden. Now, when that's been passed on to Rudy Giuliani, the digital copy, or some of it was mined, and however, there was a couple of ones, they, when they've basically look, got that information and then, you know, retrieved it, that now is that they've basically broke privacy laws because they're not now basically got digital information from Hunter Biden. Have I understood that right, Donnie? Is that the, uh, Slim, right? I just yeah. check, I mean, check the DM, yeah. Slim. Okay. okay, so Doc, the, uh, uh, what's your point? Another, another point is, even if, like, oh, so even if it wasn't formatted, there's still uh, like a reasonable expectation of privacy. But if it was formatted, that's considered what's called a, a protected device. It's protected because the, oh, the previous owner went to certain lengths to uh, erase that data. Okay, so a you only own the physical drive. You don't own the drive, the data on it, and you can say it was formatted. You don't own statute, right? You don't cite case supposition for for your interpretation of the law. All right, if I had a storage (laughs) unit, right, and I had this is a no-brainer case. It's supposition, and I had family pictures in there, and I and I had data in there in the in the storage unit that that storage unit owner could sell that. All of it, and he can have your pictures because you have released your possession. Absolutely, and not. you failed to show up. Okay, and it includes the contents of it. If there's a computer program on that computer, you get to use it. Yeah, so so we we so it's we, not, we, not we're, violating the law. Can I just mention Doc? Doc, can I just? Say, I do. I, I respect you a lot, Doc. I think you're a smart guy. Can you just please look into the 
the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, there are it is in there that it states that if you buy a used phone, right, and you try to recover data from it, it does it does qualify as unauthorized access that could be considered hacking under law. That's and then there's also state specific privacy he laws. Gave up possession voluntarily. This wasn't a purchased phone. Hunter abandoned it. it. Find a case that applies there in that circumstance. You know, courts will split hairs to, to emphasize that this act is appropriate under the law and this act is not. And until you have a case precedence that says a computer, right, that left and has, has been released to the, to the repair owner under a bailment and it's not his property to possess and deal with as he likes, let me know because I haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, the, so, the you contrast know, here, the contrast here is that you've got this history, these histrionic backflips to protect the Bidens right now. And, and everybody's shooting the messenger. You know what's on that laptop? Those are 400 allegations of real crime. Inconsequential. Re- Inconsequential. No, the, the, look at the real. It's, it's not uh, admissible. If it's, it 400 real changed. crimes that the House Oversight Committee is looking at. And, and you compare that to. You know that? This, You're a lawyer, right? Why are you bending over backwards to protect this corrupt? I don't like the guy. I don't care. But what you're saying is all all fairness. Now, one second. Yeah. Two-tier system of justice. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not protecting Hunter Biden here. I have no interest in protecting him. In fact, I think he's a scumbag. But, you know, the law is the law. But but then compare that. Ian, Ian, I respect you a lot. That comment was pointed at me. Let me respond. Yeah, one okay. second before you do, Doc, because a number of people have messaging me about this. Donny, are, are you a lawyer? Just, just as a clarification. Absolutely not. I, I, I am a That's data clear. management specialist. Let's just call okay. it that. Okay, go ahead, Doc. I just want to say to Ian, Ian, you know that I respect you a lot. Okay, sure, I, I, too, I, yeah. I, I respect a lot of your takes, but you really should refrain from commenting on subtle aspects of American law. You, you really should. Thanks. All right, so Trash, you've been waiting. I want to hear your take on this. Yep, sorry, I tried to get to the mute button. Don't come in. So, okay, fine. Uh, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. Doc is. Uh, Donnie seems to be up up to this. I guess Joe seems to be up to this as far as the Digital Records Act. Robert pointed this out. I, I want to know, is this debate only whether or not that we're going to talk about the legality of, of being able to look at the information? Chain of custody, yes. So that's all you're concerned with? Yeah. You're not concerned with what's on the laptop nope. at all? Absolutely not. That's fascinating to me. And, yep. I, and I, I wonder I wonder why your specific angle is just to talk about this and not talk about the information on it. Um, aren't, like, it's interesting to me that um, property rights don't matter to you all of a sudden. I, that's a bit of a stretch, my friend. What I'm saying is, is that there nope, is information. absolutely not. Okay. Well, I do care about property rights, but he he actually abandoned it. He didn't sell it. It wasn't stolen. He didn't abandon he abandoned the data. It. He abandoned the hardware. Okay, but from what I understand, it was not. Was it not wiped? It wasn't wiped, was it? It was just brought there the for repair. That Chaos was alluding to was format was recovering data from a formatted drive. So it sounds like we're having a semantical argument. Can, can we get some clarity on what exactly here's, happened? Here's the issue that, that we're having, right? Everybody is under the assumption, right, previous to this conversation, that the hard drive was not wiped and that, you know, essentially if you had access to the, the hardware, you had access to everything on the computer, in which case it would not be a crime, right? But in the event that, you know, Hunter or whoever else wipes the computer 
formatted the whole thing, and then someone used data recovery software to unveil what was hidden, what was essentially deleted, that's when it breaks the law. That's what Donnie's saying. I get, I get yeah, what you're saying. So I can, I, can, I can let people know about the process. So when you format a drive, it doesn't really erase anything. It, erates, it erases the bounding boxes of the files, but the zeros and ones of those files are still there, right? Unless you format it, then re-record uh, nonsense data over top, then format it again so that, because when a hard drive records data, it, it kind of goes back and forth and back and forth. And in for speed purposes, it records bits and pieces all over the, the physical hard drive. And what the file does is point to those data points, those zeros and ones. It's an index. When, Basically, you have index, yeah, right? An index exactly. system that tells you where the files are, where the ones and zeros are. Now, if you delete the index, you've quote-unquote formatted the hard drive, but the, the files are still there. They're not actually gone. You just have to recover them. I think why okay. this is important is chain of custody is important. It's not because... Look, what the data that's on the hard drive was the data that's on the hard drive. But there's yesterday with Lev, there's a question of chain of custody. And he never, although Ed said that, he said that the laptop was then stolen. He never said that. Um, he never said it was stolen. He just said he knew some of the stuff that was on there and the laptop was known for a long time. But it raised a lot of chain of custody questions. And that matters when you're looking at data that's on a computer because you don't know who put that data on? He that. was asserting that that's things all. were planted or substituted, and that, and I don't think that's the case from what I've read in the Marco. And the, he, I can't speak to that. He I don't was, think that's the case either, but I was, do think that it's, there's a possibility that whoever had prior access to that laptop knew what was on it, and then somehow or other, that laptop eventually, the hardware of it, arrived in that store, which, again, we don't know exactly how we got there. We only have the testimony of the laptop store owner who claims that Hunter gave it to him, but we don't actually know that because he, even in his testimony, claims to be, like, half-blind or blind or something, legally blind, and it, he couldn't even identify Hunter. So we have no idea who actually dropped it off. We have a signature. We don't know if that's Hunter's signature or not. It could be easily forged. Not the issue. The point now is that, okay, we don't actually know the chain of custody. I think that's the big issue here. That's the big question. So, and JP and why, why, would, why does clear. Ron Giuliani get it? Like, why does he have possession of it at yeah. all? Yeah, we that raises know, right? a lot when of questions. The FBI got the original, okay? And he, he tried to shop it around to different outlets, right? Like I said, the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Uh, but they were, you know, ultimately he just went to the New York Post because I guess, you know, whatever reason he wanted it out there. All right. Yeah. But what, what he asserted and what I, I'd like to be able to respond because he did actually call me a conspiracy theorist yesterday. And I'd actually like to respond to this because when I asked about this and he started bringing up this fantastical story about Kazakhstan and Russia and all these things. And, I, and, he, and he told me we were conspiracy theorists for even talking about what's on the laptop. I said, well, have you seen it? No. Do you do you know? which laptop this is. And he asserted at one point there was multiple, then it was, it had to be the same one that was given by some Russian source. And he's going to come out with this information any day. Now, you know, walls are closing in. Um, and then called me a conspiracy theorist. But when I asked specific questions about, because that I have that I'm looking at myself, uh, he had no answer because he, he, he said he's never looked at it before and, and then went to paint like this long, fantastical story right afterwards. And then before he was finished, started talking about really Giuliani and elections. What I do know is that the first copy did go to the FBI. I'm sure somebody within the FBI that was friendly with Giuliani probably told him where it was, and he went to go get it. So I, I just I, I struggle with this when you when I can drill down specifically on things that I'm looking at, 
And I'm, I'm told by people that they said, well, I don't know. I have no idea what you're looking at. I've never looked at it. But then opine and call me a conspiracy theorist. I got serious problems with that. But now I do understand specifically what Donnie is saying here. If specifically what had happened was that hard drive was formatted. However, I've taken my, I've taken it upon myself to go look over the internet here and I am not finding anywhere in here that it's against the law to do so. Now that could be wrong, but I'm not finding the stature anywhere. Is there anything like in the but Anthony I, Weiner laptop or other, other sites like it's, uh, uh, trash. Um, look under uh, federal uh, federal computer fraud. Actually, Donnie, can I jump in, please, guys? USC. Can I tell you guys how this works? What? I have I have a child yeah. who's who's currently serving and part time works as a geek squad. I can tell you that Best Buy has laws too. If you walk into Best Buy, and now we figure out. Yeah, did. if you walk into Best Buy, <laughs> just listen to what the laws say. If you walk into Best Buy and you drop off your laptop because it's not working and you want them to fix it, they see things. My my child herself had told me, damn, there's this guy with a ton of snuff films. I was like, report it. She's like, I can't do that. But the minute I see child pornography, it goes. So now I'm going to circle back to what I know about the laptop. We all know there's child pornography in there. So case closed. Okay. Okay, I can't. So Geek Squad, um, Geek Squad gets into it. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. Yes, Geek Squad Thanks. gets into it, and they report it to the FBI. If there's that's child what JP did. JP McGazzi did the same thing. Exactly my point. So why are we talking about what if the laws are clear, even down to retail? So when I hear people saying these things, obviously I want to listen, right, to understand where they're coming from. But bottom line is, you know, there was someone possibly with Hunter Biden when they dropped him off. We don't know. Regardless, the laws are the same across. And so people understand I did get served again to be a witness in whatever Hunter Biden's doing. Um, because, you know, obviously, like Lev said, I don't know what I'm talking, right? Yeah. So, so Ian, I know you were struggling to get up on stage yesterday and, um, I'm sure yeah. you always, you know, have an opinion probably on a lot of this stuff. So, um, I want, I want your take. Well, my take is that we, first of all, we need to establish a chain of custody. How did the laptop get there? Was it given to them by Hunter Biden? Was it stolen? Was it accessed prior to that? And was it planted? Was there any information on there that shouldn't be on there? Was it a setup for Hunter Biden? I mean, we don't know these. Page things, six so of the Marco the Polo Biden laptop report. Page six and seven shows the timeline. Yep, it shows everything. I linked it in the chat. And the FBI already looked at the signature. They didn't find anything fraudulent about it. It wasn't, you know, come on, this has been examined already. Come on. Uh, so I, I, I don't I think there was question. a shell on there, one, right? One, I mean, the insinuation that there uh, was. That right. there well, isn't, right? Otherwise, the FBI would have busted Hunter Biden just for that alone. Well, I've got a question, Nam. I've got a question. <laughs> maybe Dad runs the department. One, one second, one second. I've got a question, and maybe Nam can answer this. And maybe it's my, again, I told you uh, when it comes to like technologies, it's not my uh, forte. But if if the store owner has the laptop and there's issues about, with the laptop because he can't access it, and you know the reason Hunter Biden gave it is because there's some issues with the hard drive, right? And his job is to basically sort the issues out. Now, and then what happens is the content or the digital aspect of the laptop goes to Rudy Giuliani's office and chaos basically sorts the issue out, right? And, and so, so my question is this, how would, how would the store owner know that there's about the content in Hunter Biden's laptop and the problematic nature of it? I, I can't speak to the the legal part of this because no no not the legal part. How would he know? Like, but, if, well, if, I mean, because he was on there repairing it, right? 
So I mean, he he so would be able to see. Then why did why did Chaos need to uh, and Rudy Giuliani need to um, uh, repair it? Uh, I that I can't answer for them. You'd have to. Ask yeah, them. you should ask me. Um, I, and I yeah, and yeah. I kind of mentioned it. I had them. I was actually in New York and went there because the FBI knocked about his things when they raided him the day before I went there, and so none of the drives are working after the raid. So. We took, I, I was like, they didn't take these? He's like, no. I told them what they were, and they left those hard drives. Clearly, that's what happened. And I was like, fantastic. So we sat down, and... So, 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 so the FBI basically messed the, messed the hard drives up, essentially. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what the assumption is, is that because they were knocking things about when they raided him the day before, that now they weren't working. What he had was an external hard drive, which he would connect it to and kind of look through files, what I did was I went to Apple, bought a Mac that was identical to the one that he used and loaded it on. So it's like you're looking at Hunter's laptop. And I bought that laptop and I rebuilt it so it's easier for him because he is older, you know. And that's why when I hear people saying, oh, he texted me all this, I'm like, no, he didn't. You know, he is older. We all know this, right? And it's a lot easier for him to go through things when he has it in front of him. So rather than him plowing through files or paying someone that works for him to to do it, I made it easier where he could go into the photo booth, go into the text messages, go into the emails, go into the files the way it would be if it was Hunter's laptop. That's basically what I reconstructed um, from his data. And then I used that and went through things where I was missing things. So again, the, um, the, the laptop from what I gather was stripped of child pornography. This is the assumption that I was put under, right? Because they didn't want child pornography going around. And I think it was Bob Costello that did that. I'm not sure because I wasn't there. Um, so, so you're saying that, so you're saying there was child pornography on that and then Basically, it got wiped. The child pornography, there was a sanitized copy that Bob Costello had. The FBI has the full one. And again, Isaac, turning that over to the FBI is the appropriate things to do because that is what the law depicts. First of all, abandonment. Second of all, crimes, especially against children. That would be like to the lowest level, you know, retail store or mom and pop shop. That's the law. You report only that. You don't report snuff films. You report that. So they got the full copy because the majority of it was online in early 2020, right? Because I snagged those LNG documents off of Black Planet. So the FBI had it and they were seeding it because it was the same group of people that had seeded the DNC and RNC servers. When those were being transferred from the DNC to the FBI back in 2016, you know, that, that stream was intercepted. And so those files were already there. I mean, I published an article in early 2020 talking about one guy, but planting in there the information of, you know, the Chinese LNG stuff, the Kazakis, Louisiana, et cetera. So, you know, I know this very well. Isaac did nothing illegal, right? Nothing illegal. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? And I just want to clarify that. You're being incorrect on the whole not reporting snuff films. No, you have to report snuff films. Any evidence of a crime must be reported, whether it's drug drops or illegal firearms or snuff films. You have to report that. Well, Ian, that's the training she got. That's the report she got. She doesn't know if there's an illegal firearm on a computer. 
But and chaos. That's not well, there's 400, chaos. 400, 400 alleged crimes, state and federal crimes on there. 400. None of this matters because that's not what she right, originally right. said. One, one, one second. One second. Yeah, it's a separate Kira, topic. Kira, go ahead. Right. Yeah, chaos. One, can I just ask you a question? And I, I'm sure everyone on this stage is horrified by child pornography, and none of us have or have any truck with it at all. But if you, if what you recovered did not have child pornography on it, how do you know there was child pornography? How did you make that assertion? How did you figure out that a picture was, I'm just wondering how did right. you know? I think, this? I think I heard it amongst people in the conversation at DC. Now I noticed that there were omitted files, right? That no one recovered, right? Uh, when I was going through all the keystrings. So, uh, you know, I, so you have no, you have no personal or even really any particular knowledge about this specifically. You heard it from. Somebody. Well, I heard Is it from correct? from very credible people. How's that? So fine, but you don't have any real knowledge. So you're speaking of something about which you're not. You don't I have actually personal said knowledge. that. Just a, uh, Tara, thank you. I thank you. Made thank that you. Statement. But there okay, was child great. pornography that was left on there. There was a girl that the Chinese spread around that said was Malia Obama, when in fact it was a 14-year-old woman at the time being raped by Hunter Biden. But okay, you're welcome. I thought you just said that. There wasn't any. I thought it was an adult. I found out later who the victim was, and that was a child. And do we have proof of this? Um, Yes, we do, actually. The picture that everyone said is Malia Obama, if you guys remember that rumor. Yeah, that wasn't Malia no, Obama. Wasn't. That was actually a prostitute who was of age. Well, actually, she wasn't of age at the time. She's of age now. No, it was of age. That that is that, that this person has an Instagram account, and we looked. The at dancer. This is not this is the, not the, the the girl that was trafficked. The one that was trafficked among a lot of politicians is that the one you're talking about, Ian? No, I'm talking about the the Malia Obama lookalike, the one that you. Yeah, well, to. well, is she the one that was passed around by all the politicians? I don't know if they were she was passed around or anything. I, I just know that the Malia Obama that you're referring to, the lookalike, is not a child. She's not a child now, but she was a child at the time. No, no, no. She wasn't even a child then. Really? Do you know when that picture was snapped? something that even Marco Polo has talked about. There's no child porn on the laptop at okay, all. Okay, so that so no was child a child. Porn and you've that was your a child. She was under yeah, the age of 18. you your arguments about how you acquired the no, data. That was a child. She was under the age of 18. She's been identified. Okay? She's not a child now. And she's been extremely vocal about it, too. So if you look at the exit data and see when that date was, she was definitely a minor, Ian. Right. And I just want to bring in um, Donnie, because, Donnie, you know, when uh, the, you know, when you were asking questions, when you left, it seemed like you r- ran away when, when she ma- managed to have a strong point. And so I'm glad you came back. <laughs> yeah, 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 her strong point, her strong point was a revision. She, she she spent the time that I I took to call what she did a crime, and then she re- revised how she acquired the data into taking the hard drive, putting on a laptop, and bingo, bango, it worked. Um, it doesn't work like that because on Apple computers, the hard drives are 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 digitally ID'd to the motherboards, so that's a lie. The, the the child pornography is a lie because that person's Donnie. Were you there? Everything you're like, saying what are you, is a lie. What are you talking about? You're literally just lying. What are you talking you're about? Just lying. I'm calling no, you a liar. You're, you're, and you're a criminal. Nonsense I'm right now. And he's completely correct. There were two you can't drives. Just take a random hard drive and plug it into a different computer. It doesn't yeah, exactly. Like it has to be. A, it has Mac to be an image. Correct. And that's not what I did. What are you I talking didn't plug about? it in. 
Once you're, why is Donnie talking? Okay, Donnie, you're an yeah, expert. I agree with everything you say. You were totally right there under my skirt while I was doing all that, okay? Now, I took the two drives. One was dead. The other one wasn't. Pulled it into some programs on Linux and then recreated it and constituted it to be able to be booted as a drive on an iOS system. That's what I did. How's that? Okay, that's it. Illegal. Okay, well, then why aren't okay. the feds coming for me, Donnie? Oh, wait, wait, wait. And you also... Well, maybe they will now after... Yeah, this because they haven't heard it. I was how careful. Why you're okay, happy. Okay. Right? Chaos. Oh I was... doesn't require it. Yeah. You're not someone important, Donnie. Yeah, you do. But you're on stage with 10,000 people and you're stating things that aren't Donnie, fact. it is fact. That's and what happened. You're insinuating Hunter Biden's a child pornographer. Uh, there was. Child, uh, there was. There wasn't. You have no I do. I have the freaking laptop. I have a nice Mac that looks like I'm Hunter. You're a bad actor. In. You're a bad right, actor. Right. One second, Donnie. Okay, I can ask yeah. you a question. So, obviously, there's a disagreement between yourself, Donnie, and Ian. And the main contention is because what you said is very big. It's major. It's probably worse than, in my opinion, most and a lot of the stuff, probably anything that's on the laptop. That fact that he's got child pornography on there. Now, this girl, have you got evidence, substantial evidence? And this is not hard because you said it's online. It's everywhere. This woman is a girl as well. Yeah. Though, that that girl was underage when Hunter Biden, you know, did. Yeah, the you could just do simple math. Look at the exit data of the photo. Yeah. Do the simple math. She even came out and said she did it when she was a kid. Okay, how, how, she said how, it. how old is she now? Sorry, Cass. How old is she now? I, I don't know. Ian said he found her. Why doesn't he tell us? No, no, no. One second, one second. Forget Ian. We'll come to Ian in a second because his argument is she's older. But it, um, it, it, what? So, okay. So how old is this girl now? She said that when it happened, she was allegedly yeah. 14. That's okay, her own words. What, what year this is that? all I'm going to say. I'm not my story to tell. Again, I am a, I am more happy no, no, than no. people to call me frivolous than no, they no, no, tell no. stories fine. that chaos, aren't chaos. mine. I mean, no, no, if you're going to explain things like this, then you have what, to tell the story. You what, can't just what, what, year, what year was that? What year was that? Chaos, what year? Yeah, chaos, you have to explain the that. The exit data on that photo was 2014. So 2014. So that means the girl would have been under 18. Correct when it was 2014, which means for her to be underage right now, she has to be younger than 27. Correct. Correct. Right. Ian, the girl you've seen, is she under 27? Uh, that is unclear. I do not know her age. Donnie? I haven't seen this image. Okay. So, okay. So what we need to verify is, because no one knows her exact age right now, is she below 27 or above 27? Trash, go ahead. Yeah, actually, Donnie, I have a couple questions for you. Number one, uh, I don't appreciate being lumped into being the FSB or Russian. And number two, um, I'm very familiar with NAFO trolls. And I just looked at your profile and you seem to be doing a lot of NAFO retweeting. And so I feel like you're just here to yep. be a disruptor that you're not actually doing anything. No, I'm I'm accusing. I, think uh, some good points. I, I, I wouldn't I would impugn his character. I mean, I'm on everybody else's side here. I'm uh, super anti Hunter Biden here, but I am so curious about these questions right i'm super curious and, about the and i do well. not agree with ian on anything and yep. i agree with him 100 percent on this yeah but okay yeah. That, that's fine. I i'm not impugning character i'm asking questions sorry? sorry i wasn't impugning your character i'm asking questions you were impugning mine yeah i'm a member of the fellows yes go ahead okay can, can we Thanks. extend this into lev's allegations about the, the, 
kind of spurious allegations about a Russian agent or something. What the hell was he talking about last night? Yeah, we'll come to that in a second. Let's just deal with this first, uh, Robert. Go ahead, Rush. Trash, you had another question? No, that, that's that's it. Um, the NAFO trolls are just that. Uh, they're funded through DOD. I've done deep dives on this stuff. I know who they are. They've come and attacked a lot of us that are just trying to speak truth out here. So I know what this I is would, about. I would, love to, I, would, I would love to be funded by the DOD. Um, no, I, if anyone I, has I, a... But I'll Matt use this Morris. platform. Hey, DOD, FBI, CIA, yeah, okay. Squirrely Boys, uh, please uh, get in touch with me. I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're really going to prosecute you now, aren't they? Anyway, I just wanted you, to make You know, it's funny. To... Yesterday, yesterday, Lev to me seemed very authentic. And I felt like two people came in here to do an assassination job on him, basically. Um, they didn't have, they didn't bring a lot of facts. And. You know, we still listen to them. Um, I think what Donnie brought up had a valid point. You know, we're here to listen to people. It, you know, I think it gets ridiculous when Donnie. you can't bring things no up. No one's setting Donnie up. He's had the floor and the mic for about 10 minutes now. Um, can I say something on, on, on Lev? Yeah. Ahead, yeah. So just so you guys know, Mark Rossini was the FBI agent that was present for those phone calls. In fact, those phone calls haven't happened in the presence of the person that I tried to see if I can connect to bring him on. Um, you know, that would have testified to it. I didn't have to confirm anything of what he was saying. He was speaking partial truths um, as to what the conversations were and how they happened. So the fact that he didn't know that Mark Rossini was there when Mark Rossini was actually present when the phone call became right. And I should remind people, you know, um, these are very important things that we should be looking at. Mark Rossini, when I went to Puerto Rico last year, obviously he's been rolled up ever since and charged again. So there were a lot of things that a lot of people assume they know because, I don't know, someone reported it, right? But the actual people that were there, and this is me speaking from the actual person that was there in Spain, you know, made it clear because we were laughing at the fact that Rossini was there, right? And I was like, damn, the fact that Rossini was in Madrid during that time is concerning. Right. So I understand that a lot of people have confirmation biases, emotional attachments, you know, lack of trust, all of these things that embody when they don't like to hear something that is either novel to them or whatever. This was, you know, this was the most incredible thing to hear Lev Parnas talk about is trash talk, President Trump and Rudy Giuliani. I mean, I remember when he made the allegation that he sat in the White House, that President Trump anointed him as a speaker. And that was the biggest BS I have ever heard ever, because that never happened at the White House with him. Chaos, chaos, chaos. The reason why I think, and I'll just explain to you, I'm just being open as possible. The reason why people had a problem with what your version of events, or I did anyway, I can explain. And I can tell you now, when Lev came on, my whole objective for like a three, I don't know how many hours it was, but I felt like three, four hours, maybe longer, was to break the guy down, find flaws in his story, to demonstrate that he's got issues. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, he, he, when I did find flaws and I did break them down, he did come up with good explanations. Now, if I find further evidence, it's a different story. But at that point, he gave cogent responses. The issue is, uh, um, Chaos, you know, when you came on, you, your responses, what it did was actually add merit to his position because you did not do anything to counteract his position. And let me explain why. For example, this whole Spain tangent essentially wasn't really relevant. It's and actually very relevant. Only, no, no, one sec, one second, let me explain. And I, I hope you'll be able to explain that and I'll explain why. Because when I asked you and I broke it down, 
and I said, tried to figure out why the Spain angle was important, your whole thing was the Spain angle is important for two reasons. One is because you didn't deny he went there. You didn't deny that some of the things happened that happened. But your point was this. With an FBI agent who was also there, whose name you've given us today, and because he was there, it means that, guess what, things were happening undercover. And there was, a, and I asked, is this what you mean? And you said 100%, you did the emoji, uh, that there was an FBI agent there. And because the FBI agent was there and, and Lev wasn't aware of it, there was nefarious things happening behind behind the scenes that he was unaware of. And then now, he because of those things, he's basically been duped or whatever it may be, but now he may be an informant. And so... I get the argument you were trying to make, but it didn't make sense to us. Like, why is that? Like, why is that relevant to the whole story? Do you understand yeah. the point? And, and on top of it, Suleiman, he Lev turned over. Well, the FBI has eighty-six minutes of tape from a cell phone, a video from a cell phone that was on Lev's phone of him in Spain with Giuliani. There's no FBI agent on that on those videos. So I don't even know why it's relevant. Well, it is relevant because there were a lot of things happening in Spain and it all kicked off from there. Now, again, Mark Rossini, the again, FBI again, has all chaos, of this because they rolled chaos. Mark Rossini up anyway. He's in jail right, right now. One second, one second, one second. Yeah, chaos, chaos. So again, look, you made a statement and said a lot of things happened from there. And again, you sound like a conspiracy theorist or you sound like somebody who's making comments without backing it up. It's probably not conspiracy theorists, making allegations without backing it up. So now you now you made that comment now, Lev, what he was doing when he was making a comment, he was then backing it up with more detailed information. So I'm asking the same thing for you now. You made that comment. Now, what does that mean? Which part? What What is it that you don't understand that it's important? Okay, you said you said that Spain is very Correct. important, and from that, a lot of things Correct. happened. Please explain to us why, why, why it's important and why a lot of a things happened. A lot of conversations happened, and a lot of people came in. But I'd just like to also... Again, again, that's not that's not uh, okay. You know what? So what uh, how's this? How's this? You can coin me as conspiracy theorist, right? But there are some. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm saying you're not giving details. First, the actual people that were there should be speaking to them, right? They should be. I am providing information that I can provide, right? I gave you the name of the FBI agent that was there. This is what I can do. This is what responsible journalists do. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. I'm always right. My track record is solid. I don't care what anybody says. So at that point, right, I'm saying everything headed off from there. And again, my point was, if he was there when the conversation allegedly with all these leaders happened, then he would have seen Mark Rossini. He was not there. There were a lot of rooms and there were a lot of little places where they would hang out. Right, not everybody was hanging out in one big room. Okay. Chaos. If, if you were to draw a timeline, if you were to draw, but what happened? I, I, I think you under, I, um, a chaos. I think I understand. Cambridge Analytica so brought saying, them there. Yeah, yeah. One second. So what you're saying is this: you're saying that um, what you call it, Giuliani went to Spain. You also accept that Lev went to Spain. In addition to that, you're also saying this FBI agent went to Spain. And what you're saying is, even though Lev went to Spain. He went there not as an important figure, but he went there as basically an add-on. And in reality, when important meetings were happening, which Lev is explaining details about, he could not be privy to them because that wasn't his role within the organization. Is that what you're well, saying? He's lying about things where there were other is people. That, that yes, yes no? he's lying. One, no, one, he no, was not second. privy to conversations. No, 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 no. Not, not, not about when he's... One second, Kels. Not that he's lying. My explanation of the story that happened, that what you're insinuating, is that what you're trying to say? Wait. Again, I'm trying to say, I don't want to say yes and 
miss something. I, 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 and see, that's the problem we've got right now because, again, you've spent a lot of time explaining it. I've tried to summarize. Yeah, no, I wanted you to re-summarize. To sorry, because out. I'm I'm on my phone. To try and, not to try and help yeah. you out. Try and help you out to say, look, this is what you mean because right now you're saying a lot of things and there's no, we, we can't ground them. And so I'm trying to help you out and say, is this what you mean? And you, again, you're saying, I can't confirm or deny it. And that's not something major. It's not like a major thing. There's not going to be wide, when there may be wide implications behind it because maybe you're, you're afraid that if this goes to court that this, you, they might, there might be different things you need to say. But other than that, like, I don't get why that's complicated. Like what? So, so again, till this point, none of us are understanding why you're mentioning Spain and why you mentioned the FBI agent and you're saying a lot of things happened and why, but even if they did a lot of things that happened, what's that got to do with Lev? Okay. So Lev boasted his position and understanding of what was going on. Right. He's not being sincere, just like many things. It's been on the record where he's lied before many, many, many times. Uh, this is public knowledge. I mean, the first time it was on in November of 2019 when he was caught in a lie, you know, that he was supporting and funneling money. He beefed himself up to cut himself a deal because of all the frauds that had happened previously. This is why I brought up his failed business cannabis ventures. And I think a previous reporter that was on before me was pointing out all these weird, you know, um, you know, evictions when he was supposedly in a real estate magnate, right? When he started no, Nothing the problem but a there driver. Was, it was, it was, it was, it, one second, Chaos. The problem there was, and it was Millie. And again, because initially what Millie said was that it was, uh, what do you call it? It, it? Lev had been evicted specifically by Donald Trump. And then afterwards, uh, she clarified, but she said it wasn't Trump, but he'd been evicted many times in the past. And again, that's why they lacked a bit of, again, the problem was again was when, when, well, it lacked credibility because. In the sense of when you say something happened, because Trump basically evicting you is major. This guy's meant to be close to you. This is before you turn and he evicts you. Maybe, you know, there's issues. But if you get evicted with a lot many years earlier, that's quite different. Do you understand? Do you understand the point? No, I do. But habitual evictions, when you're supposedly a real estate magnate and pumping up some cannabis venture in Vegas, sounds really fruity. OK, these all things, if you stand back and look down, they don't make sense. I understand why he beefed himself up. So have you got evidence of this right, as well? Right. Yes, that he got evicted. right. But if you understand how deals are done. Now, do you? Do you? Pardon? No, do you have evidence that he was evicted many times? Uh, yeah, I believe that um, the reporter Millie Weaver had presented all those documents to you guys. Well, bring, chaos. If we can bring Millie up, um, but I don't think she, she never presented any documents to us. Chaos. What was the timeline of the original copy? We've asserted that the FBI got the original copy Correct. in 2019, and then there were either full forensics of it made or parts that are out. When you're in the 2020 in this this alleged Spain thing, is that some copy of a copy or a partition thereof, or what is? What are you talking about? What What did Lev have? You, you Fantastic, think? Robert. So I don't think Lev had a lot. He probably just had. BS. But this is my this is my assessment. When the FBI got the hard drive, they actually were sharing it with other agencies, interagency sharing. And that's what was hijacked by people on Black Planet. And so that is where I first saw portions of the laptop. Some were just PDFs that they were sharing pictures other were actual you know images image files meaning not image files like a picture but mounting images you know for windows systems others were using linux it was the most craziest thing and i picked and prodded just a few that i can get before that 
discussion thread was killed. So the FBI obviously had it. They were, and they're still investigating crimes. It was done in the correct way. And I had that. And then in late 2020, I had the other, the image laptop that um, the Post had, that the mayor had. And, you know, a lot of the things they had didn't have, like, the attachments, like, to the emails, you know? Like, I, I found a document that was part of a of an email on the stuff that I had taken down from Black Planet. So it, it was, it, it, it has the chain of custody for the FBI, now chain of custody amongst journalists. Well, nobody really wanted to touch it. You know, people were scared of it because they didn't want to see. And journalism is being fearless and looking at these things and pointing out the crimes and pointing out the inconsistencies. For me, my biggest issue was that in this laptop, you saw the selling off of American sovereignty bit by bit over the years. I mean, you even had an email discussing how, you know, they knew that Obama was winning in in October and that Mitt had conceded before the elections. It's literally in the laptop. These are discussions that nobody discusses. You know, people were sharing porn and, 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 and him in the boa and crack and cocaine. When, you know, think about it, you know, I actually feel bad for Hunter. Right. I really do. Chaos. Can I ask you a question? Do you object to what Lev said yesterday about the fact that the former president of Ukraine, who was basically put in power by by Putin, was working with the Clintons? And that's why he rejected the offer from Trump. Do you refute that at all? I do. So you do refute both sides. So you refute his whole entire story. Everything and not everything. See, the, the, the thing about getting yourself deals from the federal government is to make yourself look important enough that they can skew what you want so they can get the outcome they want. For those that are prosecutors or U.S. attorney, they know exactly but, what But I'm it goes against about. both sides, though, Chaos. Pardon? He, his, evidence, his evidence goes against both sides of the aisle. So you're, you're, and what you're saying is something that's basically politically motivated. You can't be, I think his evidence hasn't been brought to the light because of the fact that it, it affects both sides of the aisle. And we would finally be able to see that Dems and Republicans are both guilty. They're both messed up. We should we should hold both their feet to the fire. And I think his evidence does that. So why are you giving a politically motivated that, you know, they want to get at certain people so they manipulate it? Why would they do that? They wouldn't. Touch yeah, them at because all. Igor Pasternak was left out of the conversation. That's why. It's always about giving half of the story rather than all of it. This is why I report things when I report things or, you know, and I look at things. Igor Pasternak should have been part of that conversation. So, Chaos, can I ask you a question? Do you believe that you, you said Lev Parnas, he's a liar, he's been evicted, and that goes against him. So you think people's credibility is important, No, correct? no. Okay, hold on. When he sits there and he comes off and he presents himself as this, you know, people should own their dirty laundry mistakes like everyone has mishaps. But for him, he would get very defensive because I pointed out during that period of time, during that period of time when he was making allegations that he was working for President Trump, that he was working for Rudy Giuliani, he was alleging that. He was in the sticks with some cannabis business out in Nevada. And so he was trying to get people to help him understand to maneuver things. These are real things, right? Wait, let me just let me just finish. Okay, so so if, for example, for example, Mark Rossini, I assume you weren't in Spain at the time. He was convicted of um, 
I don't know, some crime in 2007, 2008. He's now been indicted again. Presumably that would impact his credibility, maybe. Is that correct? Would you think that maybe there he has a reason to make up stuff? Or you could argue that, you know, a guy who's a, a one-time felon and possibly now a double felon has some issues. Is that not correct? Or if you, and I'm going to ask this and I'm being respectful, but if you, for example, had made up some of your credentials or had been involved in some fraud cases, we should think about that. Is that not correct? Well, Tyra, I know where you're getting with it. And if you notice, the person that actually came after me is six feet under right now. He killed himself before he was indicted. So, you know, you should be a little bit more read up when you talk about things. Now, what? Just, what, what did you just say? I'm just, really just putting okay. it out there. How's that? But considering this, I don't understand why not acknowledging that Mark Rossini was in the room. Sorry, would why have been are you giving this woman airtime? This is absolutely ridiculous. What, what, one, one second, one second. Chaos. Um, I'm, I'm assuming we misunderstood what you said, and I hope we have, because what you said is the person who came after you is six feet under, and people should be careful. If you just want to clarify that comment, um, because that doesn't sound, um, it sounds problematic on, his, on the face of it. Well, but it's fact. Okay, but, it, but it is fact. It is fact. It is fact. Right? It is fact. But you're inferring. Because I knew where she was going with this. I'm, 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 I'm not, you know, a child. I knew where she was going so with it. So you're saying that people no, no. Who, who allege things against you, they find themselves dead? No, I didn't say that. But I'm just pointing out some facts. Okay, um, so you are threatening her. You are threatening how her. How is that a threat? You need to... That Calm down on the soil. That's unfucking acceptable. No, one hundred percent. I don't know why we're giving. Yeah, this you're here. right. You you're cannot. Right. You cannot right. fucking threaten. Bottom line on is, basis, okay? Mark Rossini was there. No. Lev was supposedly there. He should have known that he was you there. You cannot change the subject. You are changing. No, she's the subject. referring you to Mark Rossini and Ian. I'm not going to play these. Pointing out these weird. It is fact. The guy I, killed himself before he was indicted for the shit he did to me. That's fact. He was an attorney general. What? How relevant is it? How relevant is it to anything? Why mention it? You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, You're right. right. You're right. You should apologize to her. You should apologize to her. I should. Tyra, I'm sorry that I got ahead of what you were trying to do in a very mean way, and I apologize. That's fine. Yeah. Actually, I, 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 just, quite, um, I actually was very scared by what you said, so I appreciate yeah, what you I, just I, said, because I, I certainly do not. I'm really not going there in a way. Okay. And I don't want to have this sort of, I'm sorry. This is really more than I would have ever yeah, Tyra, anticipated. Um, her name yeah. is, is Terry Maris. She's a QAnon <sighs> grifter. Um, she's being sued by Hunter Biden at the moment. Uh, she claimed to be able to travel through time while running an office in Ohio. Um, she is not a serious person. Um, she claims to be a ballerina. I hope she, she didn't did have where she was trained for a, she uh, also claims one second. Let me look this up. Donnie, um, she claims one second, guys. One second, guys. This is uh, this is getting a bit too far. We want to stick to the point. Um, there is quite a conversation going on behind closed doors just to find out like what what's going to happen with chaos. Whether we should keep her on the panel. No, chaos is going to leave. Thank you very much, you guys. I will leave. But I okay. just wanted to say. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted to say. Bye, I wanted to say something on this. Time traveling is called quantum computing, Donnie. Just to educate you when you when you take things. That's okay. That's okay. All right, guys, just stop. stop, stop. No, hold on, hold on. Uh, guys, what what happened, uh, Simon? Because I just got a message saying come back ASAP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, Chaos threatened Tyra. Essentially, said that the last person who threatened her was six feet under. Not threatened her. Well, the last person who came after her was six feet under. 
uh, which is highly problematic. I do think we need I to... I already removed them, man, as soon as you said that. That's crazy. Oh. Are you yeah, insane? Yeah. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Not you insane, as in, like, in general, that's an insane thing to say. I mean, that's crazy. Um, what was it? What, what was it? Okay, so what's the conclusion from the debate? I thought I could take a break uh, after yesterday's marathon. What's the conclusion for the audience that just joined as well, like I have? Chaos lived up to her what name. What I'll say is I think... Uh-huh. People are way exaggerating and reading into what Chaos said. Um, just me knowing more of a background on the situation, what Tira was trying to bring up was hit piece allegations that were made against Chaos, which was meant to kind of trigger her. Um, the other thing, though, is that it is factual that the person who went after her maliciously through political prosecution um, ended up facing his own consequences legally over this whole thing and ended up committing suicide. That's not, you know, to- so I think what happened was the way the conversation went down, which you guys can all, everyone will be able to go back and listen because this is a recorded space. Um, it, it could be easily taken out of context. And I do not think that chaos was in any way threatening Tira. I think she was basically letting you know, well, yeah, the person who brought up those fraudulent political persecution against me is dead and they killed themselves because they were, they got pretty much called out and had to deal with consequences for uh, legally for what they did and and couldn't handle that fact. And uh, Millie, Millie, the problem is that first of all, the way it came across was horrendous. And the second point is this, a big part of what chaos do- did as well as itself some of the points you made as well was about lev's past was about his for example being evicted and various other things and so you were basically saying that his past actions have implications on whether we can trust him right now as a reliable witness and reliable in terms of what he says and what tara was doing was saying that look this approach that you're applying to Lev, can we apply the exact same approach back to you? And then she gave that example. So so there was basis behind why Tiro was making that comment and it was about from that perspective. Do you get what I mean? Sure, I get what you mean. Um, I do think it's different though. Like say um, what, what uh, chaos had happened to her where she was went after and malici- maliciously pro- um, prosecuted and uh, gone after by a corrupt DA, uh, wh- to which no charges stuck. That's a different situation um, than what I was trying to bring up the other night in regards to Lev. And the article that I was citing, which was work from another journalist, okay, so it's not my journalistic work, but it was a, a, a journalist from the Palm Beach Post, um, they bring up uh, a lawsuit that was uh, done essentially against Lev from a family, um, a guy named Michael Pews, who essentially invested money with um, Lev, and he accused him of stealing their money. And this was all played out in federal court, and the family actually won that lawsuit and won a $510,000 judgment against Parnas. So that means a jury saw the evidence of that and actually... um, ruled in the family's favor and ruled against Lev. But he, he admitted that yesterday. Right. So I didn't get to it because so many people were talking over each other and everything else. And the other thing was, is that when I was trying to bring up um, the evictions, um, 
what's key here is is not only was it just like okay um he was evicted because look i get it like i'm sure everyone at another point in their life has had financial hardships and they've gotten evicted um but what was odd was that these were um leases for literally like mansions so $14,000 a month leases another one for an $8,500 a month lease and like like habitual constant evictions um over short periods of time which seemed like it's kind of odd behavior to the point in which these this reporter um at the West Palm Beach sorry the Palm Beach Post felt the need to actually write an entire article about this person so that's why I was bringing up that information because if we're talking about okay is he a credible source let's kind of look at who this person is. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with digging into someone's past. Um, and I think that partially that's why Lev did get kind of triggered and angry at me because I was, I was bringing up some of these things. And I think that's also why chaos got triggered because people, you know, uh, Tira brought up some of these things. Um, I think that you do understand I Millie, that I, the way I Millie, did, can I just say I something? Say. You do understand that I didn't raise a specific case, and I basically did mention mainly Mark Rossini because she was talking about how he was so credible, but he's a felon. I mean, that was the thrust of it. I I am aware of a specific case, but I didn't actually mention it. You do know well, you that. you went there, and you, you, you alluded that you were going there. I alluded so- to it because I didn't really want to have the specific discussion, and that's when she made the comments she made, which still bothered me, but... Yeah, it bothers me that she says that quantum computing is the same thing as time travel because it's not. If you're going to drudge up bad information on her and start doing a a, a personal attack thing. So I get it. Like, I get why she was triggered. And I also get why Lev was triggered the other day um, when I brought up these things. Um, But I think that a lot of the whole space was kind of about Lev and him being this very credible source. Like that's what people were alleging. But I think that it's fair if there are these other verified articles and information out there on him, which might, um, I mean, look, when somebody goes to court, if Millie, ever Millie, did go to Millie, court these Millie, are Millie, things that would come up on Millie, their credibility. Millie, 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 when, when people from yesterday's space made the determination or many of them thought that maybe he's credible, it wasn't based on his past. He even said, I, you know, he even said I lied in the past. He he said, you know, there's many things he admitted himself that basically would impugn his own character. So that wasn't the basis of it. And like I explained, I questioned the guy rigorously to try and basically make him slip up. And the fact that he was very open, explained things in detail, and then they weren't contradictory is why people basically found him credible. And then when chaos came on, and we had it again today, People found her not credible. And then when you've got two people going against each other and one is not credible, is not reliable, is not explaining things properly, is making insinuations but not backing it up, is not explaining details, you then automatically, the person they're going up against, you then find them even more credible. And that's actually what happened yesterday. So it wasn't about his past. It was literally the interaction that everybody had with him on this space. And what all that's happened today is, again, based on... um, um, the inter- uh, based on Chaos's statements again today, we have another scenario where, again, even though Lev is not on the stage, if anything, she's provided even more credibility to him because the person who's trying to say she's not credible 
who is linked to Mayor Giuliani, is basically very not reliable and not credible in terms of all everything she said. So do you get the point? And so when we're asking questions, either don't say something. So it's fine. It's okay to say, look, I can't talk about that at all. No problem. But when she's like, some big things happened from Spain. These people were there. And then I try and help her and explain, is this what you mean? And she's like, no, no, I don't even mean that. It's like no one can trust what you've got to say. What's your thought? No, no, thank I, you for, thank you for refereeing. And that makes sense. But if I could give a little bit of context as to why we might, why you might be feeling that frustration with her, right, versus with Lev. So Lev's coming out and he's making the accusations against Rudy and some of these people that were doing, like, let's say, loosely, I'll say work with Rudy. Okay. So the people who are going to be on the receiving end of those accusations, most likely they don't have possibly immunity deals, right? They don't have, uh, I mean, they're fa- they might be facing um, more political prosecution. They might be facing somebody trying to come at them. So there might be reasons why they can't speak in as much detail as you would like, because look, some of this stuff, it shouldn't be played out necessarily in the court of public opinion. Some of this stuff, uh, people have the right to not um, self-incriminate and they, they should protect their own uh, interests at the end of the day. But what I will say is I do find it pretty odd and, 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 and it raises the question to me why Lev is, confessing essentially in a public space to engaging in all of this criminal activity on behalf of Rudy Giuliani and President Trump. And he can speak so loosely about this without fear of being prosecuted. So that makes me wonder, okay, well, does he have an immunity deal? And is that why he's able to speak so loosely and freely? Whereas some of these other people who, you know, they're on the receiving end of these accusations they might have to be a little bit more careful because hey maybe they haven't received immunity deals he wasn't he wasn't on behalf of president trump this guy's on his own months 15 months later and and we've already established tonight that the chain of custody the fbi had this april of 2019 and then signed off on it of december of 2019 lev was talking about something like july of 2020 who and who knows what copy or portions thereof he was even talking about it's just it's just way down the timeline, and, and, and his. So, 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 so Robert, as far as I remember, and I will have to double check the recording, but I'm pretty sure he said 2019, not 2020. And it, what it, I can it's say, not possible. I it's not possible. Corroborate some of what what Chaos did say in regards to her work that she did do on the Hunter Biden laptop, because I've uh, I've known Rudy for quite a while now, ever since like uh, the day after. Uh, January 6th, but also I worked with, um, you know, Tremarco and others who were really close with Rudy, right? Like Tremar- Mike Tremarco, the guy who we were talking about yesterday. Um, and that was all like since November of 2020. And so w- what I'll say is I know that she went to, to New York and was doing this work for Rudy. I was literally on calls with her. I was communicating with these people. Like I knew about this, some of this stuff going yeah, on. That's a year, so, year like, and a half I after the FBI had it. That's, that's way late. I think, I think um, he was referring to 2020. There's no way that only, only the FBI had it in 2019. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just, what I'm talking about specifically is that, um, the stuff in which chaos is talking about in regards to what she was doing with the Hunter Biden laptop and and her involvement, 
I do have firsthand knowledge that she was going there and meeting with Rudy and doing the, these things. Right, so I fine. know that Millie. she has that, like, I can, I yeah, can Millie, verify Millie. that. Millie, that's fine because she's not here, neither is Lev. So about the laptop, we'll come to it in a second. Specifically about the point you said. So there was two points you see. The first point is that why is why was Lev speaking so loosely about these things? The issue is this. Yesterday he explained this to us. He said that what happened was when he basically realized that Trump and Giuliani had betrayed him, that they hadn't cared about him, that they left him to basically let, let let him in prison and not being there for him and sent him the postcard and sent him sent him uh, sent him a message through a lawyer and he realized that these guys are not going to be there for me he did turn on them and he did provide evidence against them and so from that you one assumes that he, there was some kind of deal in place that he can testify against them in order that he can have you know whatever whatever the sentence is going to be that's just a logical assumption i'm you know one can make so that will be the case but the issue is this with uh, um um you forgot any chaos the issue was this it wasn't just because we all respect if there's a scenario where someone's not able to say something on the space we respect that they could be like look i can't discuss this because it can cause me problems I so even if she said look donnie i don't want to go into specifics because i don't want to you know put, get myself in trouble no problem the issue was that's not what she was doing. She was making insinuations about a topic. So she was like, Spain was important. It had big issues. There were other people there that you weren't aware of. And we were trying to understand the implications of that. What is the point she was trying to make? And then she wasn't furnishing it. So either don't mention it because it's going to cause you problems legally. Or when you're going to mention it, you need to explain it properly. And when you don't, people don't trust you or find you reliable. No, I hear exactly what you're saying. And I understand your frustration because you want to get that information and the evidence to back and verify everything. But we're also dealing with situations where, you know, you, you had Donnie down there earlier claiming what she was doing was criminal and she could go to jail. And you have, you know, I'm sure tons of people listening into this call that might want to try to go after anyone around Rudy Giuliani and these people. And so we have to take it, like I said, consideration that maybe they might have information and they might be able to speak on something but without getting into too much detail. And if you would rather them just not speak on something that they have knowledge of but can't share specific evidence and details with, then I guess make that more clear. But I think that's... But, but what, it wasn't... It wasn't it was, no, but, but Millie, it wasn't that. It wasn't that you don't provide anything. We, again, will respect that. But it was basically making insinuations like oh spain isn't that and then we're trying to understand the point so you don't need to go specifics like what is your point and when we're trying to ask the point she again wouldn't clarify like i said even tried to help her out and i said are you trying to say that basically lev wasn't as important as he said and she was like i'm not even saying that and it was like literally sounded like everything sounded too fake because that's not a major point like what is your point you're trying to make when you're making these insinuations that's fine but you're making an insinuation for a reason so what is the insinuation are you saying that he wasn't as important as as, as he suggested he wouldn't have been in them important meetings i asked that to try and back her up and again she basically said i can't confirm or deny that as well and so the problem you've got is she was making a lot of insinuations but not even not even details but not even trying to explain the holistic point of her of her, of, of what she was saying yeah she was speaking about it kind of loosely and then when you guys would ask for more specifics and details she was hesitant to go into some of so that not the details but what was hey the guys, uh, point? quantum computing is time travel i can't confirm or deny how i know that but just take my word for it okay okay let's let time travel to donny 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 yeah you thank you thank you um yeah uh, millie um were you 
did you interview uh, Tara Maras, aka Chaos, last year, where she said she used psychological manipulation slash warfare for political gain in Afghanistan, and how she she will find out any anything about anybody to ruin their lives. Okay, so some context. Um, she did come forward as a whistleblower who formerly worked under um, John Brennan doing, um, let's just say, intelligence work. And that is what the film I did, PSYOP the Steel, was about, which I was actually targeted um, the morning I was actually uploading this film and arrested. And that's when I had mentioned the, like, couple days ago, since I guess since we're going here, that I was politically gone after by a Democrat. Uh, so that's to- confirmed. That's confirmed. I'm going to reclaim my time and um, give me one second. No, okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to reclaim my time. That's confirmed. Yeah, she thank did you, work you, in intelligence. You. Uh, but as like kind of like a um, a contractor, black hat contractor. I, I I didn't ask for details. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So uh, and I just wanna sorry, I, I got more questions. Go ahead, Donny. I think I'm done. Okay. So um um an important point to note is Lev did say because I gave you my opinion before, but Lev said that he had no deal and neither did was his um sorry so he said he had no deal and neither did he ask for a deal and the reason why he spoke out against Trump uh president Trump and mayor Giuliani was because they because he realized he was basically came out of the maga movement he realized that he can't trust them anymore and he wanted the people to know the truth so that's just what he said but obviously we all have our own opinions on this um anybody got any more questions Robert, no, ahead. I just th- uh, thanks for re- refereeing this. And for those, there's some rotation in the group. Maybe you want to reset the big picture here for the audience. I have somebody who's willing to come in and, and add more to the discussion who um, is actually a fact witness to these meetings. Um, and I think that this person would be able to clarify. This is, um, like I said, Mike Tremarco, the guy who's Rudy's only other client other than President Trump and who uh, could speak to what these meetings were about because um, one of the meetings was in, uh, one of the meetings was actually about Cambridge Analytica because that pertained to the work that he had done with Cambridge Analytica and Rudy was, basically uh, doing work and investigation work for him and on his behalf. So um, he's aware of the situation and was in communications with Lev during that time period. So he might be a valuable person to bring into the conversation. Yeah, Um, definitely bring him in because the issue we have right now is, and like I explained to you, everything's about perception and everything's about understanding and all of us want to get to the truth we don't and for me i'm from the uk so i don't have any side in this we just i just want to get to the truth and find out what the reality of a situation is the issue we have right now is and millie i'll be very honest with you i know she's uh, chaos is your friend but right now without mike coming in and providing substantial evidence or substantial information from the other side right now Everyone believes Lev's story, and nobody, or most people be, believe Lev's story, even when they're on the Republican side. Some are like, "You guess what?" Even though the guy seems dodgy, there's a lot of things that seem seem like he told the truth. And so we need you, you base and uh, 
the number of people who listen to this, I think, is like three, four hundred thousand yesterday. It'll probably be a million by the time the two or three different um, um, spaces have been. And so it is imperative that if there is another side to the story and it is substantial and can demonstrate that there is substance behind it and the person can provide more cogent answers that will help um, the American people, essentially, because a lot of the viewers are uh, listeners are American and the audience here is large to see the other side. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I think that that's why these spaces are important. And um, I'm trying to do the best I can just to reach out to many of the people that I know that were really close to the situation. Um, and they could speak to varying different questions that you guys might have. Uh, you know, Mike, like I said, he was one of the people I met in November of 2020. And he was actually doing a lot of work as well with like the investigations into the election fraud so there were teams of people that were working um so you had kind of like uh, mike tramarco was one of the main people you had the sydney powell people you had um general flynn and you had um uh shoot tony schaefer so you had different te- and then you had um asog which um you know that was like russ ramslin and a couple of others and so you had these different teams investigating the allegations and the information pertaining to the election fraud uh, right after, like, during the election time period. And so I actually went out there to D.C. in November, and I met uh, with these teams and these people, and I met with Mike Tramarco because of some of the information I had pertaining to the, the Sunrise Movement, uh, Zoom calls that I did, and I had a couple other different whistleblowers to bring information to them. Um, so that was kind of like my beginning of getting to know them, but I saw all the working relationships and how stuff kind of was going down. And, uh, like, I, I, I kind of have a good take and perspective into these, these groups and the social networks, if that makes sense, surrounding Trump. Um, and so I know that Mike was very close with Rudy. And he was the one who brought me into uh meeting Rudy Giuliani, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so, so just to be clear, Millie, when Mike comes, Lev is willing to come on stage with him because and, and really discuss this openly with everybody to make sure and find out like the veracity of either points and positions. And I think that's always important. But on this space, we're trying to give everybody a, an, a, 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 an opportunity to put their position across. But like I said, I don't want to keep on repeating what I'm saying, but right now, on these two last spaces, Lev is coming out really well, you see. And so we do, you do need someone from your side to counter. So I think Mike would be brilliant. Is he going to come in on this space or do you want to bring him on for the next space? Well, he said he can come in after 9 p.m. today. So um, that's when he'll he'll be able to come in and I could text his Twitter handle to... You can send it, uh, to, one of the- yeah, send it to me and I'll send it to the guys, Millie. I'm back on stage. Uh, so 9 p.m. ET, correct? So in 45 minutes, Millie? Yeah, give or take. I mean, I know he said he got his kid's birthday today. So, you know, he's going to try to pop in after after that at nine. But I did tell him. So I hope you don't get frustrated about maybe vague or being like or or not wanting to touch in a certain subjects. Just as somebody who's a journalist and a friend and trying to protect sources, I, I did say, like, if there's something information you don't feel comfortable touching on because you need to protect yourself then you draw a hard stop and you don't. So I have to keep in mind that these are people who are being targeted and politically 
persecuted. Um, I mean, that's one of the main subjects I think I've seen you guys covering a lot is Trump, the potential arrest. We've talked a lot in these spaces about political prosecution, persecution, and acting under that, the possibility that anyone around Trump or Rudy could have charges thrown at them in order to then try to squeeze them for for deals and confessions against Rudy or Trump, that's a high likelihood. So we have to take that context into mind. And of course, Millie, Millie, that's just totally fair. Like, we will not press on anything that they don't feel comfortable with. But then equally, I would say that from Mike's perspective, he doesn't bring up something that he doesn't want to then get questioned on. So you can't be like, oh, guess what? This happened in Argentina. And then we're like, what do you mean by Argentina? He's like, I can't discuss it. So he has to know where the line is himself and make sure that he doesn't give us, like, make a statement. And then when we need clarification, not be able to clarify it. So then don't even go down that road. Do you understand yeah, what don't I mean? Blue us. Don't blue ball us with nonsense. You know, just give us the clear, plainest day information. That's all we want. We want the it truth. Nonsense, because this is ver- he's verifiable. Like, yeah, yeah. He- he actually was part of these meetings, conversations, things like that. So it's verifiable that he's associated. It's what is he comfortable sharing and just be grateful for what he shares. And whether you want to believe it or not, that's for you to take away. But I don't think you should pressure him into oversharing into a way that might harm him. Yeah, but this should be done against the chain of custody, like which version it was at what time. Sure, sure. So, Millie, if you can send me through his handle uh, via Twitter, um, that would be great. Or I think you've got my WhatsApp, so you can just send it to me on WhatsApp, and I'll get that. Um, I'll get the invite organized. Um, and Lev, you, you are the Lev is, oh, sorry, Mario, yeah, yeah, I was going to say Lev. Lev is happy to join as well, as uh, Slamman mentioned. So I think it would be good to get because I, I, I and I do agree. I really want to make sure this is balanced. And Slamman, you've you've kind of butchered the point that there's balance missing on one side of the argument. So if someone could come in and offer that balance with uh, uh, with a good argument, that would be great. Go ahead, name. I was just going to say, as far as questioning credibility, um, now I, I like. I'm someone who likes to really stick to actual data and actual facts. That's just how I do my thing. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to like obviously defame, you know, Lev or whatever. He has a story to tell and, and that's fine. And we gave him a forum yesterday and that's okay. But he did, um, you know, my personal opinion is a lot of things are not credible, but I don't know. Uh, but he did say, make a lot of, you know, pretty, you know, wild allegations. Like for instance, he got a postcard or something in jail, um, warning him to stay quiet or whatnot. But, you know, we didn't see a picture of that. Um, but, and he says text messages he has and that we'll see them one day or that, you know, he'll send them to Congress. So a lot of things he did say, you know, we, you know, can't verify that. So we just don't know. But then, you know, so that's one side. And I think as far as saying that he's credible, if you want to just compare him to chaos, I don't think that's fair because she was one of now I'm going to get to that, too. Um, she was just one person who was trying to poke holes in his story. OK, but then when it came to chaos coming up, uh, my issue there was, you know, she had a story, too. And, you know, she was making there was sort of like an elephant in the room when if you you were there for that discussion last night for 45 minutes between Lev and chaos, where she was really focused in on this uh, Madrid st- uh, story. And well, who was there, Lev? Tell us who else was there. Tell us what happened. 
So it's like, well, well, why don't you tell us? Like, I want to hear who, who's the FBI guy? Like, why are you mentioning it? And why does it even matter? That that's where I was struggling, you know, to find what her point even was. And then this is separate from the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. So, um, and then the last thing I want to say is, you know, it's very common to question someone's credibility in general by digging into their past. That's just what that, that happens in court. Okay. Like we can say, well, you did this in the past and they just try to like basically do a character assassination. But when uh, Tira tried to make this point about, well, if we're going to question everyone's past and then sort of didn't even, I don't think remark on one thing about, chaos's past and her immediately immediate response was well the last person that came after me is six feet under was highly inappropriate in my opinion i think everyone agrees on that and is completely indefensible but um i don't think you can judge who's more credible just between two people that are arguing i think there's you know issues with both sides there um and my personal opinion is i don't find you know lev's story credible i would just need to see more I want to see a picture of that card that he says was warning him to stay quiet. I want to see more text messages, you know, things like that for me to believe that story. Thank you, Name. You know what the House Oversight Committee is kind of they're going to avoid all this drama and the divas and the chaos agents. They're going right to the crimes here. They've subpoenaed a lot of information that's come up on the laptop report that are, are very relevant with terms of uh, the $6 million that the Bidens received you know, whether that's buying access and then how much there's there's lots of suspicious activity report reports. There's 400 alleged state and federal crimes that are not related to hookers and blow. So before Donnie and Doc jump in, I do have just an announcement. Um, they, we will have a major announcement very shortly just for the audience to know. I know we're preparing for Mike. Millie did send me Mike's contacts. So I've I'm going to I've sent the invite to Mike um, and I will be announcing something pretty major that will apparently and we're waiting to receive it uh put to bed a lot of um uh, points of concern or points of doubt that are being shared regarding lev's story so i'll be sharing that uh any minute now but go ahead uh donnie and then doc yeah i just wanted to speak to uh what i perceived as lev's character yesterday you know at, when he when the story first broke in like 2018 or what have you um you know it just it just seemed like a weird russian gangster making claims and but what i heard yesterday for four hours it seemed authentic to me um but that's just my that's just my opinion that's my opinion as well i mean you you guys know me you know i'm on the side of hey let's get hunter biden let's bust his ass and uh, yeah i mean i'll add to that it it adds Um, up man i mean my opinion um and everyone's free to have their opinion it it felt uh scripted to me and i'm just gonna need to see I want to actually see this card that he received uh, threatening him to be quiet and these text messages he says. I just need to see more actual hard evidence of that. But, you know, my personal opinion, it was it was a good story. It was it just felt a little scripted. So, Nate, I think I mean, but you do agree that his evidence. Times, right? when, when you have, you know, when people ask you the same questions over and over, you pretty much know what to say. When people ask me questions about. I don't know, certain topics that I'm knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable about, then I have no problem reciting it. It's not even reciting it. It's just that, yeah, this is the facts. These are the facts, and I know these things to be true. I, that, that's the impression I got out of him. Yeah, no, it was a good point, and he had a good comeback for every single question 
opposed to him. So, I mean, I'll give him that. It was and, and name it was his just evidence that was used in the indictment and used in the impeachment trial. It was almost it was mostly his. You know, yeah, so well, I'm, I'm talking about the additional text messages and yeah. this card that I'm talking about all of that stuff. All the do you believe? Do you believe certain, he will give it to us? Because I believe he'll give it to us. I have so, no idea. So Lev, uh, you talk about Lev. Joel. Yeah, we're talking about Lev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I believe I believe he's going to give it to us. I'm I'm pretty confident of that actually. And in terms of the disagreement between um, chaos and uh, Lev. The text message he produced it to us straight away. Immediately was like, "Here, I've got the text message. Sent it to Mario. Mario read it out." Um, so that was like one that he did in real time. In addition to that, he said, and again, I've not looked at this, but I do plan to. He said that there was a hundred pages of evidence that was given as part of the impeachment trial. Um, so that was some information that's out there in the public that can be verified as well, and that would probably give some indication as to his role. Doc. Yeah, just on the general issue of his credibility and i had several questions for him that i thought that he answered fairly well i i would agree with ian after reflecting on my comment to him the comment that i made to lev was you know i had some uh, i was cynical about what you were going to say before you came in here i was cynical through the process but i i got to say now that that it sounds like you're credible and you, you believe that you're telling the truth but I, I would agree with ian he didn't express it this way but as an attorney, I've spent a lot of time preparing witnesses, right? And uh, that's sometimes a very challenging um, thing that to, to try, depending on you know who the witness is and what the topics are. Um, Lev easily could have been just someone who was a very well-prepared witness. He says he's been in touch with his attorneys. Um, I think he probably was being texted during the uh, the space yesterday by his attorney to say, hey, slow down here. These are these are matters that we are going to release, which Lev agreed that he was at some point in time. I asked him if he intended to release them as part of an attempt to sabotage the uh, the campaign of Trump and, and uh, to you know, further damage Rudy, who he clearly has a vendetta against. And it sounds like from he's telling the truth that he's got some reasons to to you know to have bad feelings about how he was treated. But um, I, I do got to say that uh, I, I trust Millie. I think Millie is a very honest reporter. And if if she's bringing aspects of this story um, that haven't been brought to the forefront before, I, I would I would I'm reserving judgment on the whole topic until I hear more. I, want to yeah, ask, so uh, Sam, I, I mean, just from my perspective as well, and because I'm a host, I do think I need to clarify. Like I I'm, I'm like still open to seeing all ideas and positions. In the whole political sphere, I'm actually, you would probably put me more conservative. I'm like more, I think Trump is, Trump being elected is actually more important. That, so if, if I had a choice and I was an American, I would definitely vote Donald Trump. But the issue here is I was just based, and when, when, when Lev came, my whole point was to just expose him, to prove that he was, he had flaws in his statement, to prove that he had contradictions. And after hours and hours and hours of questions, when he was able to make cogent arguments, that's what made me think, you know what, I've really tried to, and I just try and be honest as possible about anything I do. I just thought, you know, I tried to smash this guy and he's literally got a good answer. And when I thought there was holes, I still think there is a couple of holes in the story. Don't get me wrong. I still think it doesn't make sense how the laptop got from Kazakhstan to um, the Delaware store. And uh, uh, more research needs to be done on that. And Lev needs to be asked more questions on that specifically. Uh, but then he says he doesn't know. But then even then, even if he doesn't know how it happened, his, his story about that doesn't, completely work unless there was two laptops and then he does have it out for his story. Um, but 
But the thing is, so then when I say that, look, when he said that, even people who are basically anti-Biden, which I would say I definitely am, I, I, he really did get, he did, and a lot of people on this panel are mainly conservatives. Uh, and yet all of us are saying, you know what, he came across quite well. And that's the, that's why when Millie brings um, Mike, it's going to be imperative that he does give a good standing because then that'll balance out the stage a lot more. But again, Lev will be here, so there'll be a uh, there'll be an, an interaction, and we'll have to see wh- where all of this goes. Um, Patrick, uh, before going to Patrick, Patrick, Patrick has a few holes to poke, so I'll run back up on stage. It'd be great for that. Uh, I, have, I have a quick question for Millie, um, and then and then we'll go to uh, Patrick and Trash. But Millie, what do you need to see to change your mind? I always ask this question in most spaces when when points are being debated. So just as a journalist myself, I would want to see these postcards. I would want to see these text messages and communications. I know he like dropped like one or two, but even the ones he dropped were didn't really prove all of the allegations he's making. So it's kind of one of those things where um, you say, look, see, I knew this person. Here's a picture of me with this person. Like he kind of gave that example about you know, his relationship with Rudy by having a picture with Rudy's baby or not, sorry, with, uh, Lev's baby, right. Rudy and Lev having a, uh, sorry. Say that. What about that picture? Sorry. Say that again. Right. Right. So, so the picture that Lev talked about, he used that as a way to say he had credibility, what he was saying in his argument. And therefore it kind of insinuated that therefore we should all trust him and believe him because of all of this, which, okay. But at the same time, you know, I have pictures of my children with Rudy, but if I then came out and decided to make up a bunch of allegations and wild things about Rudy, that doesn't mean just because I have a picture with Rudy that all of what I could allege, falsely even allege, is verified. Does that make sense? Yes, uh, I, I understand. I think the more evidence, even though the evidence might not be sufficient to make a point, it just all adds up. But I do agree with you, and it seems the main point is the postcard. Uh, I think this is a, a point of contention that most people are mentioning, even when I was going through the comments yesterday, to get a sentiment of the of the audience, the main point of contention everyone was mentioning, and, and the point that did not that they struggled to believe was the postcard. So I think the postcard is probably the, the, the main piece um, that we'd, we'd love to see when, when Lev is ready to share it. But Patrick, I know you've got a few holes to poke, a few concerns with the story. And uh, Slyman is just taking a two-minute break. He'll be back in two minutes. Go ahead, Patrick. Sure, sure. Yeah, and uh, I listened to the whole um, the Twitter and paneling the uh, grand jury yesterday with uh, deposing Lev Parnas, and uh, it was very interesting. Um, but I will kind of agree with uh, Name Redacted uh, on this. And, you know, as for Lev and the laptops, the postcards, et cetera, you know, from from my point of view, what I'm interested in here is the wider picture, the uh, the wider political picture, the impeachment hearings, how that feeds into the Trump presidency, uh, how this also shapes our policy with Ukraine. And so the, the laptop, the postcards, these are important in a way, but they're forensic issues. And experts will be able to met out the details of that um, in due course if there are if there are things to find there and handling it uh, properly, et cetera, legally and so forth. Um, and also believe that um, if there's anything untoward uh, regarding the, uh, you know, chain of custody or whether it was legal or not to, uh, you know, copy the drives or whatever, if there was anything there that could – 
squash this from being looked at. They would have already jumped all over it by now. So I don't think there's a whole lot there. But what, listen to, why do we know about Lev Parnas? And the reason we know about Lev Parnas, the reason he rose to prominence was because of a political reason. Um, and he was sort of the uh, flavor of the month for Rachel Maddow. And why? Because he turned on Trump. So, so much of this is cloaked in political color. And I think this is the thing that you don't want to lose sight of uh, here. And look at the statements that Lev made um, that Giuliani accuses him of being false, for instance, that Trump knew about Giuliani and Parnas's trip to Ukraine. That was big news at the time. But then why is that big news? So Trump knew about this. Is this a crime? No, it's just, it's political. This kind of, so what? But the media was jumping on every single possible nuance or detail. The other is Devin Nunes went to Ukraine to meet Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor, uh, to dig up dirt on Biden. Okay, that was denied. Okay, and uh, so Giuliani and his feud, it's Giuliani says, you know, it's he regrets it, so forth. He's, I think, godfather to one of Lev's uh, kids, I believe. So apparently they were friends before, very close, and now they're not. Um, but that, that's buying the buy. Parnas made some statements that were just outright political. He was commenting on the phone call between Donald Trump and President Zelensky, and he was saying, oh, Trump was delaying an arms uh, shipment to Ukraine. That's the whole basis of the second impeachment trial. And what you have to remember is the whole the whole justification for the House committee on that and Nancy Pelosi was that Trump was targeting his political rival. Now, that was that that was all tabled in sort of July, ready up, readied up in July and August of 2019. Joe Biden was not even a front runner at that time. In fact, he wasn't even considered really in the top uh, tier of the Democratic field. Joe Biden did not emerge as a, quote, frontrunner until after Super Tuesday of the primaries. Okay, so Bernie Sanders was head and shoulders. Liz Warren was much stronger at the time. And there's a whole, Pete Buttigieg was a stronger candidate in the fall of 2019 than Joe Biden. So why was that? And that's when alarm bells should have gone off with everybody as to what this was really about. This was about the Democratic Party and the establishment protecting their king. Okay, protecting their peace on the board. And this peace is so uh, this goes so much deeper than the Bidens. This goes way, way beyond even Hunter Biden. And you have to ask yourself, Patrick, do you mind if I interrupt and just ask you a question about the point you made? Uh, which point about the about the he wasn't a front runner. I mean, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, but it was kind of no. I mean, that, I expect I expected that's a, it. such a weak argument. Let finish. Yeah. Let finish. Yeah, yeah, I'm just let, asking. Uh, I'm just asking one question. Name is is because of what Clinton did to Sanders, wasn't it kind of obvious? Since they're both all part of the same mafia, let's call them. Wasn't it kind of obvious that that's what was going to happen with Biden? It, it, this this is all. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're, we're going down a rabbit hole. Okay, pa- the, Patrick, the, you said he's not a front runner in the fall. He wasn't right a front now. runner. Wait, wait, wait. That, 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 let me finish. finish. The, he wasn't all the even data showed he was a front runner, and the, no, he wasn't. He was I'm getting, looking at the polling getting, data right he now. He was getting Patrick. buried. Patrick, you want to go back and rewrite? Are you rewriting so, history or something? No, Patrick. Are we talking about the same election? Please, Patrick. I'm looking at the polling data right now. The aggregation. Okay. What fall date? Tw- what date? August 2019. What what date okay. do you want? Give me a date. 
You tell me that. August 2019. August 2019, Biden was 30%, the second place person. It was a tie between Warren and Sanders, who had 15%. Okay, so Biden was a front runner according to which poll? This is the aggregation of all the polls. Uh, okay, okay. Well, he, he certainly wasn't performing well uh, well into the beginning of the primaries or I, the I, debates. I mean, I can give you a poll. Like, so, you know, but, tell me a but poll. Listen, let's, 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 let's say you're correct. Let's say you're correct. Let's get to the meat of the issue. That the whole point was, and Lev Parnas's point, is that somehow this was a crime or this warranted an impeachment that Donald Trump had knowledge of what uh, was being looked at in Ukraine, that really Giuliani is somehow uh, besmirched because he went to investigate potential corruption and asking to get information, deposing people, is which what he was doing in Ukraine. And and Donald Trump is somehow uh, committing a crime or some level of treason because he's wanting to vet the government of Ukraine that they're doing business with, okay? that And if the Bidens are involved, and it's neither here nor there, whether Biden's his political rival, because Joe Biden does not have executive privilege of the vice presidency when he was the viceroy, unofficial viceroy of Ukraine between 2011 and 2016. So it's neither here nor there. This was a completely political talking point. And Lev Parnas was basically repeating what was essentially a mainstream media, a Democratic or Nancy Pelosi-led Congress talking point. That's the basis for the political show trials that we all had to suffer through, two of them, in fact. So what is this more than uh, a way to cover up the real question? Why did Joe Biden want to fire Victor Shokin? See, that's the big question. And this is what really Giuliani went to Ukraine to find out. And the answer would be, most people would think it's to investigate Burisma, but not quite, not quite. And and according to the general prosecutor's office, what they filed is Biden and his partners had received 16.5 million, okay, for their services regarding Burisma. But did that money come from Burisma? And that's what the investigation in Ukraine was all about. Or was that money coming from other illicit means? And Parnas mentioned uh, Maria Yovanovitch, who was the uh, ambassador to the Ukraine, who was a witness during, I believe, the first or the second impeachment trial. I think it was the second one. Yeah, it was the second one. And so and and Trump wanted to fire her. Okay, and why? Why was that? Because she was uh, suspected of an obstruction. Maria, when she was, this is reported. Everything I'm saying is public knowledge. When she well, was, yeah, about, it's reported, but it's no, no, no. Listen, right-wing. you want to hear the, you want to hear the actual charge. This is from the Ukrainian prosecutor's office. Yeah, but she, what, she, what listen, listen. She blocked what prosecutor's listen, office. What prosecutor? Ukraine, GP, the GPO yeah, of Ukraine. Name, no, yeah. name. What what prosecutor was in charge at the time? This is this is what the GPO is the general prosecutor's office in Ukraine. This is what they filed. Is that We're, is that Shokin though? What this, prosecutor? This was an investigation. This was announced at a press conference. What this year? Was, uh, twenty probably twenty nineteen. So okay. then, then it was. Let me. Was let, you want to hear the? You want to hear the actual charge? Listen, the reason the, what she was blocking was GPO officers come getting uh, visas. So Patrick, let me. Be, I'll give you the mic again, you, just two seconds, just for the audience. If anyone is or knows a handwriting analyst, a handwriting analyst, please do DM me. Just send me a DM saying handwriting analyst. 
and any more information, please. So that goes to the audience as well. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Patrick. Thanks. Thanks, Mario. The reason uh, Maria Yovanovitch was blocking the visas of Ukrainian GPO officers to come to Washington to share notes with the Trump administration on this very issue. So they had their visas blocked by Maria Yovanovitch at the time because they were coming to, to share information about a scandal that goes so much bigger than Hunter Biden. OK, so what, what are we looking at here? We are looking at money stolen from yeah but but, but the, Patrick you're you're not you're not giving the entire story oh oh I, you want to hear the whole, whole story i'll tell no, you no well well yeah oh, so, let, yeah you're so missing the good part Ivanovich was also detailed attempts by Giuliani to interfere in the state department's consular decisions right well i'm talking and, about the, i'm talking about a specific he incident to override here. a us visa for Shokin. She was overriding multiple visas for but, Ukrainian. But Giuliani G GPO tried to interfere for, with the State Department and override a visa for Victor Shokin, the corrupt prosecutor. So that's why she did what she did. No, these were multiple officers. And no, what, but, what I mean, the, I'm telling you what happened. That's, that's well, what happened. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it from the Ukrainian press, which is public public knowledge and there was a press conference so what is this about now, this I'm is reading about it from the new york times which is american uh, the new york, media not okay. ukraine so you, well, you're I'm, you're trust I'm, wait 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 so you're trusting ukrainian media the corrupt ukrainian media as you guys say oh, over the, the united is states the ukrainian media. media any more corrupt than the new york times <laughs> as, a, as opposed to the corrupt new york uh, new york times media so, so you're saying the new york times is wrong and the ukrainian media is right on this i'm telling you what i'm telling you is public record Okay, so and so, what I'm telling you is public record as well. Well, what, can you let me tell the story? Or are you going to continue to sort of gaslight me? Well, no, I'm I'm not gaslighting. I'm just telling yeah, you, you the, are. the rest you are of the because story. Because you keep interrupting me, so I don't give the people the story right, that want go to ahead. hear the story because you don't want them to hear it. Or would you like? No, to hear well, it? I mean, I'm just giving the whole. Would you story, like to hear I'll, it? Go for it. Okay, so the scam is this. Okay, so the accusation was that Hunter Biden. And other uh, partners received money, not from Burisma. And so they're investigating. Victor Shokin was investigating Mikola uh, Zhevchevsky. He was the owner of Burisma. And you're talking, this is a state junk bond scam. Okay. 7.4 billion, billion U.S. dollars. That's what this is about. And so this is money taken from the Ukrainian budget, then sent to offshore accounts, Okay, this is all in public, okay, but the U.S. press won't touch this story. Neither will the impeachment hearings or anybody else. So $7.4 billion U.S. into offshores, into a U.S., a leading U.S. investment fund called Franklin Templeton Investments. And then they take the money and they go and purchase uh, sovereign debt at 6 to 8% yield, Okay, so what's ha what happened was there was a run on sovereign debt. The people in the U.S., very high up, were using Ukraine as an ATM machine. Okay, and this was putting the Ukrainian government into debt. And even at, to Zelensky's credit, at the beginning of Zelensky's term, and his people tried to uh, work to try to get to the bottom of some of this, but the, of course the country is so corrupt. So this was a scam that started under Viktor Yanukovych, Petro Poroshenko continued the scam. And I think Zelensky didn't really have the wherewithal or the power to really do anything about this. So what happens in the end? Why is this so important? How come no one wants to talk about it? Is because this goes all the way up to the Democratic donor class. Because black. propaganda. And, no, it's, because no, it's, it's propaganda. not. It's, yes, it's it is. 
No, this is not propaganda. This is actually pretty well reported. Yeah, but he is missing a key point. And you want to hear the best part? Just want to hear the best part. I want to hear. I do want to hear, but there is a key point. Listen, one second, Patrick. One second. I want Patrick to finish, and then I'll pass the mic on to somebody else. I just wasn't. I just got back. But Patrick, finish your finish your point, and then Ed, you can note down any points of repetition, and then you can you can you can have the mic. Go ahead, Patrick. So, so you have a U.S. firm connected to the Democratic donor class. Okay, one of Obama's biggest donors, and BlackRock investments okay so that that's why this goes this goes way above the pay grade of even joe biden or hunter biden and this is why this this will never be reported this is why they're constantly doing rearguard action on this that's what the impeachment trial was about the second one was to squash any any sort of joint investigation or cooperation between the u.s government which happened to be under donald trump at the time and the Ukrainian government, which happened to be uh, at that point, uh, Vladimir Zelensky as the new president, because if they would share notes, if Viktor Shokin, who Biden publicly boasted that he got fired by run by basically holding uh, a, a U.S. one point four billion, I guess, loan over over the sword of Damocles over the Ukrainian government's head if they didn't fire the prosecutor, because that prosecutor had all this information. And this is what the GPO was working on at the time. And he got fired. And that was the end of that. So I'm just saying to people, there's a lot more to this story than just the surface narrative. And even much more than Hunter Biden's uh, 83 grand a month from Burisma. It's way bigger than that. But I'll leave it there for now, and uh, I'll drop a link with the details of this into the comments if you want. But Patrick, I agree with everything you said. The one part I think you're missing out is <clears throat> he was impeached not because he was doing an investigation. He was impeached for abuse of power and obstruction to Congress, and that's because he was, he was withholding military funding that was already promised to to them in order to get that investigation. That's but, why he was impeached, not because but, he was investigating. Yeah, but his defense was that basically Ukraine was corrupt as the day is long, which nobody is going to argue with. And the Congress that, had already it, promised the funding, though. It doesn't matter. If if you're going to give money to, or weapons to a country that's at the top of the global corruption index, and you're hearing from their prosecutor's office, and you know about this because it's being reported in the Ukrainian media, that they're running a junk bond scam, and it's being laundered through but, U.S. But, it's being laundered through a United Fine. States. Let's, let's say you're 100 percent right. Me, you uh, don't withhold it. You it's just being reject laundered it. through the U.S. And then back to just let me just quickly jump in, and then Joe, I let you let you uh, uh, go back on your to your point. So, um, so we do need handwriting analysts. The team is reaching out to 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 a few, uh, but I do want to say, um, yes, so I do want to say that the we have seen or I have seen the postcard. Um, but I have not verified it. It's going to be very difficult to verify uh, because I know this is the main point of contention. So we do have a team, well, I have a team, a very close team, so it's not leaked, that is trying to verify the postcard. And Lev did say he will be sharing it publicly as well. So that's going to be next. Ma Mario, didn't didn't it get pointed out by someone in the space last night that Lev essentially uh, said there were two postcards because he said he at one point, he received one at his home, and then he received one in the jail cell. I don't know. What he said was, as far as I remember, he said um, he received a postcard in his home, and then the lawyer reiterated the same point. 
get John Dowd in. Uh, he didn't say he received a postcard him. under his home. He said he got a postcard pushed under his cell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so he got cell. yeah. So the postcard was was shared uh, under the cell. Um, and let me see what I'm allowed to share. Okay, uh, can I? Okay, so I, I can share what the front of the postcard says. So the postcard was smuggled out of jail. That I'm reading out what Lev just sent me. The postcard was smuggled out of jail by my lawyer. I was later searched, I think he means, and they were pissed they couldn't find it. So the postcard was smuggled, um, and the postcard does read um, – actually, let me – I have to confirm for what I could say on what the postcard says because it doesn't mention another name. But uh, So that, I hope that answers your question. Hey, go ahead, Milia. So, so I, I, can, I just, can I just say something in regards to Victor Shokin? And, I mean, Les, Lev Karnas said this as well last night, but it, it was well known that all of the Western world, the vast majority of the Western world, wanted Shokin out because he was a corrupt prosecutor. Patrick talks a lot about Ukraine being corrupt at the time. Shokin was one of those corrupt individuals. Also at the time, when Biden made, those, made that statement saying he got the prosecutor fired, when Biden actually was one of the elements in getting him fired. It had bipartisan support in U.S. Congress. Republicans supported it as well. So it wasn't something that was just Biden trying to get Shogun fired. The vast, vast majority of the Western world wanted this corrupt prosecutor fired. What business does the Western world have to do with picking and choosing who prosecutors are in Ukraine at the very same time the vice president's son is doing a no-show job, getting 83 grand a month, and he's being inve- his firm's being investigated by that same prosecutor, and you really buy that Shokin's corrupt. That was a mainstream Democrat talking in, point. Patrick, you're not correct. Shokin is corrupt. Everyone agrees. Shokin is corrupt. Shokin is corrupt. Shokin is corrupt. It's like a broken Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Yeah, go ahead then. You told me I didn't want you to let you talk. Let me talk now. Yeah, the Ukraine is the 51st American. Ian, Ian. Okay, let's. Shokin was not. Shokin. Go ahead, Ed. Ed, you're muted. Bottom left corner. Ed, you're muted. Bottom left corner. Is it glitching for you? Can anyone unmute? Yeah, I'm sorry. So, Shokin was not investigating Burisma. He was not. It was on his quote-unquote to-do list, but he wasn't actually investigating them. Says and who? Parnas, and Parnas, says who? Parnas has Parnas a video. says. Yeah, Parnas Par- says that, which no. uh, is something that I don't understand how Parnas would know this. Right? I don't has, understand but it was re- it's been reported throughout, throughout just, multiple Ukrainian media outlets. You guys can reply. Is the, is the whole Ukrainian like, media lying? Patrick, Patrick, come on. You've had, you've had 15 seconds, and then you can respond to him. So, okay, so last night, Parnas said that he has a video of Victor Shokin telling him and Rudy Giuliani that he was not investigating Burisma. He had motive to make a statement prior to that that he was investigating Burisma. And it's... It's also known in the Western world that he wasn't investigating Burisma because the British were investigating Burisma. The British were investigating them, and they tried to get Victor Shokin to investigate Burisma, and he did not. That's fact. 
And that's not what Rudy Giuliani's saying. This is not what the Ukrainian so president. Rudy Giuliani's opinion matters, but let's but but so you're say. saying you're saying U.S. Uh, and British who are basically right now running point on the Ukraine war. Okay, you're saying that uh, they're correct, and the whole Ukrainian yeah, so press I'm, I'm is saying, lying. I'm saying I'm more likely to believe them than a corrupt prosecutor in and Ukraine. A corrupt prosecutor that your media told you was a corrupt prosecutor. That's and who told you point. that he wasn't corrupt? Your that media? He was investigating uh, the owner of Burisma in a massive state junk bond That was a separate scandal. investigation, though. $7.4 billion scandal. That's significant. It, it wasn't but Patrick, why would you... Would... That was a separate investigation in regards to a different... It was the, it's the same thing. It's the owner of Burisma. It's That's not what the this same was thing. about. The owner of Burisma... You guys are covered. You're trying minister. to pave over all the He was the also a minister in Ukraine, and he also had other companies and his other company, I believe it was his other company that was being investigated and Burisma was not. It was. Everyone's trying to divert away Ed, from the scandal. Ed, how, what's the evidence? And, and uh, this point is very important because there was a bit of flaw in uh, Lev's argument in terms of timeline and his main out for this was that he was corrupt. What is your proof, Ed, that he is corrupt? Like, what's he actually that, done? That Shokin is corrupt? Well, my, my evidence is that the Western world, basically every country in the West, the United States, Republicans, Democrats, all said he was corrupt and all wanted him out. That is not so, so, evidence. Ed, that's not evidence, though, is it? That's just people. Well, I mean, so uh, I mean those in power telling you someone Ed, is corrupt. Ed, that's not Ed, evidence. That is narrative. You have to produce evidence that he's actually corrupt. You cannot just say that a person is corrupt without providing evidence. This is okay, but, but you're, your you're, saying, you're saying that Biden had choke and fire because Hunter Biden was work because Burisma was corrupt and Hunter Biden was working for them. Provide evidence of that. Provide evidence showing Biden that that's the reason why. Biden no, no, bragged about firing him. You do not exactly why he that... fired him, but wait, wait, he bragged let, let me about firing him. Ian, Ian, let me just finish. Show evidence. If you want me to show evidence that the entire U.S. government and most of Europe, that's what they say. Now, you're giving me this idea that Hunter, that Hunter Biden was working for Burisma. Obviously, he was. But Joe Biden wanted choke and fire because he was investigating Burisma. Show me evidence that he was investigating Burisma. There's plenty of evidence. It's documented all over the Ukrainian okay. press. Okay, that, so you're basing it on the Ukrainian press, but when I want to base you, it on the U.S. Is, are you saying it's a hoax? Are you saying that's a hoax? And the New York Times. No, I'm, what I'm saying is you want to base it on the Ukrainian press, right? You, I'm basing you, it on what the Western world says, what the U.S. What the government Western says. World says. Let me okay. finish, Patrick. Let me finish. <laughs> I want to base it on what the U.S. government says, what what the Western world says, and what the New York Times says. You want to base it on what the Ukrainian press says. Patrick, 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 I just feel like your arguments are, very, are the same. You're both relying on the press. And I guess you're saying Ukrainian press is more reliable. Ed's saying the Western Well, it's Zelensky's, uh, Suleiman, it's, yeah. it's Zelensky's party. Someone from his own party uh, hold the, held the press conference. That's the incumbent president. So this but is not, Vic, it's not Victor Yanukovych's like to do or anything. Patrick, sorry, Patrick, carry on. 
It's not Viktor Yanukovych. It's not even Petro Poroshenko. Okay. So you trust the Ukrainian government over the U.S. and the Western world's government? That's what you're saying. I I, I believe because uh, Zelensky ran on cleaning up corruption, and he appointed one of his deputies, Dubinsky, from the Servant of the People Party, to to help get to the bottom of this massive scandal that had been basically a hangover from the last two. Uh, president, presidents, presidential administrations. And so they held a press conference. They put all the information out in public. It was reported by multiple Ukrainian press outlets. Everyone in Ukraine knows this. No one in America knows it because we're all gaslit by our mainstream media that's trying to cover it up because the trail goes back to Washington. Yeah, Patrick, obviously. Pull, pull your mic away the Ukrainian media outlets that he's. Which exactly, which ones were they? Were they the ones that were kicked out for being um, Russian owned and uh, foreign intelligence agencies? No, no. Zelensky uh, is not a Russian owned president. No, I know. But what I'm saying so, is. So are you saying that. At the time. Are you saying that his first minister. Are you saying the previous president or the. the what was the guy? What's the, this yeah, is like an ad hominem it. character assassination. This is a, this is a total fallacy what you guys no, are what, trying what to do. What he's saying is the previous president. What was Yana, Yana, What was the guy the Manafort was working for? You don't know he the president. First. You don't know the previous president. I, I, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't. So say you're, you're lecturing me on you what, what's true in Ukraine, oh and you can't even name the last three presidents. No, I don't. I can't recall the president. This right. President before. Okay. Like, how many people in this room can name this? Yeah. So you're real credible then, Ed Poroshenko. So just a quick, quick update, guys. Just a quick update. Um. So uh, it's Mike, isn't it? So so Mike, is he on stage? Oh, Mike is on stage. Mike? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm on. But oh, wow, we're okay. available to uh, speak in about 10 minutes. Okay, so. just put, put your hand up or jump in unmute whenever you're ready to speak. Um, we will get Lev up as well. Um, in the meantime, just regarding everyone jumping in, trying to find out what the revelation is that missed it. So we do have a picture of the postcard. Just want to confirm we haven't verified it. That will take time to verify. Um, but uh, we do have at least a picture of it. Um, in the meantime, I'll, I'll give you back the mic, uh, Nick and Slaman, and I'll get Lev up on stage. Um, yeah, I want to go back to Patrick. Uh, Patrick, uh, sorry, Pat, continue. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just I'm just relaying you to what's out there in the public domain, okay? And if people don't want to join the dots on that, that's totally up to them. But I, we see a lot of politicized, uh, you know, filters on people's eyes when they're looking at the facts. And this is why the country, this is why America is in the worst political shape. It's completely polarized is because people do not want to look at the actual facts. And everybody's got a political narrative that they're defending. And this is the source of all of our problems here. And guess what? We've got an octogenarian curmudgeon that is pushing the country, Europe and the world to the precipice of World War III. Largely, in my opinion, there's a lot of political motivation to basically cover up a God holy mess that had started under the Obama administration and total mismanagement, carelessness, a train wreck of a foreign policy debacle. That, that's what this is about as well. That's what it feels like to me. Well, it's welcome back. Pat- Patrick, let me... Actually, I'm going to welcome Lev back. Uh, let him respond to that directly. Yes, hi. Hi, Patrick. And uh, I'd like to, first of all, with all the respect, uh, you said a lot of things and <clears throat> most of them were not true. 
first of all, the person that held that conference was Andre Dirkach, who is a known uh, sanctioned U.S. Uh, fugitive from Ukraine and a sanctioned person from the U.S. and has nothing to do with Zelensky's administration. He is the, That's not who I was talking about, Lev. I was talking about Dubinsky. Dubinsky. What was, and what did he say? What, what did Dubinsky say? Well, you can you can read the transcript. It's uh, I'll drop a link. Please in the, do in the comments section. Please do. I I know about Derpach as well. He he also held a press. Correct, and that's where the information came from. It was a joint press conference. Correct, wasn't with Derpach. Okay, correct. So Thanks. exactly. Yeah. So okay. Derpach okay. is a wanted criminal fugitive from Ukraine and a sanctioned person from the U.S. and is known that was funneling Russian propaganda to Ron Johnson, Devin Nunez, and to Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani met with them, flew to Ukraine with them, had meetings with him, and that's where the information came from. So if you want to trust Andre Dierkach and what you're talking about, I feel sorry for the information you're listening to. I'm just repeating what's in the public domain, Lev. It's, that's but, all. You know, you're, you can't have it both ways. You say that Ukrainians are corrupt, but then certain media that you believe, certain Ukrainians you believe, certain Ukrainians you don't believe. There were five prosecutor, Ukrainian prosecutors like Lutsenko, came out and said that that was false. Do you believe Lutsenko, who was the prosecutor at the time that didn't want to charge, uh, said that there was no investigation into Zelensky? Or do you believe Viktor Shokin that was fired as a corrupt prosecutor that said that there was? So which prosecutor came out and said what was false? What what specifically that, did they that, come out and say? That Hunter false? Biden did nothing illegal in Ukraine, and that's why they don't open an investigation into him. This is what I what I just talked about. Lev was not really about Hunter Biden. This was much bigger. This is about the junk bond scandal, the sovereign debt scandal. Well, this, well right? if you want to talk about the sovereign debt scandal, that was approached to us by Lutsenko that came to Rudy Giuliani, and originally that's why how they met. And Lutsenko and, asked and, him, "So let me tell you about it if you want to hear about it." And Lutsenko asked yeah, and Lutsenko asked Giuliani to go look into it, and Juli- and he wanted to meet up with Attorney General Barr to discuss it as one prosecutor to the other. And Giuliani gave him a $200,000 contract and told him that if he wants to meet Attorney General Barr, he has to retain him for $200,000. And Lutsenko got pissed off and said, why do, as a general prosecutor of Ukraine, do I have to pay to meet the general prosecutor of the United States? And that meeting never happened. So if Giuliani really was going to investigate it, which he was never planning on to because I was with Giuliani, he would, <laughs> all Giuliani cared about was taking money from Lutsenko to set up a meeting with Barr. Well, that's what you say, but that's no, not Julian. But that's a, that's public information. I'll show you the contract. The contract's out there in the well, New York Times and the Washington Post. I've given it to them. There's over. But but you do you do admit there's a sovereign debt scandal, right? There was a the sovereign debt scandal that Lutsenko said that there was go that there was Ukrainian money that was funneled into the U.S. and that he wanted to investigate. With and back to the and back to Ukraine. Back, Co- correct. It, it, that was, that was, so the correct. people got robbed twice, correct. right? Correct. I, that the was, people got robbed 100%. twice. That's 100%. That's 100%. Okay, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's what Lutsenko came. But Giuliani told him that he didn't care about that. All he cared about was getting the information about Hunter and Joe Biden and Burisma. And that if he wanted him to help him, he would have to hire him and give him $200,000 for him to introduce him to AG Barr. And that's why that whole investigation died out and never happened. But you would agree with me, Lev, that a $7.4 billion sovereign debt bond scandal is much bigger even than Hunter Biden's monthly stipend at Burisma. 
I mean, that's as someone's opinion. I mean, uh, but obviously Giuliani didn't agree to that because he thought that it was more important to get information on Joe and Hunter Biden than look into that bond scandal. And that's why he never looked into it. Well, I, I personally think that the real scandal is is the state bond scandal because it hurt the Ukrainian people. It put them into a debt spiral. I agree. People were using oh, that I country as an ATM. It's definitely machine. a much bigger issue. The problem is the people investigating it are not interested in it because uh, because you know Donald Trump didn't have anything to benefit from you pursuing that. Correct. Nobody investigated. That's I agree with you. He did come with that. That was Lutsenko's main goal when he first met with Giuliani. But Giuliani basically told him that if he wanted to, him to help him in any way, he A, had to help him with the Joe and Hunter Biden stuff, and B, he had to hire him for $200,000 and gave him a contract. And then when and then when he was told that that contract wouldn't look good for Giuliani because he was representing the president, he made up another contract and hired to hire Joe and Victoria, Victoria Tunzing and Joe DeGeneva. And both of those contracts are public information. I, I want to go to... Um... Uh, Mike, I'm not sure if you're back with us. Uh, Millie, can you let us know when Mike – do you know when Mike will be available again? Because I know he needed a few minutes. Yeah, he said he was wanting to come in at 9.15. Oh, okay, no so problem. We'll give him another 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 10 minutes. Whenever he can, just tell him to – just send him a text. You can unmute and, and uh, just let us know he's on. But Millie, I've got a question for you. Just kind of give the audience a bit of a, a – you know, anyone that was not there yesterday or earlier today, can you please introduce – Tell us again who Mike is and how he, how he comes into the story. So Mike Tremarco, um, he was uh, Rudy Giuliani's other client other than Trump. And he uh, was dealing with some Cambridge Analytica um, situations. I first met Mike actually in November of 2020, right after the election, um, because I had some whistleblowers and I also had some information and evidence that I you know other journalists found it um, credible and um, concerning enough to where uh, they made the introduction with Mike and Mike is kind of like the the guy who um, introduced me to Rudy Giuliani he was really close with Rudy and he has a lot of knowledge into what was going on during the investigations into the election post election day and he also um, has information regarding this situation in which, um, you know, Lev has made these claims. And so I'm hoping that Mike will be able to come in and possibly speak to some of this information since he did have some firsthand knowledge and information into um, what the situation was about, including who was uh, present or who or what these meetings were about. Um I'd rather let him kind of say a lot of it from his own words, though. No problem. So he should be able to pop in soon. Yeah. Actually, thank you, Millie. I'm on now. Um, I think you guys should be able to hear me. My mic is on. We can uh, hear you fine. And I just first want to welcome you. It's first time on stage. Appreciate you giving us your time, Mike. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Um, so the, uh, the my relationship with... Uh, with uh, Rudy began in the summer of 2019 contemporaneous with the infamous phone call with, uh, with Zelensky. Um, and immediately or the night before the trip to Madrid that, uh, Rudy took now, uh, Mr. Parnas may or may not remember, but that trip 
the original trip was actually postponed for bad weather. So, uh, they, in other words, the, the, the plane couldn't take off because of weather, so they uh, postponed it for a day or so. Um, I had met uh, Rudy for the first time the night before uh, at the Havana Room in New York uh, related to what um, – my uh, what went on in my business life with Cambridge Analytica, which literally started in two. Can, can you remind us what, what, what month? What month? What month was that again? Oh, that's uh, July of 2019. Thank you. Yeah, carry on, please. Um, and uh, and I had uh, have had a couple of things happen with respect to uh, uh, the whole Cambridge Analytica. Um, kind of coming into my life, into my business life, literally in 2009, and then it surfaced again in 2017 uh, through an individual known uh, as Mark Rosini, who's a former uh, FBI agent. He has a wiki page, and he's relatively well-known amongst FBI agents as he was the um, the CIA-FBI liaison during 9-11. Consequently, he knows Rudy Giuliani well, or, or as well as anybody who, you know, would have worked in and around New York City in that capacity in 9-11. Uh, and in April of 2019, so that was all going on leading up from about 2017 up to 2019. And then in uh, April of 2019, uh, a couple of the managers and other board members in a company that I own, a financial technology business that I own, came to me and said they wanted to put Frank Biden on the board of directors. Now, it's my choice who goes on the board of directors because I own the company, and I was puzzled why a Biden would want to come on to the board of directors of this company, um, and also why I would ever be in favor of such political hackery, just on the face of it. Um, uh, And I was told by the manager that I brought on that uh, he likes the Biden brand. And I said, I'm not even sure what that means about the Biden's having a brand, but I certainly know it now. But I, with that, I said, I got to, you know, too many strange things are going on. Let me, let me get in touch with, uh, with Rudy. But the uh, piece of the story as it fits into what my understanding is of what, uh, um, what Lev is saying is that I know the reason why Mark Rosini was met during that trip in Madrid. And it was because I asked Rudy to go meet this fellow by the name of Mark Rosini, who happened to also be living in Madrid. So I thought it a pretty big coincidence when I was talking about this Cambridge Analytica situation and the Biden situation that he was saying he was going to Madrid the very next day. I said, well, that's pretty fortuitous because as a guy, you know, the guy, you know, obviously that you already know named Mark Rosini happens to live there. And he was a central character in this whole issue around Cambridge Analytica um, that Rudy uh, ended up actually that night becoming my attorney for. Um, But that is the first, um, that's the first uh, meeting with uh, Rudy. And then from there, uh, a couple of weeks before the election, obviously, you know. Sorry, one second. Sure. One second. So, when when the, you went to Madrid with Mark Rosini, what date was that? 
I didn't. So when I didn't Giuliani, go to sorry, 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 when Giuliani went to meet Mark Rosini in Madrid, what was the date? It was a, a couple of days. I want to say like August first or second. A couple of days after the Zelensky call with Trump. So 2019. Yes, I mean we could look in the yeah. news and we could figure it out, but it was right then. Um, and uh, yeah, so the the reason why he met with Mark Rosini to begin with was. Um, was me. I know it was me because I, I asked him to go meet with him. And then when he got back, he said, yeah, he did meet with him. I don't know what they discussed or what they talked about, but they did know each other from before that because of nine 11. That's pretty, you know, well-established. If you just uh, look at the wiki page for Mark Rosini and, um, but let me fast forward a little bit from there. Um, I worked on, uh, uh impeachment one as an investigator, uh, helping, uh, helping uh, Rudy with the uh, w- with that whole thing and then some of the investigation that was going on regarding Ukraine then. And then that led directly into COVID, which kind of shut things down for a while, obviously. And then uh, the Hunter laptop came into play and uh, uh, Rudy needed a business person uh, to try to interpret what was on there. So I met uh, I think it was the same day that they got it from Delaware in the Trump Hotel and uh, began working on that, and that led right into the Sorry, election. Can I just what was the date of that when you received it? Uh, the same day that they got the laptop, the Bernie Carrick and Rudy Giuliani got the laptop uh, from the Delaware uh, um, laptop owner, I believe it was, or they cleared it through the Delaware authorities and then they brought it to the Trump Hotel. Yeah, so what day, do you remember what day that was? No, was it's, uh, it's probably two. It's that that again is in the news, but it was about two day two weeks before the election. Okay, and then because there was a lot of, and I don't really consider the stuff on that laptop that you would say is business. It's not really business. It's just you know, it's it's like quasi government and government you know related companies that are really hard to discern. Uh, what's going on in a real business context. So my thought was to bring in Mike Flynn to review the laptop uh, because that, you know, he would have a better idea of this cast of characters, especially the ones out of China and, uh, and his experience. And I think it's, it's well, his experience and uh, expertise is well regarded probably on both sides of his ability to take information out of digital sources, integrate that information, review it very quickly and get the intelligence you know, back out into the field in a, in a military context. And, you know, obviously we did not have a lot of time two weeks before the election to try to do the same thing. And, and, you know, there was so much information to be gone through. I figured Mike Flynn would be a big, a good person to bring in. Um, Rudy didn't have his contact handy. I didn't either, but I did have Sidney Powell's contact. So I called up Sidney Powell and said, we'd like to get Mike Flynn in here to Rudy's apartment to review the laptop. And she uh, promptly showed up in uh, New York and then started telling us that, uh, uh, you know, she doesn't think Mike Flynn should see it because of uh, whatever legal machinations she decided to 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 come up with. And then I found out later uh, after the after the election, uh, well, after the election, even even after the inauguration, um, that uh, she never actually told Mike Flynn that the laptop was there. And uh, that was my first experience with, um, with Sydney, but Sydney ended up in the mix and obviously down into, uh, into DC uh, because of her invitation up to Rudy's and she went with the team down 
to uh, to DC um, from uh, from uh, Rudy's or from New York. She wasn't staying at Rudy's, but from working with the team on that, and that's how she ended up at least at the beginning in such a prominent uh, position. And then as it's well been well reported, she was fired, you know, pretty shortly thereafter for some pretty significant, even in my opinion, uh, malfeasance. Did you want to speak to the situation more with Sidney Powell? No, I don't, I don't, that, that could be for another day. Um, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, my overall experience and feeling is that uh, she was in it to raise money and she did raise a lot of it. I think it's pretty well documented from uh, uh, some of the stuff that Patrick Byrne has put out there and her whole MO, even, even being around Rudy and around uh, for the Hunter laptop. And then after that was, uh, was a craft she learned pretty well representing Mike Flynn, which is essentially go on TV and people will send you checks. Right. And sure enough, that's certainly what happened. And she was uh, right there at every uh, chance to get on TV until uh, she was given the hook by the uh, by the Trump or the Giuliani Trump team. And then um, and then uh, shortly thereafter by Mike Flynn himself, who got her out of uh, D.C. and off the TV. So, um, and the, you know, the, the, from there, that all played out. But there's a lot more that she uh, did besides trying to be on TV, which I believe caused significant harm to the uh, the whole um, investigation. So, but she back to the... everyone. What's that? I said she conned everyone. I'm sorry, I muted you, uh, Ian. Uh, I muted everyone by, by accident, but I want to go oh. to... Slaman, you dropped in. Yeah, I, I, was back just up saying, I was saying that I was saying Sydney Powell conned everyone with all these bullshit trials, uh, you know, uh, like uh, horn filings that uh, oh. were full of, of, of textual uh, and uh, factual errors, right? That no one could take it seriously. It was thrown out of court as intended, and it never went anywhere. And it completely derailed any uh, chance that Trump had in, in the courts because everybody was focused so much on Sidney Powell that, you know, the courts were like, yeah, let's just throw this thing out. I want to go to, so, uh, Lev, I know you have your hand up. <clears throat> yes. Uh, hi, Mike. And the uh, pleasure of meet you for the very first time and speak to you for the very first time. But <clears throat> uh, the only thing I have to ask you, uh, with all the respect, and I don't doubt that you met Rudy prior to him going to uh, Spain, but it was brought to my attention, and everybody's here on Spaces, that uh, Chaos and Millie said that, A, that you spoke to me before, which I never spoke to you. Have you ever spoken to me before? Mike? Uh, Mike, you're muted. Yes, yeah, sorry. Mike, you got to unmute bottom left corner, please. Oh. Yeah, go okay, ahead. yeah, it got muted somehow. Uh, oh, good, okay. okay. Um, yeah, I never met you before. I've never spoken to Lev. I've never met you before, and I've Correct. never spoken to you before. But interestingly enough, uh-huh. you know, I've been accused of that. <laughs> well, no. Well, uh, by people who were trying to detract from my credibility, well, not not in this initial context right here, or the right the, this context with, but people have said that I was introduced to Rudy through you. I I, I mean that's not I true. know that's 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 not true, and I agree to that. And I just wanted to first make it clear that what Millie and Cass were saying was not true. That me and you never spoke and discussed. Second, my second. In fact, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and beyond that, I've, I've, in my experience with Rudy, he never spoke about you at all. Not that, you know, I don't know at at that time frame how close you guys were working together, but 
he never spoke about you at all, and I didn't know um, actually until I started reading stuff in the papers about you. I appreciate that. Uh, my other question to you is: uh, Were you aware why Rudy was going to Madrid? Because you said that when you found out he's going to Madrid, it was a great coincidence that this guy, uh, whatever his name, Mark or whatever, he would your the ex FBI agent, he could meet with them. But did you know the purpose of his? Because Millie. Uh, and uh, KS was implying that I was not there or I was there, didn't know what was going on, that the Rudy's trip was not what I was saying, but Rudy's trip was strictly to go to meet with this uh, ex-FBI agent. Was that the case? Well, first of all, that's not what we asked. So I, I, I do want to kind of make that, that was distinction. That was exactly what KS and you no. said. Chaos never said you weren't, um, you didn't go on a trip with Rudy. She was saying that what you're alleging the trip to have been about. Okay, okay, uh, let's what do that. No problem. About. Okay, let's do that. And then okay, okay. Okay, okay, let's do that. Okay, let's do that. We'll get to that. Believe me, we'll get to that. But let's do that. Do you know what the trip was about? Mike, do you know what the trip to Spain was about? Because you are correct, it was right after the call to uh, with President Trump and Zelensky. Mike, you Mike are you with us? No, he's unmuted. I think it just dropped out, or oh, he got a call. Which seems to happen a lot during the space in this space. Okay, I'll wait. I mean, I have plenty of questions. Give him, give him my complaint. Whenever I'm on the space, and people always call me. You know, it's it's it's, oh, it's like. It's like a magnet, you know. It's a magnet. It's like, hey, call me up. I'm on a space right now. Just call me up. <laughs> yeah, but Jim might accuse him of having a handle of that Or someone wants him to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, like KS or Millie. Uh, no, Millie invited. Uh, uh, thank for nicely. Uh, uh, I appreciate Millie inviting uh, Mike to the stage. Uh, Mike, while we're waiting, Millie, if you could check with Mike uh, if he dropped out or if someone called him. Um, that would be great if you don't mind, Millie. Are you there, Millie? Yes, I'll check oh, with them. Thank uh, you so much, Millie. It's weird because we, we don't see that he's his he's muted, but he might. be No, nah, he he dropped out. Yeah, so he dropped out. I'll uh, just send him an invite again. He is driving, so I'm, um, it's most likely uh, uh, him um, uh, just losing connection. Well, uh, Mary, so just, all, can I just say something? With all the respect, uh, uh, I was not supposed to be on the spaces today. I was just listening. The reason why I came on is because uh, it was made clear to everybody out there that the purpose of my coming on was to debunk the, uh, why I was in Spain and who I met in Spain and what me and Rudy were doing and that oh, I was making up stories. And with respect to Mike, I, he not to say what he said was wrong or right, but he mentioned nothing about Spain except for that he knew that he met Rudy the day before he was going to Spain. So with the purpose of Millie bringing him up was not on what he was talking about. He spoke about Cambridge Analytica. He spoke about some of the laptop stuff they said. But with all due respect, when it concerns me, there was nothing to debunk anything that I said and nothing to go against what I said. And on the contrary, he admitted that he never spoke to me like KS said, and he never met me. He he said that um, the meeting in Madrid with Rudy was about Cambridge Analytica. No, and that's what he, he said. It was coincidental. To. No, that's not. He what said, said it was coincidental that when he found out that Rudy was going to Madrid, it just so happened that this guy was in Madrid and he asked Rudy to meet with him. 
So the meeting, uh, first of all, that's what he said. And we will, I'll wait for Mike to get back because what you don't know, Millie, is where we were. And I was with Rudy 24 hours. I was with Rudy every single moment he was in Madrid because I was taking care of the cars and the security. So I know every single place Rudy went. And that's why I'd like to ask Mike where they met and how they met and at, at which house they met or which address they met because a lot of things don't add up. And maybe Rudy told him he met him. I don't doubt that Rudy might have told Mike he met him because Rudy likes to play those games and tell certain things. But Rudy never met him because I was with Rudy and we were in the house the whole time. Up in the mountains, Just some- two hours away from uh, a city. Well, let's see what Mike has to say. I've sent cause... him. I've sent him an invite again, Millie. Yeah, so if you could just check with him if his connection dropped out. In the meantime, there is a a tweet that's going around for the past uh, less than an hour or about an hour, and, and it's it got Hunter Biden's list. So I don't know what what was leaked from Biden's laptop. What's publicly available? I've never really bothered to look and look look for it or anything. But there's a tweet going around, pretty viral. It's pretty viral about Hunter Biden's list of twenty five thousand personal sex photos and videos, including pedophile content, Lady Gaga smoking crack online, Malia Obama, etc. So I know it's unrelated to this particular discussion, uh, but I just wanted to mention it, and we are in talks with the, I'm talking privately to the person that tweeted out. That, to get that, that was debunked by, uh, oh, you by know about, it? about Lady Gaga and the... Uh, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I don't know anything about it. I'm sure. I, I read the tweet as you is. Can, could you be, can talk to Marco Yeah, I'll go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to... Uh, Mike, Mike is back on stage. Um, Mike, uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, sorry, Lev, you had a quick question for Mike? Yeah, hi, Mike. Hey, hey Lev, sorry about that. My uh, phone just went nuts and dropped, so I don't know what happened there. We can hear you fine now. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Lev, go ahead. Lev, you had a question for Mike? Lev, think... you can unmute. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I thought it was on. A... I was saying, Mike, that I don't doubt or disagree that you met with Rudy and Rudy hired you or you hired Rudy to do some Cambridge analytical stuff. I have no doubt in that and I'm not disputing that. And again, I don't dispute that you met him the day he went before he went to Madrid. But you mentioned, you said that he, he coincidentally, when you found out that he was going to Madrid, you asked him to meet this uh, ex-FBI agent or lawyer or whatever the gentleman is dealing with your situation. Is that correct? Correct. Right, so he wasn't going to Madrid on that behalf. He was going to Madrid on a different reason. Do you know the reason why he was going to Madrid and who he was planning on meeting in Madrid? I didn't know it now, but I know it. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. Okay, so you didn't know then. And how do you know now? From where do you know? From what sources? Well, just from from various reports as to what meetings uh, took place there. At the time, he just said, I'm flying to uh, Madrid tomorrow. And I said, well... I think I already relayed that part. I said you should right, right. go and talk so, to Mark. So, so, He's there. So, so, so what do you know as far as from the reporting why he went there and who he met and why was he was there from what you understand now? Well, I think there were a variety of meetings. Um, one of them happened to be with a comedian friend of uh, Zelensky. Um, it, is that right? It wasn't, it wasn't a comedian. It was his chief of staff. Well, your wasn't, he, what was, wasn't he a former actor or something? No, such? that was that was Zelensky himself. This was his lawyer at the time, and he was his chief of staff, Andre Yermak, and he's currently his chief of staff. And that was our very first meeting that we met okay. to discuss the phone uh, call because I, it was right after the phone call that Trump had with Zelensky. 
Yeah, I it thought he was, he, was from the, he was from a similar industry as uh, Zelensky. He was his maybe lawyer, yes. No, no, he I know he was his lawyer, but like, um, I, maybe I didn't know that. But anyway, I think um, everything that I know subsequent was from what was reported. I think that um, in terms of what the connection might be and why this matters at this point in time, in this point in time concerning Mark Rosini, uh, Tori Maris could. Um, could give us some insight into that. I didn't really, I didn't know it until tonight, but apparently Mark Rosini was arrested uh, a few months ago in Puerto Rico with some, something uh, concerning uh, um, corruption with Venezuela and uh, Italy or something. And um, apparently that has, you know, that has uh, people's ears up. So if I, uh, I think Tori might be on here, but she would be able to explain what might, um, might is, be Tori Is Tori KS? Is that the same person? Yeah, I, I think. I don't know. Yeah, Tori yeah, KS. We've had her on already. She explained. Oh, no, uh, yeah. So, let's, let's so, so, so yeah. Point, Levy, you were going to ask about. Ahead, um, well, Correct. Either I can ask or you can ask Lev. But basically, you what? Inf- I mean, you said that the reason why. Um, Giuliani went to Spain was to meet. Well, one coincidentally, it was, it was two. It was it was two reasons he went to Spain. Okay. First, it, w- it was to meet up. Uh, uh, the original uh, plan to go to Spain was to meet, uh, stay at Alejandro Alejandro, excuse me, not Alejandro Alejandro Bancourt's house, to meet uh, where Alejandro Bancourt was holding us as a host with his mother and his wife. And he, uh, he was invited, uh, uh, Guaido's father and Guaido's sisters to come there to meet with Giuliani. And we had su- substantial conversations with Guaido himself over the telephone. And, uh, he was introduced to Alejandro by John Sale to represent him at the current time. John Sale was Alejandro's lawyers to try to keep him from getting, uh, indicted here in the United States. From the Paravisa uh, situation and stealing billions of dollars from uh, Venezuela, because at the time he was uh, Team Maduro, and then when we invaded, uh, not when we invaded, but when uh, you know Guaido, it, uh, you know uh, the, the coup, uh, he basically turned side and started supporting Guaido, and was trying to get uh, Trump to look favorably because of his support towards Guaido. So that was the original reason. Then before we, I left to Spain because I left there prior to Rudy to make sure that everything was set up like I usually would do. I We had a meeting with Kurt Volker at the Trump International Hotel who was special envoy to Ukraine at the time. He called Rudy and said it was an emergency meeting and we met at the Trump International Hotel, me, Rudy, and Kurt Volker, where Kurt Volker begged Rudy to set up the call between Trump and Zelensky because Trump wouldn't accept Zelensky's phone call. And at the time, uh, you you may remember the three amigos and that whole thing. They were trying to persuade Trump to get him to speak to uh, Zelensky, and he wouldn't do it. Me and Rudy sat there for 15 minutes discussing, and uh, I was very much for that phone call and convinced Rudy that they, he should take Zelensky's phone call because uh, what he was doing, it was hurting Ukraine against Russia very much at the time. And that's when he went to the White House and had that conversation. That's why that phone call even happened, because of our meeting with Kurt Volker. And that's also public information. Kurt Volker, uh, you could go and ask him, and he will validate it and verify that. And then after that, I flew to uh, Spain, 
and uh, met up with Rudy there. And uh, on the way there, Rudy texted me, and I have the text message saying that uh, the phone call went great. I'll tell you all about it when I land. And the first thing he did is when he landed, we went to a hotel to meet up with Andre Yermak. We had a meeting there where Rudy pressured Yermak for Zelensky to do announce an investigation. After that, we were taken by cars and security to a house in the mountains that was about an hour and a half, two hours away from civilization on like a couple of hundred acre land where we stayed at the whole time. So one second, I, I just want you to stop there because I just want to ask Mike. So, Mike, you said that Giuliani met Mark Rosini in Sp- in Spain. So, when did he meet him? Where did he meet him? And essentially, what time did he meet him? I'm not sure. Um, he just told me that he did meet with him and got the information or had the, dis- the discussion that uh, we wanted to have. I wanted him to have concerning my case regarding Cambridge Analytica. So what, I'm not sure. what, what, what information did he get? Well, the well, it's concerning the underlying case. I'm just trying to, it's not that I can't say, it's just to, get to try to boil it down. Basically, Mark Rosini was representing, uh, well, he's not an attorney, but he was doing investigative work for the family that, is was one of the backers of Cambridge Analytica uh, in a clandestine way. Um, and Mark Rosini had approached me on behalf of that family in uh, early 2017. And it was, uh, it was, it was the motivation for that family to have Rosini, approach me and what the underlying reasons were for um, their involvement with Cambridge Analytica. That's the easiest way to say it without getting into too much complexity. Um, Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, I I had a question for Lev. Did you meet Mark Rosini or did you know that? Absolutely not. And that's what I wanted to tell Mike. And again, I don't doubt that Rudy told you that he met with Mike Rosini. But for your information, I was with him from the second he landed. I picked him up, and I was with him 24 hours a day. He stayed at the hotel, and I was in charge of his security. So I knew every moment everywhere we went, and we stayed at the house the whole time. So he did not meet Mark Rosidi. And if he did speak to him on a telephone, which possibly because I wasn't with him on the phone every phone call, that could have possibly happened. But I could assure you that he never met with Mark Rosini in Spain. Mike? Well, I, I can't speak to that because I wasn't in Spain. <laughs> you know, I could just speak to what I was told. It's, it's just that basically you, you basically were presented as a rebuttal witness to disprove the entire Spain story and this was the, meant to be the, the basically the significant evidence that was going to prove it. Wait, that... It's not about proving... It, it's not about proving like, you know, oh, look, Lev's right or uh, you know, um, Mike's wrong. It's about getting to the bottom of the truth. Well, well, okay, Mike's, at the end Mike's of the day, but wrong. still, even though, Mike's not wrong, and I'm so, not wrong. The only people that are wrong are you and, and Chaos. No, yes. no, because still, we haven't heard what conversations were had. You can make allegations, but until we actually see that evidence, you don't have anything to actually say that a crime was committed. What, what, Rudy, at the end crime? of the day, was clear. What, what crime? We're not, talk, we're not talking about any crimes. FBI you... has had this. 
No, the FBI has had this evidence in their possession what for evidence? quite some time what now. Evidence? Why didn't they why didn't they criminally charge what that? evidence? Why haven't what they evidence are you talking about, Millie? What crime was committed and what evidence? The conversation was about that you and Chaos attacked me and saying that I wasn't in Spain and don't uh, not that I wasn't in Spain, that I didn't know what I was doing there, that Rudy had meetings and that I was with some FBI agent that was a bad guy that I was in trouble and that I should watch out. This is what the whole conversation was about. And we still have a conflict in the narrative. We have you claiming Rudy did not meet with this Rosini fellow. We have, but you have Mike, but who's Mike, very close to Rudy and was told by Rudy that he did. So we have a conflict okay. here. Well, we'll let, we'll let, okay. We'll let the viewers and the listeners decide on that. I'm not going to argue with you. The bottom line is that, I was with Rudy. It's very well documented that we were there. And with all due respect to Mike, Mike wasn't there, but he might was what he was told. He was told, but he wasn't there. He doesn't know if he met with them or not. He could only tell you what Rudy told him. And you don't know if Rudy told him the truth or not. You don't know if Rudy spoke to him on the phone and told Mike that we, he met with them. So, yeah. and we don't know if you're telling us the truth or not. It's the same but, thing. But so, but, the okay, motive might be for Lev not to be telling the truth, whatever this Venezuela connection is that um, I don't know so much about, but that Tori was uh, speaking about. So maybe if she speaks, she could explain where the whole connection between Rosini, Giuliani, Parnas, and Venezuela is. But, but Mike, didn't okay. you just say, didn't you just say Giuliani was already going there? Yes. So why are we arguing this, whether the sky's blue when what we're talking about you. is it, it, it's almost like it doesn't matter if he met this guy, Rosini, or not. He was already going there for another purpose. Lev's telling us what that purpose is, and no one's giving any evidence otherwise to why he would have been going to Madrid prior. Um, because we already have from your from your mouth that he told you he was already going. He was already on the way there. Not to go meet with Rosini, but for other. Yeah, purposes. I'm not sure that that. Uh, like, why is that an? Why is that the subject of uh, controversy here? It was because yesterday, when chaos was on, yeah. I think you call it Tori. She basically made the claim that basically Spain was an important issue, and Lev was basically a minor character within that. He didn't know what was happening. There was important meetings, and there was an important reason that. Giuliani went to Spain and it had nothing to do with what Lev was claiming. You just said that it was actually he was going to go anywhere and it was coincidental and therefore the well I don't know that happened. those two things I'm sorry for interrupting but I don't know that those yeah. two things are mutually exclusive. It could be the case that it was a coincidence that I had mentioned Mark Rosini being there. He did actually meet with him and it could have it's possible that that could be the most important thing that happened there. It just happened. Why, why would not, why, why would I need to lie about if he met with Mike Mark Rosini? I mean, that's just foolish. Like if he well, met maybe, with the Mark Rosini, there's something inculpatory about what happened in the meeting with Mark Rosini. There's any number of reasons why you may not be telling. But you're, but you're, the but, truth. but you're, but you're. I don't. Now, but maybe now you you're are. throwing. But 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 that's like throwing a conspiracy. Why is the sky blue and not black? Like. Like why? Why if there, if you have a reason to say that? Why would Giuliani? You said Giuliani was meeting with Mark Rosini to do with Cambridge Analytica. You never said that he was meeting with him about Venezuela. Oh, but my point is, Lev, you could end up going over there to meet with him about something, and then it could, the, the, you know, the meeting could turn to something else. 
I mean, these are guys that know each other from 9-11 for a long period of time. So any number of things could come up. Okay. I mean, and we don't know. Mike, why is Rosini relevant? What, what, what did he have to do with Cambridge Analytica? He worked, he was an investigator for one of the family, one of the prominent families that backed Cambridge Analytica. The Colorado billionaire. That, yeah, yeah, um, um, that, uh, What's called in question is what it, what was the true nature of the meetings? What actually occurred? We have a conflict because I think the issue was earlier Lev was saying um, about his his reasoning and accusations as to why Rudy was in uh, Madrid and what occurred. But then I think what Chaos and I were bringing up was that we have heard conflicting stories from people close to Rudy and close to the situation, such as what Mike's saying here. We have an obvious conflict where uh, it either means Lev is lying or it means Rudy was lying to Mike. So we have a conflict here that, you know... Well, well why don't you bring Rudy on? Why don't you bring Rudy yeah, on? I was about to say that, Millie. Millie, the way you could uh, basically rectify yeah, this disagreement is by, by speaking to uh, Rudy Giuliani because essentially without... I'm not being disrespectful to Mike, but Mike just seems like somebody who doesn't have much information he ha he was only told minimal amount that guess what i'm gonna meet rosini that's that's not let, let me explain let that's... me let me finish uh, and i'll explain why because he doesn't know when he met him what day he met him how he met him where he met him so if it was something important and mike really was engaged in it he would know at least what day he met him or when he met him or how he met him like do you not think that he would know that mike would you do you think you know uh, what, look i think that's that's fair commentary you know he went over there ostensibly to have other meetings and i said go meet with this guy mark rosini because it has to do with this you know with our case regarding cambridge analytica which is not actually unrelated to trump who was his other client at the time when it actually occurred and nothing really material concerning my case came out of the meeting with rosini my only point and i think you're your uh, your idea is a fair one, you know. Rudy could come on. I think he was he on before. He could come on and discuss whether or not he met with Rosini or if anything is relevant. But I do think something that Tori had brought up with me earlier regarding Venezuela might be the thing that they spoke about. I will say this, and it doesn't have anything to do with this particular trip. But I've been in and around, you know, Rudy's travels, and you know, while people might think that he has, uh, you know, a Secret Service like security. You know, if it was him and Maria that went over there, um, I do know the other guys that are his security guards. I don't think many anybody came there, but it's not like he has anybody standing. I know, every, I know every, I know every one of his security guards. It was so, Sal so who came went? with them. Sal, you know Sal? Yeah. So and Sal okay, was so, at the door the whole time. I mean, that's well, Sal, never been my you, experience you, anywhere you, that he that he's that they hang over. Why, like why don't you Why don't you speak to Sal? Mike, I mean, I don't have no, no, I, to pick with you. I mean, what, I'm trying, I'm trying no, no, to save you from because this is. I mean, we, that... we can bring Sal on as well. He can, he can confirm Sal. what happened. More than, more than, more than, I would have a pleasure, please. But he probably won't come on because he won't come on. But, but anyway, all I'm just saying is the, the the natural inclination of what people in your audience probably think is like he's protected, like the president. I think Lev could vouch for that. He really absolutely isn't. not. No, he's not. You he know? came with he came with one security guy. I paid for the tickets. I took care of the arrangements, and then we were giving him extra security there by Alejandro Batancourt. They were taking yeah. care of the cars and the security, and he right. never left. Not one time did he leave the palace. Right. So that's why I'm confident in what I'm saying. Now, again, I'm not saying he didn't speak to him on the phone, 
I'm not, I can't vouch for that, but I could be very, very well, a hundred percent sure that he didn't go to any other meetings because the only other meeting he went to was probably as soon as he got off the plane, we went to a hotel to meet Andre Yermak and then we went straight to the uh, palace and we stayed there. We were fed there. We had shows there. We uh, conducted business there, uh, but not, not, and the next time he left was when he went to the airport with Maria. So, I mean, that I could tell you. And again, that has nothing to do with you, Mike, because uh, what you were told, you were told, but I'm telling you the facts. And again, it doesn't mean that he didn't speak to him on the phone. He might have called him. Now, might have spoken now look, to you're, him. You're, you're a direct witness saying what you're saying you directly witnessed. I'm witnessing what I was told. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we're, 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 we're on the same, Mike, and with all due respect, we're on the same page. It, no. You were brought up here unfairly because they they told they said that you were going to say some other things and that's why it wasn't unfairly it was to talk about since he was close to the situation what he experienced and and there did seem to be a conflict because like i said it either means you're not being honest or rudy's not being honest okay i'm more inclined to believe you're not being honest just just i know that millie presented here i know that millie but i also think it's it's not fair that lev has gotten to speak uh, bad about Tori and disparage her name or chaos, and that she hasn't been given the opportunity to come back up and actually. What did uh, I say? What did I say bad like, about Tori? She just she said what she said, and she said Mike was going to say. She said that Mike spoke to me, and he was going to come up and told him. And when I told her that I had never met Mike, I don't know who Mike is, and we never discussed each other. So what did I say that's unfair? Uh, she she's texting saying she didn't say that. Well, why don't you go listen to the recording? Millie, she did she did say that that Lev was lying and he went there for other reasons. It wasn't for that reason at all. And well, because we have, we have confirmation otherwise. See that we have a conflict here. But there doesn't have to be a conflict. I like I can go to the park here, and There's and no ride conflict. a bicycle, and you can say, "Oh, you went to the park to ride a bicycle." No, I went to the park and there happened to be a bicycle. Like I I, I don't know why both can't be mutually. Correct, and maybe one didn't happen. Yeah, but obviously, I don't agree. It's not relevant. It it is irrelevant. The whole conversation was relevant. The whole reason for the conversation essentially was about credibility. Today, we're trying to essentially prove that Lev was a minor character. He didn't know the main reasons for being in Spain, and actually, one of the main reasons was this uh, Rosini thing. But in reality, from what we've learned, is this trip was already planned. There's a possibility that, that, well, actually, according to Lev, it didn't happen. But according to uh, Mike, there is a possibility that Mike What I'm saying to you, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, Solomon, but uh, he might have spoken to him on the phone. I can't vouch for that. The only thing I could vouch for is that he didn't personally meet with them because I was with him. But he could have spoken to him on the phone and told Mike that he met with them instead of telling him he spoke on the phone. I, mean, I think the so, conversation, oh, how, how long were you there academic. Because somebody we were we, we were there for we were there for a week. Okay. Yeah, and so and so, to give you an example, of why I'm saying they they both Muchik can be correct. Mike had said that they were meeting with some comedian friend of Zelenik or from film, and and Lev said no, he's a lawyer. Well, he's actually a film producer, was a comedian, and is his lawyer. So both of them are correct. So what I'm saying is, you can have two people who are correct. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and the other thing is, is that okay? The reason why I think it's relevant, guys, is because um, if this were to have gone to court, okay, it would boil down to Lev's word versus Rudy's word about what 
what happened in that meeting or anyone else that was actually in the room. The, unless they had actual audio recording or, or verifiable evidence as to what the conversations were about. So, Millie, there, Millie actually, there were so many witnesses there that uh, we yeah. saw there. Yeah, but Lev, you, you, you would be, if you, if you stay at a resort for a week, you'd be trying we to weren't prove at a, a resort. No, no, no. We were not at a resort. Or, I'm sorry, a palace. We were, not, a palace. We were at somebody's palace. house that was two hours away. The only Rudy, way Rudy could have left there is if he was given a car. Rudy didn't walk somewhere. It wasn't like we were staying in the middle of Madrid in a hotel and he went downstairs to meet somebody. Somebody would have had to be driven up to him or he would have had to take in the car right, so and maybe, be driven somewhere. Maybe maybe uh, Mark Rosini decided to take a ride up to the palace. You don't know. And, well, I'm telling you he didn't because I was aware of everything that was going on because I was, okay, listen, see, it doesn't see that, matter. See, if I were you, I wouldn't claim that because I would say, but it's the truth. It's, it's not clean. It's, I know, but it's impossible that you would know what the man Why is was that impossible? What, what do you mean? Sal was his security. Rudy doesn't leave without Sal. What are you talking about? Sal, what, who said Le- he had Lev? to leave? Where were, Lev, where were you exactly? You described it as a palace, and then you just now described it as a house. I, I'm, it's a palace. It's on 100 or 200 acres. It's an old Spanish palace. Let, let it's me, worth let me hundreds this, of millions Lev, of dollars. If Rudy Giuliani wanted to meet with Mark Rosini at the palace and Correct. purposely did not want you to know that he was meeting with Mark Rosini. You don't think that would have been possible for, for Rudy Giuliani to pull off? He would have had to do it so covertly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would, it's, I mean, okay, I'm going to give it to you that if he covertly <laughs> wanted to do it, it's anything is possible. How big a palace was it? It was huge. It had 40 rooms. 40... Okay, so stuff could have happened that you didn't know about. Okay, if that's, Th- that's what you guys want to believe. Point. It's okay. probably, you know, Lev's mind is probably not plausible and it's not Probably. No, your mind is not plausible. Uh, you're, I'm telling you facts, and you guys want to just imagine something. If it if makes you, if you're going to, if you're going to make a fair argument, you should at least see the possibility that if the man wanted to either sneak out or sneak somebody in, he could who, get. Uh, how could he sneak somebody? He would have had to ask Alejandro Batancourt to allow them to come in. And maybe Alejandro Batancourt doesn't give a shit what Les Parnas tells him to do or okay, not well, do. Well, 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 do you you don't know the relationship I had with Alejandro Batancourt, so this is again what I, why I'm laughing at the situation. But I'm going to let you think that if that's what you feel, I'm going to give up this sounds, fight. Sounds, if, you, is, if you feel comfortable, very, Rudy met Rudy no, met with today. Leave it at that. Okay, what's making me feel like you're not credible is you should open up the possibility that he could have had him in. Possibly. It could right. have, he could have also possible. had Queen Elizabeth. Like Queen Elizabeth could have went as well. That, exactly. That, that, he, that's right. He, he could have had two hookers there also and done, and done drugs for, for, for what you're saying. Right, but, okay, you know, so it, then everything is possible then, I guess. Well, then then you're right. Then I'm going to agree with you, Mike. It's possible that they could have snuck my uh, Rosini in to meet with them without nobody knowing. I agree with you. Right. And okay. equally, the Queen Elizabeth as well. It, well and two probably... hookers. And she's also doing drugs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth is not dead. It's not a lie. She's being she's being uh, transported right now. Well, and and it's also possible using, tan, that, using uh, Tori's time travel method. You know, I think uh, guys, it, I think right, it's right. a uh, yeah, not, quantum tunneling. Guys, again, guys, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would agree. I, I think we're, we're yeah, yeah. As much as you'd like, to, you'd, you, we we dislike someone. Someone dislikes someone else. Uh, let's avoid personal attacks. Back to the point. Slayman, was there any more? 
questions for Mike or Lev but or on this point. That's not how quantum computers work. Ian, we're not talking about quantum computers You're or time travel right now. Guys, I don't really care about yeah. it right now. I don't really care about it though. Um, Slayman, um, Lev or, or Mike, is there any more points, Any anything else on this story, anything missed as we continue the, the uh, let's call it an investigation or putting the pieces together? I mean, no, I think Mike gave us every single thing he knew, um, and I can't really think of anything else to ask. Any other, any panelists with any questions for Mike or Lev on the back and forth we just heard? Cool. All right, so, I, I would, go ahead, Doc. I would with Millie that it's going to come down to he said, she said, and what witnesses, if this ever gets into a court, what witnesses are, are available and whether or not they're deemed credible. And it's going to come down to a judge. One guy's going to decide what we were all here in the last two hours haven't been able to decide. All right. So I will. Yeah, I think uh, that. Um, oh, sorry. I, I think was going to. Millie, I'm going to give you the mic to, to kind of wrap it up. I just want to just for the audience. Um, I think anyone that's been in the space yesterday that went on for four and a half hours, we just spent another couple of hours with Lev on stage. And, and most of the space was about the uh, the, the Lev Parnas allegations. So. In brief, we have a picture of the pulse card that we need to to analyze, and that's being worked on. So we'll we'll uh, disclose more information. We do have a team that's going through all the content from yesterday and today that will that will be summarizing it, and we'll continue working not only with Lev, uh, but also Millie and anyone else that has information to add to the story. Um, I do want to. What, what's his signature? Whose signature is on the postcard? Uh, is it we'll, Giuliani? We'll we'll discuss that in the in the next space. I think it's better. Let me let me just. I want to just go through everything. Uh, analyze it before giving more information. Just want to make sure that um, uh, everything, any information we share is accurate. Uh, but I do want to say one thing. Um, uh, actually, no. I want to give the, the mic to Millie, Lev, um, and and Suleiman just to kind of give us their final thoughts. Maybe Millie can kick it off. And Millie, thank you so much for actually giving us your time as well and bringing Mike on stage and all the other speakers on stage. And Lev, thanks again for giving us your time. And Millie, any, any final words? Sure. So... Um... I think that the important thing here is kind of getting to the bottom of the truth. And I think that really what's come out here is we're still not really able to verify any which way. Like basically it, be- it becomes, we know that um, Lev's, Lev has pre- presented some stuff that he was in Madrid, Spain. We also know that um, Mike Tremarco was a client of Rudy Giuliani and Mike had uh information and been told about this trip ahead of time he knew about the trip and he also uh was informed that uh rudy did meet with someone um rosini in this during this trip and that lev had uh basically no knowledge of that Um, and especially that kind of came out in the last meeting so there does seem to be definitely a, a conflict here in the different situations um obviously the only way to really kind of boil down would be to actually um find out from rudy or also find out from the supposed security guards that might have been in the room as well uh whether or not um rudy's every whereabout was being tracked every second by lev to the point which he would know whether or not lev actually met with rosini um the other thing is as as far as what was um what was discussed uh, that also comes into question, too. Uh, we still have no further evidence other than hearsay as to what was discussed. 
Um, so I think that a lot of my issues um, with the, the allegations that Lev has made has been it's really boiled down to lack of substantiated evidence, meaning he does have some evidence of having a relationship with Rudy, having traveled to Madrid with Rudy. Um, but some of the claims that he's made still remain to me to be unverified. Uh, same with like, um, you know, the the postcard thing like we haven't seen it. I know you said you've seen it, Mario. Um, but still, once we even see it, it's going to be very hard to verify that because um, even if you try to get a forensic um, handwriter, I mean, it's just how do you actually prove that that's actually Rudy Giuliani's handwriting and that was actually written by him? Um, so I think that there's kind of just a lot of unsubstantiated evidence that he's presented. And at the end of the day, um, all of this evidence has been presented towards uh, Congress and, and the feds. And we have not seen any criminal complaints against Rudy Giuliani or Trump. And we also have seen that um, Rudy was cleared of any fair violations. So I, for one, feel like if all of this evidence um, has been in the hands for a couple of years now of the feds and Congress, then why have they not acted? Why have why has criminal action not been taken? And I think what it's really probably boiling down to is there's a lot of hearsay evidence. There's a lot of unsubstantiated evidence and um, just stuff that wouldn't necessarily hold up to scrutiny in court. And I don't think that half of it holds up to even scrutiny in this Twitter space today. So that's kind of uh, my take on the whole situation here. Um, you know, Thank you, and, yeah, go ahead. Thank you so much. And, and Lev, uh, give you the mic for final words on, on the second day of of uh, this journey, trying to, to piece everything together. Uh, would love you to respond to me and give us your final thoughts. Thank you, Solomon. So first of all, I want to thank everybody out there. Everybody has their own opinion and their own mind, and they could make up their own decisions. I have no conflict and made no conflict of going to Spain. The conflict was brought up, <coughs> excuse me, by, <coughs> excuse me, by chaos and by Millie saying that I wasn't aware of certain things. And like I said, there might have been a phone call. Uh, I was not privy to it. I don't know what they spoke about, if they spoke about it. Uh, and that had nothing to do with the reason why Rudy went to Spain that we were involved with. Mike did clarify that he was aware of why Rudy went there, and that was to me with Zelensky, chief of staff, and that's what I did say we there, we were there. As far as the other stuff about Alejandro Battencourt, it's public information. There's plenty of articles. You guys could go online and you could take a look where Rudy himself uh, uh, came out and said that I shouldn't be speaking about those meetings because they're privileged of the meetings they had there that we had there with Alejandro Battencourt. So it's public information. So again, I have no conflict. All I'm here to do is tell the truth and you guys can make up your own decisions. And as far as other people that are coming on here and making accusations and trying to tell me where I was or where I wasn't and trying to make me prove where I was when I was there, I think it's silly. And uh, that's not what I'm here for. If you want me back, I'll be more than happy to come back. I have evidence. I showed you the postcard. And as far as the postcard goes, just like Millie said, it doesn't matter what I show. They're not going to believe it. She's not going to believe it because, like she said, it still has to be maybe authenticated, maybe not. But the bottom line is, how does a prisoner sitting in solitary confinement without a piece of paper get a postcard in prison? You see where it's postmarked from. You see where it's, it's written from the White House. You see whose name is on it. And you see who it was delivered to. And somebody delivered that postcard inside of the prison. 
And I don't, it had to be a somebody that had a lot of pull to get the guards inside to be able to deliver directly to me because I wasn't even allowed a phone call to my wife at the time. So everybody can make their own decisions how they want. But the truth is the truth. And eventually I have a lot more that's going to come out. And that's all I could tell you. And Lev, uh, before asking one quick question and going to Slayman, I just want to tell the audience that the postcard and other pieces of evidence will all be shared as we kind of summarize everything that's being discussed uh, in the last space, in today's space, in future spaces. So we're going to be putting it into a thread um, so everyone could kind of break it down, go through all the evidence themselves. And that will include the postcard and what verification, if any, we've been able to do. I'll have one other quick question. Uh, you've talked to the media about this, and I ask this question usually to, uh, to a lot of our big guests that we've had over the last few months. I've started asking it recently. What's your experience breaking down this story and, and debating it with Millie and with others and, and today Mike and other panelists live on Twitter spaces and how does that experience compare to, to your experience with the media or the mainstream media as you, you told them your story? Well, I wouldn't put Mike and Millie in the same uh, category because Mike came out, told the truth, told us what he knew. And no, so I, I mean, I mean not, not, not in terms of your feedback on Mike or Millie, oh. your feedback on, on the process of um, – Telling the story on a space or on this space and breaking it down with us. How's that experience compared to mainstream media that you've dealt with before? Uh, the difference is mainstream media does a lot of research and does a lot of background checks and does it make sure before they print something. Usually, uh, typically there are cert certain instances where I've experienced where certain reporters will just run with something because they want to get a story out there. But majority of the time, like when I, whatever experience I had with the New York Times or the Washington Post, uh, this like uh, CNN or MSNBC, uh, they would get uh, have to get even uh, two, three other people to corroborate. You know, they would do their investigative work. They would go find out before they would write the story. And so you could go on and take a look. There's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories written that I have said on those major publications, and they were all verified. They were all, and none of them were ever debunked by nobody. And and the difference here is, you know, you go on, you try to tell the truth, and then you have people going on and just doubting you and throwing some just, you know, story out there and saying, well, that's not true. And then you got to argue to prove it's true. I mean, they should do their own investigative work and come back with facts and say, well, this is why it's not true. And so far, none of them have been able to do that. So and I welcome them to do that because I'm here and I will debate it facts all day long, but I don't want to debate conspiracy theories or, or, or slanderous theories against each other, but facts. I'll go to slant. I think that some of the things he's accused me of doing is actually what Tori has done or chaos has done. And she has not been allowed to be a speaker in the space while Lev has been up here and been disparaging her and making claims against her. So I think it's kind I of do. unfair. No, I think, I think, fair, fair point, Millie. Yeah. I do want to say, but I do want to say, uh, I do want to say, I do that, I do want to say that Chaos was on stage for a long time when Lev wasn't on stage. So that kind of balances it out. Um, but I do usually, I prefer to have someone on stage when we're talking about them, but considering what happened, um, I'll be crucified, even though I wasn't in the space. Um, from what Slayman told me, I'll be crucified if I bring it back up on stage, and, and I think rightly so. But uh, I think moving on from this, uh, I don't want to kind of go. And circles. Yourself if you did. Uh, I'll, I'll go through.
he's got evidence. We'll see if that evidence comes to fruition and the veracity of that. Um, he, uh, Ma- Mario said he has seen the postcard. They verify and the authenticity of it. But that's what it comes down to. And I think, and I said this very early on to Millie and Chaos, uh, and I still hold that position that what happened was because uh, Millie, Chaos, and now Mike as well weren't able to provide a significant amount of information because they, in my view, and I'm not being disparaging in this, they're more minor characters in this whole major story that we're hearing. And the only way we could get balance is if someone major, another major character on the other side came and was able to refute Lev's point. And I just want everybody to understand that because at the moment what's happened is because Mike was... Or to even possibly back it up. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll back it up because the problem right now is Mike was presented as the big rebuttal witness. And as much as you may say it wasn't, that's what we all thought. And unfortunately... I said that he was somebody who could speak to the situation because he was close to the situation. I just, I didn't say that he was going to necessarily prove well, or disprove well, everything chaos, that, ca- chaos said that chaos. said. He's not been allowed to come in to defend her own self or, well, well, or present uh, Millie, her. Millie, Millie, she was her, allowed in and then she had a long ta- a lot of time to speak, even yesterday, even today. She had a significant amount of time. Um, and people can listen back to the recordings, what, what, what she claimed yesterday and what Mike said today. And, and, and I implore everyone to do that. But my point is this, what's ha- what's actually happened is from because of the minor level of information that's come from Mike, come from um, Chaos, the issue then became that Lev's story sounded a lot more stronger in a lot of these things. And therefore, that's why we probably would need someone like um, Mayor Giuliani or someone, a major character who can basically, re- if he is able to refute Lev, because at this point, this is the reason why Lev's story sounds a lot more stronger because he's providing details because he is a major character in the story. And then what's happened is, in my view, Mayor Giuliani sent associates or people associated with Mayor Giuliani have come onto the stage to back him up and have not been able to do so in a strong manner. So even if Mayor Giuliani is in the right in this, it hasn't come across like that in these spaces. And I believe that's the reason for it. Um, so, yes. Cool. Um, I will, I will, uh, sorry doc, I will keep uh, further points for the next space. Um, one question very briefly, Lev, before we, we, I end the space. Um, the question is, someone said it from the audience, a good question. Uh, regarding the pardon that you received, you said yesterday that you're going to see if you could find any proof. Uh, did you have time to check? Were you able to find any proof? Um, but you're welcome to DM me the answer if you prefer. So, Lev, that's for you. Uh, oh, oh, excuse answer. me. I'm sorry. What was the question? I, I wasn't. Uh, last oh, question. Very, very briefly. You can either answer it here or just DM me. But uh, were you able to find proof regarding the pardon that you were offered? I, I didn't check. I, I got to speak to my lawyer. Okay. Because no he he yeah, no, no rush. I didn't. I, we've got a lot of things we still need to check. So, yeah, if you could check whenever you can, we'll, we'll discuss yeah. it. So, for everyone listening, we'll be covering this in the next space. We'll be preparing for it. Um, and analyzing very, various pieces of evidence, putting some pieces together. So we'll see you all next time. All the panelists, thank you so much for joining. Uh, appreciate all your time and uh, get some rest, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, Nick.